Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So, it is Senior Bowl Saturday. And some of the young men that will be joining us today are people that, frankly, are good enough athletes, good enough football players to be at the Senior Bowl. But there's certainly a hierarchy, a pecking order, if you will, uh, that makes it more difficult for certain players to make it to things like the Senior Bowl than other players. And if that's fair or not, that's a fair question to ask. Uh, But that is just simply the way it is. So it is a challenge a challenge above a challenge, a challenge beyond a challenge to to get noticed by that kind of event at that level if you come from a smaller school or if you come from even a, a school that's at the FBS level but is not highly respected. It can be a challenge. There are all kinds of other obstacles, and let's just be very clear and very honest. Phil Savage is an Alabama native. He's a person that's worked in the NFL. He has friends and relationships like any of us. Sometimes those friendships and relationships do have some level of influence as to who gets invited and who does not get invited to the Senior Bowl. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who's to say, (laughs) right? Um, Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, but it's a fact. It is a simple fact that if you have personal relationships, if you have uh, guys you've worked with, with a certain NFL team who now are with another NFL team or are coaching in college. And those guys have the ability to, um, you know, to, to try to get some of their guys in or on. Uh, that's one of the things that they can do. So uh, I'm definitely going to transition to our special guest, one of our special guests, uh, Mr. Donovan James, who is with Rivals, uh, does a tremendous amount of work on recruitment. He might be able to comment on some of the guys who were there in terms of maybe their recruiting path and then talk about some of the news and nuggets that are going on out in the world of recruiting, which is pounding down the home stretch. How are you doing, Donovan? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm glad you're having me on the show this morning. Appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure as always. So tell us about what the last week or so of your life has been like and, and and once again, like I said, tell us what's going on in the wild and wonderful, wacky world of recruiting. This year, um, it's it's a question mark, Bill. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not crazy yet, but it that makes me think it's going to be even crazier than last year because there's so many guys unsigned, um, especially at the top. Um, it's insane. I mean, it's going to be insane. I already know. I mean, I'm not fooling myself for anybody else. It's going to be insane. Um, there's guys talking about. I was already told one of the top recruits talking about I had been signing on signing day, um, <laughs> you know what I mean, which is going to be hectic for us, you know, since he's a five-star recruit. But uh, it's going to be crazy, and, and uh, it's fun right now. I mean, it's just it's just fun to see the pitches and to see the head coaches finally go to the in-home visit. Um, 
really shows um, who's the best recruiters out there and who can pull out all the stunts. I mean, Notre Dame just pulled out an 18 rig at Demetrius Roberson's house in Georgia in Savannah, um, 18 wheeler, about 10 in the morning before he went to his, his first class. Um, Brian Kelly just wanted to go speak with him. You got Jim Harbaugh staying at a recruit's house watching Netflix and hanging out. Um, Trent Murphy's, yep, Trent Murphy's. Uh, so, so is, is Harbaugh the first coach to take it all the way to Netflix and chill with a recruit? He is. He is. He's known. He's known Connor Murphy for a while, obviously because of Trent Murphy. Um, one of the first kids he got at Stanford, um, and he's known him since he was about, uh, I believe, like nine years old. So he's known him for a long time. He knows that family really well. Um, his dad, <clears throat> excuse me, played um, as well. I think with Jim Harbaugh a little bit um, on a practice card or something like that um, back in the day. So, yeah, he knows that family really well. Um, Nick Saban's dabbing and showing personality out there, doing dances, doing the nene, um, <laughs> just trying to get recruits in. I don't think he wants to do that. But uh, <laughs> he's just trying to get guys in. Um, he got Bob Stoops flying out to California, his second home. He gets a lot of good players from California on that roster. So that's uh, his second home to me almost. I mean, obviously he's got Texas and home and things like that, but – so, yeah, it's fun right now. Uh, a lot of things going on. A lot of, you know, big names still on the board right now. And that's, that's my next question. Um, first of all, you know, there was a time when everybody waited until basically whenever they were comfortable, as long as they wanted to, and there was no controversy. Nowadays, there's a lot of pressure on these guys to indicate what they're going to do sooner or faster uh, how do guys deal with that? How do guys deal with the, the added pressure that a lot of guys are under to, to make their preferences known earlier in the process? A lot of guys want to sign early, man. If you're a quarterback and don't sign early, <laughs> um, you're almost making a mistake at this point because you can roll early now. Uh, every, everybody wants to roll early, get the half semester in so they could get a heads up and possibly start as a true freshman. Um, so Shea Patterson's doing, so Jacob Easton's doing. Um, all the top quarterbacks, Malik Henry, uh, I think KJ can't because of Stanford, but uh, all the top quarterbacks pretty much are. Um, yeah, you got, you want to get in early, regardless of your position, you still want to get in early, um, get a good, you know, feel for that program, coaching staff, be around them a lot more. Um, so I think that's a big deal. And plus, you know, um, a little bit of it's honestly ego. You know, you want to go ahead and sign early and have that. I'm already at Ole Miss or whatever, Clemson, you know, right now as a junior or a sophomore. You want to go ahead and have that. So I think, excuse me, some of it has to do with that as well. Um, committee early is just, uh, I think Mike Farrell, who's obviously our main writer, our lead writer, talked about that yesterday in a piece that just, it's hard. You know, there's a lot of kids flipping right now um, this year. Too much almost for me. And I'm a new school age type of guy. I get it, but it, it's just too much. You know, just it's it, you lose the value of the word commitment. You know, <laughs> um, the whole point of committing to something is, is doing that in its uh, word. You know, and people are flipping three, four, five, six times um, last day. You know, um, going to all the visits is cool. I don't have a problem with that at all. Go on as many visits as you can, but you know, committing to a school is something sacred still, kind of to me. You know, um, even a verbal. You know, I know it's not a, a sign, but it's still pretty important. So, uh, but getting in early is important, but uh, there's a lot of kids that are waiting this year that are at the top. There's a bunch, man. It's about, I mean, the top player in the country, Rashawn Gary, he's going to wait till signing day. He's an old school type of guy. He's going to have his three hats. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not faxing anything in. He's not that old school, but he's going to have his hat. 
uh, three to five hats, and he's going to go from there on signing day and sign for school. And he's going to graduate not early. You know, he's going to graduate when he's supposed to. Right. He's going to his prom. He's being a high school kid, the whole deal. I like that, actually. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, of course, I mean, when you're the number one recruit, you know, you can <clears throat> you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, when you have 88 um, offers from Division One schools or SDS schools, SFBS schools, um, he can go anywhere he wants, man. That's if he crazy. wanted to go to San he wanted to go to San Jose State. They haven't offered him, but if they want him, if he wanted to go there, he'd go there. Yeah, he can go to school he wants to, man. So, yeah, um, he's got really everything in the palm of his hands right now. Um, Chris Patrick, his old uh, Primus Catholic coach, is now the linebacker, the special team coach at Michigan. Um, they had an inside track <laughs> on him. So, uh, what a they just, I know, right? Pipeline from <laughs> Jersey. Um, it's just great what, what Harbaugh's doing. He's got. He got two of the top coaches from Jersey on the staff, which is huge because Jersey has top guys. They don't have a bunch of guys. They have a top guys. They might have a top 250, um, 30 guys, you know, which is a lot for not a small, not a big place, excuse me, Jersey. So uh, they got top guys. Um, so, yeah, that, they have an inside track. Alabama, not to go over Sean Gary uh, <laughs> rant a little bit, but, uh, Alabama's got a good inside track on him too, of course. And then um, USC, he just was in love with the campus, and, and he's never been in the West Coast, I think, before either. So that was pretty big for him too. That's and that's another thing that's interesting. I mean, I think people sometimes forget. I mean, obviously the coaches. Everyone talks about the coaches, and I think it was interesting when Sam Bruce was recently recommitted, I guess is the term what would use. It's probably doesn't seem like it should be necessary, but I guess it is necessary to recommit to a school if you're if the coach is fired. He made it clear that I didn't commit to a coach, I committed to a school. And I was like, Yes, he gets it. Good job, Sam. <laughs> you know? I like that. That shows that you really understand how this process is supposed to work. Exactly. That is how it's supposed to work, but um <laughs> it's how it's supposed to work, but <laughs> a lot of these kids do commit to uh whether it's the head coach, D.C., or the position coach, um, really the, the coordinator and position coach for the most part. Head coach is yes, of course, too, but for really you see a lot of transfers because of those coach, coaching uh, changes. Uh, so, uh, you know, it happens. That's how it is. That's the day and age we live in. I, I'm not sure why I hate it, honestly. Um, I wish it was different, but it is what it is, I guess, right? <laughs> okay. Got it. So, Amongst the the guys who were, besides Rashawn Gary, amongst the guys, like we can sort of leave him to the side. But other than that particular name, who are the other main uncommitted names that people will be super interested in to find out what's going to happen on signing day? I'll start off with uh, Demetrius Robertson. He seems like the man of the hour right now. Everybody wants to be Demetrius Robertson. He's an athlete. Um, kind of reminds me of Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. Um, <laughs> on defense, though, on defense, though, and right, he's, and he's right. not 20 years old. He's only 18. Ah, yes. Oh. <laughs> I thought I'm going to ask you how the heck a guy is graduating from high school at 20, but I guess that's for another show. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. But uh, at a cornerback, he kind of – I feel like he's a receiver. He reminds me like a Cyrus Jones a little bit, but like a faster version of Cyrus Jones, which isn't bad. But if you want to put him on the offensive side, go ahead and do it because I think he's just going to be more impactful right away. Um, you have to kind of develop him as a DB, um, more so as a wide receiver. You can plug him in, kicker turn and plug him in. Um, Cyrus Jones, like I said, not bad, but Calvin Ridley. If you have two Calvin Ridleys, 
for two sours Jones, I think it'll take two Calvin Ridley's. Um, you know, <laughs> yes, um, I agree. would. <laughs> and you can even put him at running back if you wanted to. I think he's a natural receiver. Um, but he just plays. He's played everywhere. He's the best kicker turn in the nation. Um, he's electrifying. Wow. Um, he's a guy right now, man. Just because. Um, Notre, he he spread all over the country. Notre Dame, he loves that campus. He said he was in awe. Um, he, he really said he was quiet and didn't talk. He just soaked it all in and just couldn't believe that he was on, you know, the Notre Dame campus and the things they showed him. Um, and he loved Brian Kelly and that coaching staff. Um, they took him there by himself. Nobody else was with him on the visit. Wow. Um, That's how you close somebody. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> honestly, he's a Georgia kid. Uh, he's still got – he's going on the most visits ever almost I think that we can count he's taking he's taking visits he's taking visits that you know he's not going to some of these schools you know what I mean but he's taking the visits uh, right he's taking now he's taking advantage of the right exactly like Hawaii is. sure I'll visit sure Hawaii <laughs> he actually he, his dad said that his dad said if Hawaii wanted to offer us to come out there we'd go out there and visit too so his dad said and uh I mean, they're pretty much damn right about it. I don't see why it's getting a little black. I mean, he's a kid, 18. Go ahead and take your visits. Um, Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech obviously has a a long shot, but they do have a shot. Um, he's on their visit today. There, he's from Savannah, Georgia, which is not too far from Atlanta. Um, about two and a half hours. Um, Georgia obviously is the school that everybody wants him to go to. Um, Alabama is his favorite team, and they are in the lead right now. Um, but Notre Dame is right there. They did, they did huh. a lot for that kid. Um, Notre Dame did a lot for that kid. And then a super-duper outside chance is Tennessee. I don't think they had a chance um, at all, really. But, I mean, I think he'll have a hat up there maybe <laughs> for them. So, so, so they have yeah. a chance to be the third hat, which I guess will be kind of a fifth. special moment for them. They get to be the third hat. <laughs> have a fifth hat. Well, he had a family member go to Tech, so I think he just respects them. Um, I, I, and they, they're just offering him – they're offering him – you can start at receiver and cornerback right away, you know, um, or running back, <laughs> or right, whatever you want to do, you can do on this team, which, he, okay, I can understand why he'd be interested in that. They're pretty much telling him he can play wherever he wants. He can choose where he wants to play pretty much at Tech. I, I don't know if he'd want to play wide receiver. They don't really throw there. It's probably say running back. But uh, if he wants to play running back in corner, at Georgia Tech, he can. Um, Alabama, I know, probably use him at receiver. Um, they're just really deep at DB position. But he's an athlete, so it's always interesting to see where these athletes go. They're not position. Um, but I like Demetrius Jarvison a lot, so you got him. Um, you got another athlete from Georgia, uh, ironically, from Bowman, Georgia, small town, Nicole uh, Hardman, Jr., who's really recruiting by the same schools, um, except Notre Dame, um, not recruiting heavy, but he's got Auburn instead of Notre Dame. Um, he's smaller. He is a corner. I feel like he is a corner. He's a little uh, – people call him an undersized corner. I think he's the right size. He's young. Um, he's 5'10", 171. Um, I hope his weight does get up. I'm sure it will. Um, so about 190, 188, somewhere around there. Um, maybe get hits 511, mark six foot. Who knows? Um, like I said, he's an 18 year old kid. But uh, we got him at 11 right now on the rivals 250, and he's a really good player, man. He's a speedster, um, pretty good cover corner out there, and I, I think he'll I think he'll land at Georgia, actually. Um, Demetrius Robertson, I, I think will land at Alabama, Notre Dame. Uh, you got McQuee Juarez from Torrance, California. Um, he's on his visit to Oklahoma. Um, Bob Stoops loves you know, that. Oklahoma does a great job of working, I guess, I'm trying to think of, of states, I mean, of uh, schools outside of California that do a better job of working. I mean, Arizona, obviously, and Arizona State do a really good job of working with kids out of California as well. But, I mean, outside of 
Pacific Coast schools, does anybody do a better job of working California than Oklahoma does? We were just talking about that, man. I don't think so. I mean, a school that's not even in that region, um, they're the best school outside of the region. I'll say that. Um, they do a really good job. They just have a pipeline. They have they have a Bishop Gorman pipeline, which they started early with Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds and DeMarco Murray. Um, and obviously they're a powerhouse now. Um, and then so they have a whole Nevada pipeline. And they got the Fresno pipeline. They got the a Torrance pipeline already, which is school Juarez goes to right now. <clears throat> Excuse me, goes to right now. So they got an inside track from him. Uh, UCLA does as well. Um, Alabama, again, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I think he'll end up Oklahoma. I think that's just a good fit. Um, yeah, not I agree. Linebacker. So you got him, Jackie Jones. Just narrowed his list down to three schools: Texas A&M, USC, and um, Alabama. Um, he's a long beach poly DB, another one. <laughs> a long list of DBs. I think he's going to go to SC. He's, you know, Adore Jackson and um, and uh, Imam Marshall are two guys he's followed up and been kind of overshadowed by his whole career, and now he had a chance to shine this year. Um, he's a DB. He can play wide receiver, too. He reminds me of Adore Jackson, but a little bit smaller. Kind of got Deshaun Jackson feel to him just because of the weight. All of a sudden, another long beach poly star. I think he wants to stay at home, man. Um, I think it was a big tell that he didn't have a UCLA on his final list because um, oh. I, I, I really thought that that would be a school that he would be interested in um, playing both ways since they lost three wide receivers. But he wants to uh, – I think he wants to stay home, but I think he wants to be a Trojan with his, his boys. His, uh, I mean, Long Beach Poly and, and USC just has a that long, is a, long so you, you talked about so. pipelines. That, that's a pipeline. They, they that's just, a true pipeline. <laughs> that's a true pipeline. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. I think Jackie Jones. Out of that school since the '60s. Yeah, and if Florida State had an inside track too a little bit because of Malik Henry going there, but uh, if you guys have a chance to watch Jackie Jones, he's electrified. Uh, it's a really good tape on him. He got a game on national TV versus Bishop Gorman, where you know they got blown out. Long Beach probably did, but he showed up um, big. He showed up big at the under or excuse me, um, the uh, Army uh, bowl game in San Antonio, playing both sides of the ball. Um, like I said, he's only 163. Um, he's probably one of the four two eight guy, one of the fastest guys in the nation. Um, I love him though. He's quick, quick, quick. Um, legit speed, speed, speed. I mean, track guy. He's I think he's I think he's top one hundred guy in the state of California right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's a speedster man. And I really thought Oregon was going to be on the list too because of the track and field thing and being able to play DB. But I really think it's those three schools make sense. You know, Alabama can use a guy like that. Um, and M always has a bunch of guys like that already. And then the USC, like I said, the pipeline is, is great. Um, Caleb Kelly, another guy that could be going to Oklahoma. He's from Fresno. Um, they could be getting two of the top linebackers in the country. So that's another one right there. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons still out there. I think he'll be an old Miss or Mississippi State guy. Derek Brown, another Georgia kid. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, going to end up being one of those two schools. Um, the one I'll keep my eye on, Georgia, that everyone should keep their eye on, that are undecided guys. Or Terrell Hall from Washington D.C. St. John's High School, um, because I really think he's going to go to Ohio State now because he's friends huh. with those guys that decommitted from Maryland and went to Ohio State. Um, I think he was going to go to Maryland possibly and stay home in the DMV, but now I think he'll go to Ohio State um, and stay home with those guys and be able to, you know, keep the tradition at top defensive ends. He's six five, two hundred and fifty one pounds. Um, monster kid. I think he might be. I think he he's projected to move inside because he just 
a lot of people just say he keeps growing so much. Like he's grown over, he's pretty much grown from the beginning of the year so much till now that people think he's just going to keep growing and growing. He was 6'3", 240, uh, or about 235 when he came in the season. So he's gotten an inch and a half taller, or two inches taller, excuse me, and about 15 pounds heavier from straight muscle. Wow. So uh, he's a guy to look out for for sure. Um, the last, I mean, there's no quarterbacks. I'll let you know that. Uh, all the quarterbacks are gone. Well, the quarterbacks the are last, gone already, right? Yeah. That's, that's always the way it is, right? right, right. The last guy, I would say, um, Nate Craig Myers and his brother, Javon, both of those guys. Oh, yes. Um, I've seen those well, two. I was, Mark the Shark has talked to me a little bit about them as well, but go ahead and tell me what you know. Mark the Shark was the first person to tell me about Nate Craig Myers, actually, um, three yep. years ago. Funny. Yep. I, I was like, oh, uh, this kid, who, who's this guy? You know, who's this? I didn't know who Mark was, really. It wasn't Nate Craig Myers. I didn't know who Mark was until, you know, you've had him on the show. And I obviously know him now. He's great, um, especially in that Tampa area. But, uh, yeah, Nate Craig Myers, um, Auburn, he's been Auburn all the way. He decommitted, and now he's open. Um, it's interesting because you got the, the family vibe in there. You don't know, his, of course, their mom wants them to play together. <laughs> stay close to well, home. And stay close to stay fairly stay close, close to home. Right. But it's really gonna come down to Clemson, Auburn, and uh Louisville to me. Um, oh I think, wow. I think Man, if those kids went to Yeah, I mean obviously Clemson would be great, but Louisville's where they could make the most immediate impact, I'm assuming, right? Right. And they they're friends with Lamar, um Lamar Jackson who is I'm uh, sure ah. gonna be the quarterback next year, so uh Right, you know, he you get you're friends with him, um, for a connection, I guess, or just seven on seven stuff. Maybe, um, I don't really know the exact connection there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it almost has an outside shot, but I think they're just too deep at receiver. They already have five six receivers on the depth chart, and they already got two coming in this year, including DK Metcalf. So I just don't see. I'd be I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't see him going to Ole Miss. Um, Auburn is still, I think, you know, it's hard when a kid decommits. About 70% sure he's not going to come back. That's the number on that from the past 15 years, actually. So I, it's hard to say, man. He fits Auburn perfectly, um, but I just don't think he'll go back there. I think he'll end up at Clemson or, uh, or Louisville. And North Carolina is another school on the list, too, but I just think that's another hat that will be there. Um, right. They get to be – like Tennessee, they get to be the third hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's really close with his, his half-brother and – North Carolina's not too heavy on Javon Myers, um, so I think he at least wants to go. I think they're going to end up together. And for, in the end of, for them to end up together, Louisville and Clemson seem like the lead because uh, Ole Miss is not too heavy on Javon either. And I think their mom just really wants to go to school together and stay in the south, obviously. And those schools aren't that far from Tampa. Um, right. I mean, they're all that far, but they're you know he's not going to Texas or California. Right. Right. Well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> Louisville. Louisville's a nice little trip, about three hundred and eighty something miles, probably. So it's a nice little trip. Uh, Clemson's closer. Florida State would be closer still, and then Florida would be even closer. Closest of all would be South Florida, but obviously South Florida's not in the running. No, they're not. Um, <laughs> and Florida State actually, it's funny. Florida State. Uh, they're not in the running, but they tried their hardest to get him at the end. They were down in, in uh, the Thunderbird game, and they, they were saying, oh, you know, our recruiting class is great. We already got good players here. Well, they tried everything, but he's just, you know, no, nah, I'm good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, when a school offers you so late and you're from the state, it's kind of almost disrespectful to some of the kids. Um, and they didn't start being heavy on him until his senior year, and he kind of felt like, okay, well, you want me now? You know, what about the years before that? 
which right exactly <laughs> where's the love right I get where's it. the love yeah there's, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many players out there doing still man uh, Devin Asiasi um, who is uh, you probably heard of from De La Salle High School Concord um, he's factory. an guy uh, factory um, don't know where he's going to go he's another kid that um, keeping it close to the vest he doesn't play into the whole fun, let's see where I'm going to go stuff. He just kind of wants to wait until signing day, make it cool. Um, I'm really, really disappointed that Stanford didn't get a hold of him um, because huh. he's from Kong. He's I would think that'd be, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I would think that'd be kind of an, uh, a natural. I mean, what, I mean, it's what, a 15-minute drive? <laughs> about, just about 15, 35-minute drive. Um, he got an offer. But uh, just wasn't really – they didn't show a lot of love, you know. Um, that's another guy that kind of blew up um, late, like this year. Um, he's always been good. He's been a really good blocking tight end. But this year they used him um, at defensive end, and he was one of the best defensive ends of the state. And they used him um, pass catching more. So now, you know, we see his whole package. Now he's a four-star guy. He's one of the top tight ends in the country. I think he's number two. Um Alabama, Washington, UCLA, USC, and Michigan. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I don't know where he's leaning towards. Nobody does. Uh, people, say Washington. people say Washington. People say Washington. But they're guessing. They're guessing. He sounds he's given no hints himself, it sounds like. The only hint that we have on that is that Chris Peterson was the first person to offer him at Boise State, so he knows him. He's known him the longest. Um, hmm. But I'm not buying. He's just going to go there just because he's known him the longest. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I had to guess, I would say Michigan. So. Interesting. And that's another thing I've noticed that has happened in the last couple of years. I've seen more um, Tongans, you know, Polynesians. I mean, we didn't see a lot of that in Michigan Ever really? I mean, that's I've been watching Michigan football since 1972, and I've noticed they had a fullback and a couple of linemen just in the last couple of years who are from, you know, either Samoan or Hawaiian descent or Tongan descent. And this seems to be, unless I'm wrong, and I, I guess I could I could check, but I, I don't think I've seen more than one guy in the you know, and even thinking. I, I, I'm not even sure if I've seen one, but I, I think I might have seen one guy back in the like late 80s who was from Hawaii or something. But I mean, they don't tend to work that area very very often. Uh, is that because of Harbaugh or what's changing? Yeah, Harbaugh. You know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh still knows that area excuse me, really well and has a lot of pipelines with guys. Uh, those guys usually have big family. You know, uh, a lot of cousins, a lot of brothers and sisters. And stuff yeah, like that. So yeah, they do. They, uh, he knows a lot of them. Um, I think Devin Asiasi's cousin is one of the players he had at Stanford. Uh, I think the tight end, Tololi for Falcons, or did I say his last name? Levine Tololi. Tololo. Oh, um, yeah, Levine Tololo, yes. The giant yeah, tight end. Uh, yeah, I think that's Devin Asiasi's cousin somewhere along the way. So uh, that helps. And uh, I just think Michigan fits. They lost uh, – they lost the battle for Isaac Nwata, another guy that uh, will have half one, but, uh, you know, they lost that the battle is. for him. So I, I think that that opens up a spot for Devin Asiasi at tight end. And I believe we've just been joined by our first couple of prospect guests. Let me just double check. Uh, I believe Michael Jordan just joined us. 
Yes, sir. Excellent. And let's see, who just hopped on with this? Is that Great eBay or is that uh, DeAnthony who just hopped on? Oh, okay, perfect, 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 excellent. Uh, Glad to have you. First of all, um, I'm sure, Michael, you've heard all the jokes, uh, so I'm not going to even go there. But (laughs) is... Was that a factor in your naming? Were your parents fans? I mean, what's the story with your name? Uh, no, nah, not at all. not at all. It was just my uh, my brother, my oldest brother, actually named me, and uh, and my mom just said she really didn't care what the name was, so my brother just decided <laughs> to go with Michael. So it's pretty, it's a pretty basic story. She said she didn't care. <laughs> nah, she she really didn't. She just like she's just happy I was out of her, so she just said, "You know that's what it is." <laughs> so he, your your little brother could have named you anything. Sweet Potato Kai Jordan could have been your name. <laughs> Basically. Okay. Well, thank 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 the good Lord, your brother had good sense. Ah, uh, yeah, he does. Excellent. Uh, is that the person also who introduced you to football, or how did you first get introduced to the game? Uh yeah, it is. He he was kind of my my two older brothers are my role models, and just he's a couple years older than me, so we used to always go to his games or whatever. And I just kind of got to to watch him and and just kind of seeing how he was enjoying it. So I thought I, me and my brother kind of we tried out for uh, a team at the same time, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Okay, got it. I'm gonna switch over to our other prospect, and once again, thank you for joining us. Um. You don't have, I guess, a similar name story, uh, but tell us a little bit about how you got into football. Where did you first start playing, and, and what was it that attracted you to football? Um, I first started playing at Rock Island High School, uh, Little Rocks football, located in Quad Cities, Illinois. Um, I just got introduced to football, just uh, just being with a bunch of my buddies and, you know, just just uh, being around a good couple of good guys, and we just started at a young age, and I ended up falling in love with it. Okay. Uh, you played other sports as well, is that correct? Yes, I, I played basketball all the way up to my junior year, and I did track and field all the way up to my junior year. Okay. What events did you do in track? Uh, I did, like, the uh, one two hundred and uh, uh, field events, like throwing and disc and all that stuff. Oh, that's an unusual combination. <laughs> so you did sprint yeah, yeah, and the... Uh... <laughs> Um, there's at least one or two sort of famous examples. Uh, Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker were state champions in shot put, discus, 100 and 200 meters. But you don't see that very often. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's up. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to tell me a little bit about what positions did you play initially when you first started playing football? Uh, we, uh, we were in a wing T offense, so I played yeah. the fullback position. Uh, high school, so uh, and I just played fullback and the linemen are still out there working. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that that so, Nika? You said you were playing fullback initially. Yeah, I played fullback uh, in the wing T offense at Rock Island High School. Got it. Um, and wing T is interesting, and, and elements of wing T people don't. Some people realize it, but some people don't. Uh, are still very much utilized when you ever you see a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, sort of shotgun option stuff, a lot of the stuff that you see with, uh, you know, what people call wildcat. A lot of stuff is from wing tape. 
Yeah. Um, and you still see versions of Buck Sweeps. I mean, look at what uh, guys like Gus Malzahn's doing. Gus Malzahn's running a spread, but it's a spread that you can tell if you know Wing T is based on Wing T principle. And even Chip Kelly, uh, to some extent. I mean, he was a when he was a quarterback, you know, obviously a long time ago, but he was a Wing T quarterback. And uh, the things that Chip Kelly does in his offense, a lot of those things are based on Wing T. So that's interesting. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit more about Wing T in a moment. I'm going to jump back to Michael. So, so Michael, you got introduced yep. to the game. You played other sports as well. What other sports did you play, and and what would say your maybe your second favorite sport behind football? Uh, well, I just like like basketball is fun to me. I know I, I love playing it, but triple jumping to me in high school was that was extremely fun for me. Excellent. What was your PR in triple jump? Uh, forty six nine. That that's not too shabby. Nah, uh, it was my first I, year doing it. I, I enjoyed it though. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad at all. Um, when I was in high school, I helped to show a guy who ended up setting the state record. This is what kind of freak athlete he was. He ended up being drafted by the Bills and had a nice little career. Uh, but he was an All-American strong safety at UCLA. But I was with a bunch of other guys. You know, I was not great, trust me. But I knew how to do certain things. And I was like, uh, we had a, a guy who was a couple years younger than us who was like, Coach, like, show him how to triple jump. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know. So we're showing him. And then, like, the first time he tripled up in his whole life, he goes over 40 feet. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. But that's crazy. Interesting- yeah, it is. By the end of that season, he was like 48-something, and before he – the next year, the year after that, he broke uh, a record that had stood since the 1970s that was set by, that was set by Al Toon, who was the 10th uh, player taken in the uh, same draft as Jerry Rice. In fact, he was one of the two – this is a trivia question if you ever – someone ever asked you – who were the two wide receivers taken ahead of Jerry Rice? I can tell you. One of them was Al Toon, who's from my part of the country. From um, He's from the southeastern Virginia. So he's from out on what's called the peninsula, like where Vic and Iverson and those boys are from. Al, and his son um, is still, I think, hanging around. The Nick Toon, I think, is still hanging around the NFL. But Al Toon set the triple jump record in the state of Virginia, which is broken by my friend Matt Darby. And then the other receiver that was taken ahead of Jerry Rice was Eddie Brown, fast Eddie Brown, as he used to call him, from Houston, Miami, who went to Cincinnati and had a nice little career, but, you know, wasn't quite Jerry Rice. Okay. Right. Uh, back to uh, – <laughs> you. Um, so, in basketball, when you're playing, Michael, were you more of a distributor point guard type or you were a guy like a jack-up shot? Uh, really, my, my, offense came, my offense came from me stealing the ball and going on fast breaks. That, that's really all I contributed. <laughs> okay. So that's what you were. You were like a bright Westbrook with no jump shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like to compare myself to Westbrook, too. But, yep, that's about it. Yeah, because he's just an, such an explosive athlete. But he also can, you know, do other things. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Nico, as you said, you're from the Quad Cities. For those who don't know, that's the um, western portion of the state of Illinois, not far from the Iowa border, uh, not far from the rivers, not far from what used to be a bunch of factories. Now, some of those factories I know I'm going with. Is there still a Caterpillar factory out there? Do they still have a big cat factory? Um, The big what factory? Caterpillar. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Caterpillar still there. John Deere's there. Alcoa. Those okay. Still there, so. Yeah. Okay. It's a very industrial part of the the United States. 
so you're you're growing up out there. Obviously, it's a some people might say rough and tumble. I don't know whatever term you want to use. It's a part of the country where uh, there's not always a lot of opportunities unless you have certain connections or things like that. Yeah. When did you when did you get serious about football? Like you realized this could be something that you could do beyond just high school. Um, I started getting real serious about football my junior year. I had a buddy uh, that came up to me and uh, uh, still one of my close friends to the day. He came up to me and, you know, he got me into NCAA Clearinghouse and I didn't know nothing about it at the time. And um, he just, uh, just picked my brain and uh, basically told me that what classes I needed to take and all that stuff. So once with, I got on board of that, with that, uh, everything else just came by itself. Like, I started going to camps and everything, and I, and, I, and I wanted to go to college. So that's when I started taking it serious, my junior year. Oh, cool. Um, now, I don't know if Donovan might have any questions. Donovan, we have Nico Watson, who I think is one of the most underrated running backs in the country, uh, a leatherneck. Uh, and then we also have... Somebody who used to be one of the most underrated defensive backs in the country, but I think word's getting out on Michael Jordan um, from Missouri Western. So, do you have any questions for you, these gentlemen, Donna? Uh, yeah, let me ask Michael first if he haven't gotten to this already. Uh, what was the, uh, your favorite? Uh, thanks for coming on the show, by the way. Um, what was your favorite moment um, in college that you had, either as a team or just like individually at West, uh, Missouri Western State? Uh, it was probably my my freshman year, winning winning the conference championship because we were we 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 definitely had a a loaded roster and uh, just seeing some of those seniors you know go out on top and getting that conference championship that they never had it just it just meant a lot to me because I was a freshman and kind of helping them out kind of playing my role so that was definitely a good experience. Okay, and uh, I guess my second question for I'll let Bill go back. Uh, who is your favorite cornerback that either, I guess, reminds you of yourself or just to watch, um, either current or, or in the past at the position? Uh, Patrick Peterson and Aqib Tlaib. <laughs> Great choice. Great choice. Yeah. <laughs> both of the top ten cornerbacks, both of them. <laughs> and, and physically, guys, that you're kind of like, because you're, you're a bigger corner. Yeah. Yep, so yeah, those guys kind of kind of fit my model type, and uh, I think they're both good quality guys, both on and off the field. So, yep, very true. Um, and I'll, I'll stick with Michael for a moment, then I'll come back to Nico. So, Michael, for you, when did your recruitment process start, and tell me about how it, it sort of evolved? What what made, led you to make the decisions that you ended up making? Uh, I kind of initially, like, I fell through a lot of cracks because I didn't have the grades necessary for D1. So it was just like, uh, it's either, uh, I didn't, I, I initially wanted to go JUCO, but my mom didn't want me to. So it was like, okay, well, you might have to go D2. So I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. And it was already, I knew about Missouri Western, so it kind of made that choice pretty easy. And they, was, uh, they were interested. So, yeah, that's just how that worked out. Now, you said your mother didn't want you to go to a JUCO. Was that because of things she'd heard or because of you might no. have to go far away? Or what was it that no, made her just, feel like? Just education and, you know, I might get hurt and, you know, it just wouldn't be the same. And I understood where she was coming from. 
Yeah. So your mother, your mother, your mother sounds unusually, your mother sounds unusually knowledgeable. Has she done some research, or did she just know know the game? Nah, she just, I, I don't know. I think it's just like one of those mother intuitions because I know she didn't do no research. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, and so same question for you, Nika. When did your recruitment process start and how did it play out? Uh, when did what? Your recruitment process, Nika. When did it start and how did it play uh, out? What things influenced uh, you to make your decision? Uh, big influence was uh, money at the time. Uh, I was getting recruited by big schools uh, to play linebacker, but I always wanted to play running back. So uh, uh, I got recruited by uh, Western, North Dakota State. Uh, basically, most of them hoped Missouri Valley. I really one of my favorite schools I wanted to go to because it wasn't that far was Iowa. But uh, oh, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was preferred to walk on position, so I did. I ended up uh, going with Western because they offered me a full ride scholarship, and plus I wanted to play running back, so it ended up being a win-win situation. It's funny that you mentioned that a lot of schools wanted you as a linebacker. Your your running style is, and please don't take this the wrong way, but it's not subtle. Um, you you you're not you're clearly not afraid of contact. Uh, you you will put your head into people. You I've seen you just truck stick people. Uh, is that sort of a residual of your old days as a linebacker, uh, Nico? Oh, uh, yeah, really. I mean, to be honest, I was uh, getting recruited as linebacker, and I never even played linebacker. It was just, uh, oh. I don't know, just just, just being just physical. Football is a physical sport. You know, that's how mm-hmm. I play the game, whether, whether it's on special teams or, or me running the ball or me blocking. It's just everything's got to be physical. Well put, coaches love coaches love that kind of mentality. And yeah, you okay. So you didn't actually play linebacker; they just projected based on watching you and thought you thought you could. Yeah, is that well, I went to camps uh, my mm-hmm. senior day in high school. Uh, I was recruiting as an athlete to most schools, so basically you could put me anywhere. That's what I was recruited at. So uh, I just went with the school that wanted me to play the running back position. So. That's why I went oh. to Western University. Okay. And I'm going I'm to jump back to, to Michael. So, Michael, you arrive on campus. Uh, you obviously have been a fairly dominant high school uh, high school player, but as you said, your grades prevented you from really getting the, the looks you might have wanted, and you considered junior college, but your mother prevailed upon you to stick closer to home and, and go to Missouri Western. Who was the coach that made the greatest impact on you? Who was the coach that you know, you were closest to in your time there. Michael? Is this Michael? Let's double check. Oh, okay. We did lose Michael. Michael's going to dial back in, hopefully. Then I'll stick with you, Nico. Um, Same question. Tell me about the coaching staff there. Who'd you get closest to and who had the greatest impact on you? Um, I would probably say I had two running back coaches. Uh, I went through a, a coaching change my sophomore year. Uh, my coaches got fired. Uh, but I would have to say my running back coach when I first came into Western, uh, <clears throat> uh, Coach Ware, and mm-hmm. Juan Ware, uh, running back coach, and my recent running back coach, uh, Coach Crushman. 
those uh, two had a great impact on my life. Uh, those are guys I could call right now. They're, they've been over backwards to get to oh. get me where I need to go. So uh, okay. I, I was blessed to have two good running back coaches. How were they similar, those two gentlemen, and how were they different from each other, your two running back coaches? Um, they both they're both similar because they 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 treat their players like like children, like their sons you know they 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 looked after their players uh, those their players first and uh, that's what they were both both similar. Uh, well, I would say the difference is uh, one was more. I, I really don't know the difference to be honest. They both were kind of same in a lot of areas, but I'd probably say the difference. One was more chill and quiet, and the other one was. Mm-hmm more loud and, you know, uh, enthusiastic and a lot of energy. So, uh, I mean, but they both, I mean, they both use their, their, uh, their culture talents for the same cause and have to get their players to get their degree and bring the best out of their players. So they brought the best out of me. So that's, that's, that's why I would say those two are one of the best. Okay. And I have one more question before I open it back up. So you have these two uh, different gentlemen, two coaches that had a great impact on you. And speaking of, of impact, uh, talk about where you were sort of in terms of the depth chart when you first arrived there at Western. Where were you and, and what are the things that you had to do to, to start getting playing time? Um, my first ride on the depth chart, my first year, I think I was six on the depth chart. Um, uh, mind you, I didn't even come in. Uh, I wasn't invited to be there that freshman year summer. So I wasn't mm-hmm. all the way in shape like I should have been. So I was like six on the depth chart. And then uh, as the season started rolling around and practices started, I started getting used to the flow of the game and the change of pace. Uh, I started getting back to my roots and practicing hard. And, you know, just regardless if I was on the scout team or not, just practice it hard, and then, like, uh, injuries came about, and I ended up uh, starting my freshman year, I think, like, game seven. So I just worked hard and uh, on scout team, and the coaches noticed, and they was like, they asked me if I wanted to burn my red shirt, and I was like, yeah, I was like, we only had, like, four <laughs> games left, but I just wanted to play football, so I said, I just said, forget it, let's get it, let's just go, so I just took it around with Okay. And I'm going to open it back up to Donovan and see if he might have any more questions for you, Nico, and I'm going to work on getting uh, Michael back on. But uh, what questions might you have for Nico? Yeah. Uh, how's it going, Nico? I'm glad to have you on the show as well. Um, which uh, – who are some of your favorite running backs growing up to watch? Um, like, like Bill said, you're a power back, you know, big guy, but uh, you kind of have – you got in the same number as Adrian Peterson. So <laughs> I noticed that, but uh, – what uh, what were some of your favorite backs uh, growing up? Um, one of my favorite backs growing up, I probably have to say, uh, like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he was a good back. Uh, Eddie George. Um, I probably have to say, uh, uh, oh, trying to say the bus. That's one of the good backs that I say watched the Super Bowl run. Uh, uh, another back. I'd say AP, definitely AP, and that, I mean it's a lot more, but I would probably say out of my favorite, I like Marshawn Lynch. I like his running style. It runs me, so I mean that's one of my top favorite running backs. 
Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, those are all, you know, elite top running backs in the NFL, so, I mean, good guys to follow. Um, which, uh, I guess, is the last question I'll let, before I let Bill go back. Uh, what separates you from uh, the other running backs? Obviously, you know, you're coming from a smaller school. You know, I leveled down, but, uh, you know, you still got a lot of heart, I'm sure, a lot, a lot of skill. Uh, definitely seeing tape. Uh, what separates you from the other backs that are trying to fight for the same spot as you? Um, uh, I mean, up. just for me, coming from a smaller school, I'm hungry. I mean, what separates me, I could play. I think I could play more than one position. Like, uh, like uh, I'm more like a Mike Tobert type of back. Like, I could play fullback. I could play H-back. I could play running back. I could block. I could play special teams. Like, um, I'm just a big body. Uh, both running backs don't have that big strength. I'm a big body, and I could be used in multiple ways. It's not just running the ball, it's not just, you know, I can catch out the backfield, I can, you know, I can just be a tool where you can just throw me anywhere. I'm not just one position. I look at myself as a football player, not like, not just a running back. Like, if you want to put me anywhere, I'm going to play that position. I'm going to play to the best of my ability. That's just my mindset. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that's a good school to have, but that, like that H back position is uh you know kinda coming up, you know, kind of the hot position in the NFL right now. Um, you know, along with like the kind of safeties, you know, coming to the line. So yeah. Okay. Billy's still there? I am. I am. I was just oh, okay. uh leaving a message for Michael. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. Great. But I'm back. Uh so Nico. What was your welcome to college football moment. You mentioned that you might not have been in exactly the kind of shape that they expected for the, to play at the collegiate level. What was the thing that sort of was that shock to the system moment, that thing that let you know that this isn't, you're not in high school anymore? Uh, my, welcome to, uh, my welcome to college was basically, uh, I'll probably say, like, going the first week of, the first week of camp. Like uh, we had to do a conditioning drill, and and I didn't make it at all. Like I'm like I'm just wondering like why are we running? Like let's just play football. Like I did not know we were going to run as much. So like that was my welcome to college moment. Everybody's like just looking at me like what are you doing? And I'm just like dang like uh, I just feel like the eyeball out. But I mean I mean they they got me through it, and you know it was a hard time, but it woke me up. They got me. To where I need to be, so I mean, definitely, I never. I was a wake up moment right there. <laughs> so you were really struggling, it sounds like. Struggling, struggling, like barely, like just hands up and knees, like like uh, to feel sorry for myself <laughs> the whole day. Just <laughs> sorry for myself. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, so obviously, you're in much better shape now. Tell me about what role the weight room and conditioning has played in, in making you the player you are today? Oh, just, uh, just being self-motivated, having goals, having dreams, you know, uh, just, you know, like we had like just, just, you know, you gotta be held accountable. The older you get, the more, the more that comes like, as it comes natural when you're playing at this level. So, I mean, you got younger people that look up to you that want to follow in your footsteps, so you're going to do everything the right way. You'll do everything, everything like you're under a microscope. You want people to look at you and do the same things that you're doing. So basically, I want to just be held accountable for what everything I do, and I want to do everything the right way. 
and do it the best of my ability. So, I mean, just uh, knowing that I work hard and work hard for everything, you're going to get things uh, in return. So just work hard for everything that you get, and, and everything will fall into place. Okay. I want you to, to give me a favorite running play, or maybe a couple, and then a favorite pass play, and then tell me what your what your responsibilities are, like what it is you need to do, what your keys are, things like that in each of those two. So what are your favorite, you know, running play or plays uh, to hear call, and what's your favorite passing play or plays to hear call? I'm sort of uh, walking through them as if you were drawing them up on the whiteboard. Uh, my favorite running play would have to be my freshman sophomore year. I don't think we ran it. Uh, I don't think we ran it my junior senior year, but my freshman sophomore year, we had this play called uh, – it's like a oh, I'm trying to think. The inside zone. It was like a stretch play, but you uh, it's called something boss. We call it boss thirty-two boss or something. And yeah, um, got it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we it's like a you show stretch, but then after the third step, after the third step, you cut it up. So basically, it's a it's a wide inside zone play. It, it gets the linebackers flowing. Uh, it's like a B gap play. And you go right up the you, – you act like you're going outside. You get them flowing to the outside. Get the linebackers flowing to the block so the linebacker can get to them. And then you just cut it right up. And then it should be a big hole, especially if you got a fullback waiting for you. So I would probably say that play was one of my favorite running plays. We didn't run it that much in my junior senior year. We had coaches change. Uh, and we started running more spread uh, my junior senior Got it. Okay, and what about pass play? And uh, tell me about it, how it's called, and what your job is, what the responsibilities would be in your favorite passing play. Uh, my favorite pass play is uh, uh, it's called, uh, oh, wow, it's called, that's when I'm in uh, pistol formation. Uh, we call it uh, uh, blade. We call it uh, blade, blade to the left, razors to the right. It's a, uh, a screen play pass to you. You're running a, a wheel uh, swing route, and then you got the full back, and you got the, the slot receiver and the X receiver blocking for you. So basically, you got we ran it against you and I. It was one of one of my favorite run plays because you got three blockers, and then you're one on one with the safety. So just out to make your best for run them over. So that was probably one of my favorite run plays. I mean, pass. Right. And one of the cool things about you is that you can do either one. You get a chance to choose. You can choose to, to shake a guy or to, uh, as I said, to truck him. Uh, yeah. how, do you make, how do you make that decision? Is it based on maybe how big he is or where he's positioned, if he's, you know, if his feet are under him? or I mean, how do you decide if you're going to try to shake a guy, you know, spin move or whatever, get away, or, or okay, I'm just going to go through this guy? How do you make that decision? Uh, it depends how the uh... – Playing, uh, they're trying to. Uh, I I watch film a lot on safeties and linebackers. Like a lot of guys who I played against in the Missouri Valley Conference, they tackle like on the ankles or tackle legs down. They don't really tackle up high. But if I get like a a person that that tries to, if I see on film that a person that loves to headhunt or likes to like just throw his body, I usually just run through them. But for people that, that likes to grab ankles or that good form tackling, I usually, like, try to 
make a mess or a step on them because those are the guys, that, those are the worst type of guys, the guys that get no straight from life. So I just try to step on them or make a mess. <laughs> you said they're the worst, you know what you said? Yeah, the worst type of guys, the guys that just don't <laughs> ankles, yeah. Worst type of guys ever. See, not a fan of the ankle biters, huh? Yeah, not a fan at all. You got to drag them. <laughs> See, it's a darn shame that Michael's not here right now because I was about to sick him on you. Um, or he's, he's a big corner. He might try to take you up high. Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> so you obviously found your way pretty quickly onto the field, as you said, and you, you're one of the most productive running backs in the history of the school. Have people told you about sort of where you stand in the school's history as a running back? Um, I really haven't even looked into it, but I know it's like some of the stuff being our uh, – uh, that what's the preview game notebooks and all that stuff. So I, I really haven't been told anything. I just I, I know I looked in the uh, notebook a couple of times, but I really haven't been told anything. Yeah, you're somewhere in the top two or three in almost every one of the running back categories in the history of the school. But as you said, apparently you're not you're not a super statistically motivated guy. Apparently. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really not. I'm all about I'm all about wins. I'm all about like just just playing hard for my teammates, and uh, I really wasn't too focused on that this year. I was just uh, so caught up in trying to go to the playoffs and bring bring uh, as be top in my conference, you know, for the first time since I've been there. So I uh, just wasn't, now, wasn't really one of my focus. Now you said your conference, but for those who aren't familiar with, you may be in the toughest conference. Well, not maybe. You are in the toughest conference in all of FCS. I guess the CAA is probably a close second. The Southland is probably third. I mean, it's it's a ludicrously tough conference to win. Now, tell people who some of the other teams in your conference are. Uh, North Dakota State, you and I. Uh, five, five, yep. five times, consecutive five-time FCS champion, no less, North Dakota State. Yeah. Yeah, North Coast, yeah, Illinois State, Southern Illinois, uh, Jeez. South Dakota State. It's a lot of good teams. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you got to play every week. It's not no cupcake games. You can lose any no. game. No, you are yeah, in a so murderously yeah. difficult conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who who is your biggest rival? Would you say? Uh, is it is it I State? Is it? I mean, who's the team that you get the biggest? Kick out of beating. Oh man, I have to go to the guys that we never beat. It's like I'm getting bad. I even like talking. I mean, to talk about it, like uh, our biggest rival is Illinois State. Uh, oh, okay. we, yeah, we played them twice this year. We couldn't get it done. Uh, but that, that's that's a game where you know, regardless win or lose, you know, like it's just a great experience because you got the whole Illinois coming coming together in one stadium, uh, purple or red, and it's just sold out every time. So it's a great experience for the players and the coaches just to be in that type of environment. Okay. And and paint the picture for me. Um, as you mentioned, you've played a couple of really good teams, uh, and some of them, as you said, you play more than once because you meet some of them in the postseason. 
we, I had Teddy Corwin on my show earlier in the year, and he's well, now to tell you about Teddy. I'm sure you've seen him on tape. But when you're watching some of these teams on tape, uh, who are the guys that have impressed you most that you've, you know, when you're watching tape to get ready for some of these, you know, you and I's and North Coast State and I I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh. each one of the teams I just mentioned would be the best team in most conferences, and you got them all in one conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought I would say, uh, Teddy, Teddy was a great defensive line, but he was really good. Uh, um, I probably have to say, uh, what's the linebacker from? He's a junior linebacker from U and I. He's pretty. He's pretty good. Uh, he's really. Uh, I would say in the end of the day, uh, Connor Connor Underwood, but he was hurt when we played him. But I never have played him before. He's he's really good. He's a stud. Yeah. Um, Super high IQ, motor runs constantly, and he's physically powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's definitely one of the guys. We didn't get to play him. He was hurt this year, but uh, he's definitely one of the top defensive guys that we look for in uh, on film. And uh, Teddy uh, and uh, Perkins, Dakota uh, hmm. State. Um, and, uh, and then trying to think, um, uh, Mark Seawall. We didn't get to play him this year, but he he was a good safety for Indiana State too. So. Uh, He's uh, that's one of the guys you look for, and, uh, and that's pretty much it from this year's standpoint. Uh, from top guys, I mean, I could name a list of it from my years playing. <laughs> you've seen some year. dudes, haven't you? You've seen some pretty good players. You think <laughs> yeah. about all the years yeah. you've been there. Who yeah. who's the person who gave you the hardest day at the office? Like who, you know. Maybe put it on you in a way and never been quite put on you in the before in the past. Who was the person that gave you the, you know, who made you have to go to the cold tub? Oh man, uh, I can I remember. Oh, I I don't. I was a sophomore. That was this linebacker. I don't even know his name, but uh, linebacker for Southern Illinois. He ended up uh, uh, making it to. He ended up making it to the Cincinnati Bengals. On the 53 man roster, I'm trying to figure out his name. He's a linebacker. This was my sophomore year, I want to say. Oh, this is my sophomore year. I remember having to block this kid, and he just like literally ran through the tight end and tried to run through me. But like, it did the stalemate him was, was the worst. Like, it was just a headache. Like, that was, he, he had a motor that never stopped going. And I, I remember my, uh, making uh, a roster year after. I think he was a senior when I was a sophomore. I wish I could figure it out today, but he was a good player. I think I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, kind of a rangy guy, right? Like maybe six two and a half, like 229, something like that. R- runs yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the name's not going back to me yet, but I know I've, I've seen him on tape, the guy you're talking about. Uh, okay. So is that also the person who like hit you the hardest you've ever been hit, or or was that someone else? Oh, yeah. who... Okay. Just okay. bring that wood. That's somebody that you just that will bring that you know bring that every time. You know, I mean, when I'm running the ball, you know, I I, I usually run. I have so much speed to the point where, like, I don't really, I I, I really cause the hitting. I don't really get hit like that. But when it <laughs> yeah, comes to like right. pa- when it comes to pass blocking or stuff like that, where you have to pass block a linebacker who's coming hard every time and has a motor, that's probably one of the guys I could name. 
Uh, well, we have another wide receiver that's really, really good. Uh, named Lance Lenore. Uh, he's a junior right now, um, but next year he'll definitely be one of the top guys to look after. Uh, he's probably one of the best players I ever played with, uh, talent-wise. And just uh, at a wide receiver standpoint, he's a, he's a, he's a, he'd be a great steal for an NFL team next year. Definitely. But when it comes to uh, uh, teams that I played against, players I played against, I'd probably say David Johnson, uh, one of them. The kid uh, was a freak athlete. He's amazing to watch. Uh, uh, Marshawn Cockridge, who's a good athlete. Uh, Trey Roberson, great athlete, too. Um, um, Kyle Emanuel from Mexico State. D-Lyman, who's good, too. Um it's a lot. I could just name a lot of players. This is this from top to bottom. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, running back from uh, uh, center from South Dakota State. He was good. Trying to think some more guys. Uh, uh, Malcolm Agnew from Southern Illinois. He was a good running back. Uh, and, uh, Carson Wentz. That's getting looked at heavily right now. He's a great, great quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you can't escape Carson Wentz right about now. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, he's a, he didn't even play the whole year, and he's still getting max attention. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, I, I wish him the best, though. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get the chance to play against him because he was hurt. But I mean, he's. A, I mean, I played against him uh, the years before, and he's every bit you know, what people say he is. So, uh, he's definitely gonna shock a lot of people. And their their backup, Austin Stick. I, I don't know. If, I don't know how much you looked at him, but I was like, I, I was impressed. I was like, oh well, not much of a drop yeah. off. Oh uh, no, that's going to stay for you. It's just everybody. It's a winning culture out there. Like everybody, the people that they recruit uh, from the coaches, from the fans. Like it's uh, they they just know how to win, and they will do whatever it takes to win. And that, I mean, the five championship shows. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I had some. That's that's just crazy. I mean, your team is really good, but I mean, that conference. I go. I just keep thinking back. If you manage to come out of that conference, if you win eight games, you've done something. Because as you mentioned, you've got to play Illinois State, which has got Trey Roberson, Teddy Corwin, and uh, um, Sean Copperich. You've got to play against UNI, which is. Always good. I can't remember you and I being bad ever, really, or at least not a very long, long time. Uh, they had a giant D tackle. What was that kid's name a couple of years ago? Giant, like three hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he. Uh, I know you're talking about big giant D tackle. Enormous, year. right? Just a whale boat of a human being. Uh, and then, obviously, David Johnson, who's tearing it up in the league. I mean, just the talent in that NDSU, which is, you know, I mean, Alabama is looking up at them. I mean, Alabama's not winning five back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships. I mean, there's, there's something special in, in Fargo. And those are the ones that people roll off the tongue right away, but they're forgetting. Even once you get past them, you know, the, the, the South Dakotas, and I mean, it's just there's no, as you said, what did you say, no easy weeks. There's no easy weeks in your conference. Hello? 
So, Nico, you're working, as you said, for your pro day. Are you also going to be doing any – I mean, I know, I know sometimes you can do, you know, two pro days or you can do uh, a regional combine. What is the plan in terms of what you're going to do to get yourself a pro scout? Uh, my goal is uh, I, I'm going to uh, Northwestern pro day March 8th. Oh. And then uh, I'm trying to get in a U of I's pro day. But if I don't get U of I's pro day, then my plan is to uh, do a regional combine too. But I'm trying to space it out so I can, like, uh, just basically, just based off my scores from the first one, I'm trying to space it out so I can prepare have a little time to prepare for the second one, so I'll go right back to back, you know, so right. um, regardless, uh, I, I'm really trying to get that U of I's pro day, but I, I know for sure I'm in Northwestern, so I'm just up here in Chicago until then, uh, up here in Chicago just training until my pro day in Northwestern, and, uh, and I'll be up here training a little bit longer, and then uh, just when I'm, when I'm ready to go, I, I'll be heading out. Perfect. I believe we've just been joined by Great eBay. Is that uh, Great who just joined us? No, this is uh, Kayvon Frazier. Oh, it's Kayvon. Okay, okay, got it. So, Kayvon, we're, we're wrapping up with Nico Watson, but I'll introduce you, Nico Watson. Uh, this is Kayvon Frazier. Kayvon Frazier is a very impressive prospect from Central Michigan. And then we have one of the more difficult to bring down running backs I've seen on tape in uh, one Mr. Nico Watson from uh, Western Illinois University. What's up? What's up? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, bro. So you just mentioned that you have a pro day coming up Northwestern. So we I, we definitely should should try to speak then. I I'll maybe try to be around uh, the lovely Evanston area. My sister went to Northwestern, so I'm very familiar with their campus. Uh, what was it that got you into that? I mean, I, they, they, Northwestern's not always. I'm not trying to you know take shots, but not always the most welcoming, I'll just put it that way, to, to outside prospects. How was it that you got in there? Oh, just uh, they do like a, for all the uh, like schools like Illinois State or like Southern Illinois, all the Illinois schools basically like if, like just because they can get extra money, they uh, they, they charge $100 to go to their pro day. So basically oh. they're making money from it anyway. Oh, that's, like, that's how, okay, that's how, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, they make it that much. Huh. Okay, so that must be relatively new because I, I I used to talk to their SID. This, this is their – they've changed. It's not the guy I used to talk to. It's a new SID. And it was tough. It used to be, at least, for guys, outside guys. So maybe they changed. Maybe that's what they did recently, probably in the last couple of years, maybe to get a little revenue stream going and to loosen it up. Well, that's good. Uh, it's yeah. a fairly well-attended pro day, so that should be good for you. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, that's why I want to get as close, much, uh, much exposure as possible and, and by me going there, and hopefully I can get U of I's. My coaches are helping me out with that one, so uh, hopefully just trying to get that U of I so I can get two pro days and, and, then, and then go from there. Perfect. Um, I have really just one or two more questions left, but I'm going to open it back up to Donovan and Jim to see if they might have any more questions before we transition fully to uh, to Kevon Frazier? Any other questions you guys might have for Nico? No, man. I, I just appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I wish you the best luck this off season. Hopefully, Bill can get out there and see you and bring bring you back on maybe um, during the draft process. And uh, good luck, man. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, same question for you, Jim. Do you have uh, a final question or two for Nico? Sure. Uh, well, I guess uh, the other question I was going to uh, ask uh, is in terms of what teams have kind of looked at you as, you know, you're running back, uh, are they just purely looking at you as a fullback just because of size type stuff or um, or is it just because of uh, – because I don't know, because a lot of times when they see a running back that's like 60, 240 pounds, 250 pounds, they, I don't know, they can go fullback, but then – We've seen guys like Marcel Reese and, you know, of course, Derrick Henry is in this class where, like, these are guys that are that big, and they feel okay with it. At least in Reese's case, they turn him into a fullback, but he's really a running back, whatever. Uh, so, but I was just wondering uh, what NFL teams have kind of looked at you as and, and, um, and that sort of stuff. If you've got any contact team. Uh, uh, it's really just like from a college. It's just kind of like college for real. Like I was looked at as an athlete in college, and basically, I mean, when it comes to the NFL, uh, they, uh, scouts they like people who can play multiple positions. So uh, I mean, if it's running back, fullback, H back, uh, anything that I can help the team, you know, it depends on what from uh, what offense you run too. So like definitely, if you if you run like a spread or something totally different from the norm. Uh, it's going to be different how you look at me. I mean, it's, it's all how I fit, how you think I fit draw. So, I mean, that's the scouting process when it comes to me. Okay. you have a follow-up from Jim? Oh, well, I guess, yeah, the, la- the last question I was going to ask uh, was uh, in, in terms of uh, – Types of players that you are a big fan of, uh, who would you say those, those types of players are? Whether it's that running back uh, position or, uh, or just you know players in general, um, whether it's NFL level or college level, et cetera. What, can you repeat that again? Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Guys, you like to watch. Guys, you might compare yourself to things like that. Favorite players. Uh, for guys I like to compare myself to, I I really would compare myself to. Uh, I like to compare myself to like Mike Tober the most uh, because he just yeah. uh, do everything type back, uh, and that's what I'm capable of. Everything that he does and how valuable he is to the Panthers. Uh, that's definitely the position that I'm looking to do. Like uh, he can run the ball, like goal line situations, like just. Just that type of offense and everything. That's the type of player I will like. Basically, like combine like that's a player that I definitely like uh, compare myself to. You nailed it. <laughs> I've been doing this a long time, Nico. I don't know if I've ever had a prospect be more accurate in their self-comparison than you just were. Well done. Appreciate it. Any other questions before I ask my final two questions, Jim? Uh, no, that's actually it. All I can say is uh, best of luck uh, to you. Hopefully the protein goes all right. Uh, you know, any, any, in, you know, injury snags or anything like that. I mean, that's the number one thing. Keep your body healthy, you know, through this process. Cause, you know, <laughs> yeah. Teams, I hate to say that, it's just a fact, man. Teams and small school guys and injuries, I mean, they're just like, eh, 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 about stuff like that. 
unfortunately. Uh, uh, unless so, your Carson wins, in which case they don't Unless your Carson wins, exactly. Unless they love you and they can't stop talking about you in the, in the, in the first round. <laughs> um, then injuries are something that kind of really, you know, in terms of the NFL, I mean, I don't know. But that, that, that's the only thing. Stay healthy, you know, don't, you know, work hard, but don't overdo it. You know, you know, it's like a kind of, you know, that sort of thing, I guess. So, Nico, you mentioned one of your goals was to run sub-4-6. Some track were between 4-5 and 4-6. I think, and this is just me talking based off tape, I think you're going to be around 4-5-8, which I think for yeah. you would be great. Now, what what is your current height and weight? Uh, right now, my current height and weight is uh, I'm 6 foot and I'm like 255. Yeah, you're big. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's one of the other reasons why I'm uh, up here at Chicago EFT is to uh, lose weight, too. So there, I still have, like, six more weeks till my pro day. So basically I, I'm up here losing weight. And my goal is to be 240 by my pro day so, so I can run a faster 40. So Yeah, I could see you – Somewhere in the 240s, 244, somewhere between 240 and 244, and running, you know, 458. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. So I think you are going to find your way and find a role. And you mentioned the exact kind of role I see you having one day when you mentioned Mike Colbert. That's exactly what I could see happening. I could see you being a guy that's sort of a combination, sort of short yardage big back, fullback, a guy they may even sometimes put in the slot, you know, to simply overpower a safety or things like that. Uh, I think that you're going to get a chance. You may have to knock around a few times, you know, maybe from this team to that team, from this practice squad to this 53-man roster. I mean, I'm just preparing you. I mean, is it, you're going to be one of those guys that have to contribute on special teams and fight you for a job, fight for a role. But I think you're going to find one. And I think eventually they're going to bring you back, you know, up there to, you know, to back on campus at Western. And I think they're going to, you know, retire your number. I mean, you, got, you had a great career. And I think at some point, you know, you're going to establish yourself as an NFL player, get a chance to come back to Western, get a chance to, you know, see uh, them look back on your accomplishments. And I, I want to know a little bit about – First of all, if they had a, a big old flat screen, you know, buy your jersey under glass and some of your game-worn cleats and gloves and helmets and things like that, and they wanted to show most succinctly, like most directly, what kind of player you were, is there a particular player or a particular game you think best shows, best exemplifies who you were as a player, Nico? And if so, what would that game or what would that play be? Um. I'll probably have to say uh, uh, going against um, Indiana State. Uh, we're down by 17, and I scored uh, uh, the last. I, I, I scored the last three touchdowns. Putin, uh, one of those touchdowns was in overtime to win the game, and uh, I just turned it up a notch in the second half to carry my team to a victory. Uh, and uh, I had one play. It was goal line. I think it was like 10 yards. Eight ten yards, and I ran through probably like four, like basically the whole team, like just to get the touchdown. And then 
and that that play alone just shows like the relentless of uh, the the how much how hungry I am just to score, just to win. You know, so I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win for my team. Uh, just uh, get that touchdown and and taking the game to overtime and getting the game with a touchdown overtime to prevail was that definitely shows a lot for my character. It just shows that you know I'll do whatever it takes to win, and if I got to the team double back, I do that. Perfect. I do want to thank you very much. And since I know you're in Chicago, um, I'm going to ask you to maybe direct message me, you know, a way to contact you because maybe I'll take you out to lunch or something. A nice, healthy, low-calorie lunch uh, since you're trying <laughs> to get down from 265 to a more running back-esque, big back-esque 240. Yeah, because you, you show up at a pro day at 255, everybody's right down fullback. They won't even be yeah. no running back talk at that point. <laughs> You know, you you better yeah, you better trim a little bit of that off because you get into the mid two fifties, closer to sixty. Now they're writing down things like flex guard. You know, they're they're trying to figure out you know ways to uh, to use you that may not involve getting the ball in your hands very often. So yes, uh, I, we'll have to definitely make sure we uh, we we run into each other. I've sent you an email uh, that has some okay. questions as well. If you respond to those in the next day or so, I'll use that to build out a profile for the, my all underappreciated team and a series of articles I write called Blue Light Specials, which is about uh, players that will be drafted late or undrafted who I think will make an impact at the next level. So once again, first of all, I thank you very much for your time and your attention and for your talents. You're fun to watch on tape. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on the uh, show. Certainly. Uh, Nico Watson, big back, power back, stumper, whatever term you want to use, but still a running back so far at least, uh, from – Western Illinois University, the Leathernecks. And if you haven't checked out his tape, it's done with watching. I'm going to transition to Kavon Frazier, who is a name that more people should know, and I think more people will know. Uh, first of all, Kavon, thank you so much for your time and for making your way to the show. Uh, oh, no, it's an honor to be on your show. And thank you for your patience. Uh, we, you know, we were making our transition. Uh you are a guy with an interesting athletic background. For those who don't know how you got introduced to football, uh, tell us. Tell us what it was that attracted you to this very difficult and sometimes painful game. Um. Well, actually, like like growing up, you know, uh, I was more of a basketball guy. Like, you yep. know, I loved the game of basketball. Uh, just my neighborhood of where I grew up in, in the, in the Eddie City of Grand Rapids, um, you know, we played a lot of basketball. We didn't really play a lot of football, but I still, you know, I got into football because one of one of my best friends, his dad was actually uh, the coach for a little league team. So, so that's exactly, that's how, uh, how I got into football. And then, you know, I went out one I went out uh, one year and tried out, and or it wasn't really a tryout. It was just like a practice, and you know, that's how I basically started playing. And first they had me at they all they actually had me at offensive line, and then uh, my cousin Eddie Riley who who been there basically basically my father figure you know basically he been every like almost on my little league practice everything he actually told the coach to move me to linebacker I mean to uh, not linebacker running back, and then you know that's 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 basically where my football uh, career started you know I started loving the game I like I. I liked it having the ball in my hands. So, you know, all growing up, I played running back and, like, either safety or linebacker. Um, 
Yeah, so that's basically how my my career started. Okay, got it. I'm going to open it up to my co-host. First of all, Kevon Frazier is one of the guys that, you know, obviously, one of my all underappreciated guys, but I think slowly but surely he's starting to get a little more appreciation. Uh, What questions might you have for Mr. Kevon Frazier from Central Michigan? How you doing? Hey, what's up, what's up, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my first question, I guess, is uh, who who would you say are the top coaches that you've had that have had the most impact in terms of your development as a player uh, at, at, in, uh, at the college level? Um, Yeah, at the college level, uh, you know, the first the first coach that I would say is Coach Bono, uh, Coach Bonamego. He was my head coach this past season for from from my last ten year. Um, yeah, it's just basically after seeing everything that he went through this summer with with battling uh, tonsil cancer, and you know he battled he battled tonsil cancer, and um, I don't know if y'all know one of one of our uh, our teammates died or, or passed away from cancer, and then our oh. strength coach, yeah, or our team doctor passed away shortly after that. So it was like all back to back and everything that he went through uh, after all that was said and done. And he had to battle cancer while, while uh, trying to prepare us for, um, for the season, because that was during a summer camp and we was getting ready to play. You know, we had, we had a tough schedule. So we had a tough schedule with Oklahoma state starting it off. And then uh, Michigan state a couple of games later in Syracuse. So, um, so yeah, just basically him, you know, find that off and and uh and uh still coming to most mostly every practice. Um, it basically told like it basically uh my thoughts was from that was like, you know, if he's fighting for his life, like, um it's only right that I fight on the field for him and, you know, for for my uh teammates. And then uh, another coach that you know, that had a big impact on me was was uh, Coach Collins. He was my position coach, uh, not this past season, but the year, the the two years before that, so my sophomore and junior year. Um, and he was the cornerback coach last season. Um, yeah, he was just he was just basically, um, basically, a, you know, he's a, a personal coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he's a player coach. So like you can go to him if something's going on or if you got a problem about something, you can always go to him. He's he's like the guy you go to about that and you know you know, he'll he'll give you his words of wisdom and you know, he'll just do basically anything he can he can do to uh, solve the problem or or to help you out, really. Yeah, that's that's gotta be a little test of your mental toughness. I I'd almost forgotten. I knew about two of those things. I remember um, what happened with your head coach, and I knew that um, you unfortunately had a, a – was it in the preseason? Was it right before the season that that he passed away? Yeah, this was like um, – how long ago was this? This was – yeah, it was It was definitely in this preseason. It was, it was after spring ball, so this was okay. like in the summer. It was, summer. It was like in the summer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it yeah, was like – yeah, yeah. Yeah, all this happened like within a span of like maybe two, three months, and then wow. you know, and before that, you know, Coach Bono just got there, so so it was like like we went through a coaching change, and then 
and then uh, Team Doctor died, and then um, and then uh, one of uh, our close brothers died, and then Coach Bono got cancer. So it was all like back to back to back. Did you see yourself as a leader on the team before that, or was that something that helped you to see yourself as a leader? Uh, you know, uh, just probably my uh, the previous three years, I was like, I was basically one of the guys, you know, in the, you know, I had the talent, but you know, I, I was never like, I I was more like soft spoken. I didn't really speak up as much. Uh, when there was a problem going on, I was just keeping myself in. But but yeah, definitely after after that happened, you know, we had to get get together and become more of a family. So I definitely uh. You know, I definitely started becoming more of a leader. Just you know, after that uh, little tough, tough like like few months that we had, it definitely uh, shaped me into more of a leader, um, on and off the field. Got it. And I believe we've been joined by Great eBay. Is that Great who's joined us? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I don't know if you may already know Kavon, but this is Kavon Frazier, Central Michigan. We have Great eBay of Eastern Michigan. Oh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I I met him face to face, but yeah, we 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 uh we face each other on the field a few times. Okay, I understand. I understand. Well, two two fascinating prospects. Uh, so first of all, I'm sure you've told this story thousands of times, but I'm going to ask. I guess it'd be a thousand and one. Uh, what is the story of your name, Great? I'm assuming that, and of course, I have friends who are from. Uh, Africa or of African parents, and very often they'll have names like Prosperous or Wonderful or um, Charity or Hope or things like that. So w- what's the story behind your name? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's traditional for a lot of Nigerians to have, like, a Nigerian mm-hmm. name and then an American name. Right. Uh, my, so what is, my, your, my what is your – now, are your, are, your, are your parents Igbo or are your parents um... – Yeah, they're Igbo. We're Igbo. Igbo, okay. Okay, that's the same so. place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my original my first name is Kelichuku and that means the Lord is great or like praise the mm-hmm. Lord. And uh my middle name's great, so yeah, that's how it's just always came. So you decided you decided after people probably took a hatchet to Kelichuku a few times, you're like, Okay, I'm gonna go with great. No, I mean really just growing up it's always been unless it was like a family friend or someone who was Nigerian it was always I'd always go by great. So uh Telechuku oh. is just a family thing or like, you know, in a serious mm-hmm. matter or something. Uh, uh like yeah. if you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um if you're like any of the Igbo parents, if your parents are like any of the Igbo parents I've known, I'm assuming your parents are very serious about education. Yes, they are. Yeah. I have a lot of cousins that like graduated college at like nineteen twenty and <laughs> yeah. like you know what I mean a lot of smart people so. And so they're looking at you, you know, twenty two, it's like what have you been doing with your life? Right, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean they I mean it's all about just staying in your own lane. Like a lot of people are there if that school stuff is what they do then they're really serious about it. But everybody's just passionate about their own thing, you know, so they respect that football grind and stuff like that. And, you know, I respect them being doctors and all that other stuff. <laughs> I like to put that. I respect them being doctors. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a bad thing to do, I guess. Uh, right. So how did you how did you convince your parents 
to allow you to go sort of in this direction as opposed to being an engineer or a doctor or something like that? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it was actually, it's actually a funny story, but, uh, you know, go, get, getting ready to come out of high school, the plan, or at least for my mom, was for me to go and be a uh, physician's assistant or, like, you know, so, like, being go to a certain school for about, like, six years, get my – uh, bachelor's and then start working towards that. And uh, when I, right when I turned 18, I signed my letter of intent to go to Concordia, uh, kind of like behind their backs, and then told them, like, yeah, I'm about to go to Michigan. So, yeah. It was cool. Wait, hold on. Great. You said behind their backs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, like, I was, I turned 18 and I knew. I didn't really need anybody's signature other than my own to go to school <laughs> to do my own thing. So I just, you know, I mean, I kind of did it, and then I told him, like, yeah, like, this is the plan. See, this sounds like one of those situations where they would have called you Kelochuku. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, she was, like, they were, like, my mom was frustrated, but uh, she, like, knew that I was, you know, when I'm passionate about something or when I want something, I'm going to do it. So I feel like she might have been, like, you know, caught off guard, but at the end of the day, she she might have knew it was coming eventually. Okay. Well, right. first of all, congratulations on having survived that situation. I guess football's not that hard <laughs> if you could if you could convince Ebo parents to let you go in a different right. direction from the one that they'd planned. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, jump back over to, uh, to Mr. Frazier. So how did you end up First of all, I guess how'd you tell me about your high school career and your recruitment, and then how you ended up uh, deciding on uh, Central. Yeah, um, yeah, with my high school career, um, like my first, my first, my well, my first year I played freshman. My second year I was a sophomore in varsity, only playing safety. And my third year I was the second string running back, and I played safety. And my last year I was running back, and I played linebacker. So, like, they didn't know or we didn't know what I was going to play in college, uh, to be honest. And, you know, I still had the basketball dream. You know, I, actually, I was going to I was gonna uh, quit playing football after my sophomore year. And when we got our new – and when we got our new – I was going to quit and, and uh, just focus on basketball. And just focus on basketball. And when we got um, our new coach, Coach Fellows, come in, Coach, coach Don Fellows, he, um, he talked me into keep playing football. So, so you know, I played that one year and I liked his system and you know he he just put the love uh, or he he like it's kind of like he injected the love of football in me basically uh, it's just the way of how he ran the program and you know everything it was just it was more like a family um, and then uh, yeah so so that's when my recruiting process started he actually started taking me to camps you know all growing up I never went to none of them camps, and I really only went to, like, maybe three camps. I went to Western Michigan, Akron, and Central Michigan, and I didn't have no other offers. Well, no, and I did go to Michigan State. I didn't have no other offers um, besides Central Michigan, so that's basically how I ended up at Central. So not even offers from smaller schools like Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech, Ferris State, that kind of thing? Nope, nope, uh, huh. no, none of them even, you know, I never got any 
mail from none of, like like I was getting mail from like you know Big Ten schools and stuff like you know the general letters uh, that they send everybody, but but like <laughs> you know the only people that that really showed complete interest was uh, Central Michigan and Michigan State showed a little bit. You know I went I went to like all uh, their games one year. And you know they brought me in their locker room, but they never really offered uh, Michigan. I mean, Central Michigan was the only uh, school that offered. Well, I guess that simplifies the decision-making process, doesn't it? Come on. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Uh, made it a lot easier to pick to pick a school to go to. Mr. Ebay, same question. Uh, tell us about your high school career and how did you figure out where you were going to continue your, your education and your athletic career? Yeah, well, uh, for me, you know, I went to high school in uh, Maryland, and that's uh, not as big of a football state or, you know, environment in general. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the options and, like, avenues that a lot of people went through I didn't even know about, like, going to camps. I didn't even go to any camps in high school. Uh, I came from an average team. I think we were about four and seven or six and, you know, like, just average. We weren't good or we weren't that bad. But I was uh, honorable mention in All-State my senior year, but I really didn't have any offers at all. I think – So not Shepard, even from, like, Towson State, places like that? No, nothing, nothing at all, for real. I, I mean, I had sent out, like, a whole highlight tape to everybody, but didn't really get any buzz back. One of my friends was getting interest from Concordia, and I just asked for the coach's number, sent them my tape, and then they offered me, like, $5,000. And uh, I was like, oh, well, that's where I'm going to go. You know, obviously, you know, <laughs> I thought that was a, a little bunch of money. I signed my uh, letter of intent, and then – um came out here like in June or something, you know, it was kind of just a fast process. Really wasn't, you know, I didn't really not that long, nothing special. It was just didn't even visit out here. That was where I got interest from. That's where I got interest from, and uh, so that's where I went. Okay. So, once again, it sounds like both of you had a really quick process. It wasn't like juggling five or six offers and going from visit to visit? No. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to open it back up to my co-host, Donovan or Jim. Do you guys have questions either for Kavan or for Mr. Great Ebay? Yeah, I'm going to ask Kavon. This is Donald James here. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Um, why do you think the recruiting process was kind of like that? You know, I guess both of you guys can answer that. Um, the light recruitment, you know, you mentioned only having a couple offers. Central Michigan was the only school really hard on you. Um, well, why do you think that was? Um, You know, I mean, I feel like the uh, talent in Grand Rapids is – is overlooked, you know, in general. Uh, you know, you don't really see too many. You don't really see too many people uh, that come out of Grand Rapids, and well, at least when I mean it, it started picking it up uh, lately. But you know, at least at least when when I was in high school, you didn't really see see too many people coming out or, or coming out and uh, and going Division One for football. You you would more likely see it in basketball. 
Um, but and another reason probably could be that you know I didn't really go to too many camps uh, until like or until like going into my senior year. That's when I that's when I went to all my camps going into my last year. So yeah, I think I think uh, those two was the main the main two reasons why uh, why um, I was I was more so overlooked and in high school. Yeah. See, Donovan's a recruiting guy. I'm just beginning to realize just how important this whole camp thing is, I guess. Uh, because you said that prior to the camps, you had nothing. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had nothing. Um, I actually went to, I went to a central Michigan. Well, our coach, our uh, coach, he had, he, uh, one of his close friends, uh, worked at central Michigan, uh, his name was Kyle Nystrom. He he was actually the guy who recruited me. He um he was a linebacker coach at Central Michigan, and he and our coach put us in a seven on seven at Central. So you know we did a seven on seven there, and that's when I was playing running back and linebacker. But just for the seven on seven, they put me at safety. You know they put me at safety and wide receiver. So so I was out there running routes, and then shortly after that is when I got my is when I got my offer. Hmm. Interesting. And then for you, great, as you said, Maryland is obviously, I mean, you guys are in Maryland, and they do they do have camps there at, at Maryland, and then Towson I know does. Uh, I know West Virginia recruits that state pretty thoroughly, and Virginia Tech and UVA. Right. So as you said, it's not, it's not like you're in New Jersey, you're not in Texas, you're not in Ohio, you're not, you're not even in Virginia. Uh, you are in, but I mean, Maryland has guys coming out of there. Um, it's right. just that they don't, they don't often stay home. Um, a lot right. of the guys who come up, a lot of the top guys from Maryland that are leaving uh, to go either to another ACC school. Though, you know, I think Maryland's beginning to change that. I mean, I guess Donovan can answer that best. He's the recruiting guru. I think Maryland's having one of its better years in recent, in recent memory, right, Donovan? They were until doing Haskins and those guys. Oh. Uh, Oh, Left, right, so yeah. we don't know yet. We'll see. They're at the way to signing day. Really, see, they lost two, lost the four, two four stars. So they might be losing a couple more. We'll see what happens uh, in the next few days. Yeah, right. That's Both true, guys I in guess. Maryland, yeah, they don't stay. Um, Ohio State, they don't stay. Ohio, yeah. Ohio State, right? Ohio State has a couple of Maryland guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are going to do a fine job. It might not be this year, but it'll do a fine job. We'll do right. I trust them. <laughs> right. It's. The big ones, I guess, are what, like Good Counsel and Damatha, I guess, or a couple of the. Yeah, they still got guys, man, and they got two Damatha Catholic uh, get guard and a tackle from there um, that are staying put. Um, they got a couple of DC guys, in as well, which is you know right right down the street basically. So <laughs> I guess I mean I, I, I'm not sure exactly how far it is, but um, I'm sure it's not that far. <laughs> you know, it's not really down the street. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Both you guys, both uh, you, Kevon, and you, Great, quickly, quickly went through your process, as you said, in terms of uh, recruitment. But before we depart high school altogether, I'll, I'll ask you first, Kevon, and then you, Great, who were the best guys you ran into while you were growing up, uh, guys you may have faced when you were younger or even when you got to high school? Who are some of the best other players you ever played with or against? Um... One or the best player uh, that I played with or and against, you know, in practice uh, was probably a guy named Andre Davis. Uh, not, mm-hmm. that, not that many people know about him. Uh, he actually passed away a few years back. Um, oh, wow. 
Yeah, he passed away a few years back. Um, but but not too many people know about him. He was like a two hundred, probably sixty pound running back that can at Ooh. least run a four. He can at least run a four five five. Like like he can at least run a four five. So so yeah, he you know he was quick on the street and and yeah, that was one of my close friends too. So you know I grew up with him wow. kind of. Yeah, I grew up with him. So so yeah, he was he was probably the best player that I played with. Um. The best, the best couple players that I played against um, was a guy. I I don't know if you guys know uh, Kurt Spencer from mm-hmm. he 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 went to um, Grand Valley. He went to Grand Valley. I think this past season was actually his last. Was it was actually his last season at Grand Valley? He played running back. I played him my sophomore. I think it was my sophomore. Yeah, my sophomore year. And and you know I was a young guy out there. It was just hard for me to tackle him, kind of. So yeah, those those both running backs was 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 it was definitely two of the, the best people I played with or against. Okay, got it. Same question for you, Greg. Who were the best guys you ever played with or against while you were in high school or growing uh, yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. In high school, we had this guy on my team uh, who ended up going to Miami of Ohio, and uh, he uh, his name was Mwanza Mumbalumba. He was a defensive end, like running back. Well, like two thirty, being just a, like a freaking like you know what I mean to, for being like sixteen, like two thirty, you know what I mean, just grown. And then I also played against Josh Furman, who went to Michigan, and then I think transferred somewhere else. But he also played in my conference in high school, and I know he was in the NFL last year or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Greg, you mentioned that much like with. Um, but come on, you didn't have a whole lot of things going on in your recruitment process. When you got to campus, what was your big wake-up call? What was your big welcome-to-college moment that let you know that you weren't in high school anymore? Well, you know, I played uh, defensive end in high school, and then uh also feel like that was a big, like, reason why I wasn't, you know, I recruited just because I'm, I'm, like, six, I was six foot, like, 190, you know, trying to play defensive end. But I also played defensive end my first year of college at Concordia. And uh, I remember that was, like, the first inaugural year of that uh, university having a football team. And we played in, like, the toughest, like, NAIA division. Like, it was – we had, like, number one, number two, number five, and, like, number seven all in our conference. And, you know, it was, like, a bunch of, like, young guys on my team. I remember, like, the first play, they ran, like, a play that we knew uh, that they were going to do, and, you know, it was my play to make. And, like, I just remember being, like, right there. And then, like, it just happened so fast. I was, like, you know, I didn't even make the play. And then I just remember going to the sideline, like, damn, like, college football is just fast. And, you know, you got to be decisive <laughs> and on your yeah. toes. So that was, like, a big wake-up call for me was just the speed of the game. But – it was so something they had you. Used. You said they had you playing defensive end as a freshman. What did you weigh at that point? I was still only like. I mean, this is. I was at Concordia. I was probably about two oh five, maybe tops. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I mean, I was that. I had a good year, you know, as a freshman. Uh, and like you know, like I, I think I had like thirty two tackles for loss, and like ninety tackles as a defensive end. So. It wasn't. It wasn't like I was getting bullied or anything out there. 
film. I mean, that's crazy production. How did you manage to do that despite being so undersized? Well, I mean, I think the biggest learning uh, experience for me, and I'm sure Kayla could uh, also, like, you know, back it up, is just that you realize from high school to college that you can beat a lot of guys if you just really have, like, an effort to get to the ball. You know, I think a lot of people, if it's not exactly to them, then they just feel like it's not their play to make. But I think the biggest learning experience was learning, like, look, I could take other people's plays. You know, I could do just because it's not – a play that's coming my way doesn't mean I can't make the play. So I think that's how I, like, was able to be productive, even though I was smaller or even though, like, it was, I was just at defensive end, you know, chasing plays from the backside and, you know, just having good effort. Okay. And tell me about sort of what your, your thought process was after that. Like, you had this amazing season. What were you thinking was going to, ha- going to happen to you next at that point? Well, even, even like, with me going to that school, the plan was always to be a Division One athlete. Uh, I just wanted to take the best avenue. You know, I, I didn't really know about JUCO schools at the time, but I knew that, you know, if I could pr- prove that I could play and, like, dominate at a young age or, like, whatever stage I was on that, you know, somebody would be interested for me to be, you know, at a Division One school, you know. So after the season, I made a highlight tape and sent, like, and, you know, got my game film and sent it out to, like, basically almost every school and uh, got an email back from, like, Coach Hart, uh, who I think was at Central for a while, like, who ended up leaving, like, for two after two years at Eastern and going to Central. But he was the recruiting coordinator, hit me up, and that offered me the opportunity to walk on, like, when school started. So, yeah. So, now you and I can bond a little bit. Uh, I've had the experience of being a walk-on. It's, right. uh, how do I put this? It's, <laughs> it's sort yeah, of no, like... Yeah, it's sort of like there's a dance, right? And there's all these pretty girls, and they're dancing, and they've already promised to dance with all these other people, and then someone lets you into the dance, but all the pretty girs are already dancing with somebody else. And so you sort of stand over here by the wall, hoping (laughs) that when everybody else is finished dancing with the pretty girls, maybe one of them will dance with you. Right. No, I I feel like my experience with, you know, I think it was was definitely – humbling and, uh, you know, you kind of, it's like since they don't have money invested in you, you know, your opportunities are thin, your, you know, your window of opportunities are thin, like everything is just, you know, everything is, it's not as like easy for you to be successful, but, you know, and it was my first and it was even twice as hard because it was my first time playing linebacker. And I was, like, trying to learn a new position while also proving, you know, that I belong at this, you know, at this level. So it was definitely challenging for me. Now, you had played some linebacker before, right? Or at least a little bit, right? Or had you? Well, like, uh, I mean, I I was stood up and, like, kind of roamed, but I was never a linebacker, never knew, like, football. Wow. Yeah, so it was – I literally was learning, like, a foundation of how to play this position. Yeah. So, so here's what's on your plate. You're transferring, which 
for people who've never transferred, that's a pain in the butt by itself. Forget the football. Forget everything else. Transferring is a pain. Right. You got to figure out what classes and which ones will and which ones won't transfer over and get transcripts together and get them evaluated. You've got to figure out where you're going to live, you know, all of this stuff. You got to right. get financial aid. You got all that stuff to figure out. You are trying to walk on for football at a school where, as you pointed out, they're not, I mean, yeah, fine, come walk on. We like you, but it's, it's like. It's not love. It's like. And, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be a walk-on if it were love. And then you add on to that that you're trying to go from being a 205-pound defensive end. Now, what do you weigh by this point? Are you like 215, 220? What, do you, what is your weight by this point? Yeah, well, when I, when, right when I first started walking on, I was about 210, 215. Okay. And now you're trying to learn to play linebacker, which you've never really done before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a load of fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a challenge. There's definitely yeah. a lot to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably, like, one of, the, like, the best experiences as far as, like, making me the player I am today. You know, you just don't really take anything for granted, you know. Every every opportunity that you get or, like, even, like, some things where I feel like a lot of, like, highly recruited athletes, they kind of feel like they deserve certain things or certain things are just given to them, you know. Like, I remember, like, not, like, getting money, not getting books, not getting, you know what I mean, being able Food. to with the scene, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, everything, yeah, you know. By that, by the end of, like, the first season, like, you know, in the winter, I probably have lost, like, about 20 pounds, 25 pounds, just because, you know, didn't have enough money to, like, eat and, like, do, <laughs> you know what I mean, for, like, being Yeah, like, no, I do know. People don't, don't understand that, like, the training table right. is for scholarship athletes. <laughs> well, Jesus. So, it was tough. But, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do anything different, you know. Okay. Right. Well, like I said, um, that's the one thing you and I can bond on. I've, I've been a walk-on as well. <laughs> and, uh, right. yes, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a test of one's seriousness about football and life. I mean, all those things they, they sort of put into, um, into place for you if you're a scholarship athlete. And not to say that's easy either. I mean, that's tough in its own way, but you add on to that the extra added burden of not having certain things provided to you and you having to figure it out on your own. Yeah, I, my hat's off to anybody who manages not only to walk on but then actually become an impact player. I was never that. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, somewhere around six on the depth chart my entire time. All right. Uh, so, like I said, my hat's definitely off to you. I'm going to jump back to uh, to Kavan. So, similar situation. I mean, not you're not a walk-on, but I'm guessing you were pretty far down the depth chart when you first got to uh, the Central as well. Is that correct? Um, yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, I was taking string. I was I played as a true freshman, so oh, okay. yeah, so I was not so far out. Yeah, I was taking string. I played as a true, a true freshman, but I played um. Mostly, well, yeah, I played mostly special teams my first uh, year. I started probably like four games my first year. Just, what, just is, what, exactly did you, what exactly did you do on special teams? Because I was L3 on 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 uh, kickoff coverage. What did you do on special teams? Yeah, I was, you know, I was kick. I was on kickoff. Uh, I was probably, what was I? 
don't know. I was like the fold guy, so I was so I was like straight mm-hmm. to the ball. Um, yeah, I was I was on kickoff, punt, punt return, and I was the front line on kick return. So I did I I did every special team my my first couple mm-hmm. years or my first year actually, and then second year, and then it just kept uh, winding down to little by little. Okay. I hope you've kept some of your special team skills <laughs> because I, I'm sure you know that that's you're going to be back to doing that again when you get to the next level. Oh no 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 definitely uh you know I even this past year I played I played uh two special teams uh I was initially on all of them but but um right before the season or right before you know the first game they took me off. Uh, two of them just because you know I was I was starting at safety too, and they didn't want to like 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 kill me out there on the field. So yeah, in this past season I still I still uh I still played punt and punt return this past season, and you know I, uh, I'm sure you know uh, our head coach was a special team coordinator at, in yep. the NFL for 25 years, so he came and he taught us everything about every special team that we need I to know. You're going to be have a huge advantage when you get to OTAs or a lot of these guys who have limited or sometimes no special teams experience. Oh yeah, yeah. We would have like special team practices, like a like a full day of just special teams. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Okay. I'm going to open it up once again to to Donovan. Uh, do you have questions for either Great or Kavan? Um. Question for Gavon actually is about kind of off the field. Um, I noticed your GPA was really, really high. Um, throughout your, hey, you know, maintaining guys, that high both GPA. Both guys, both these guys are bright guys. Well, but to both of them, I guess. Then, um, you know, uh, if this doesn't work out, you know, I hope it does. But if it doesn't work out, what would you guys like to do um, outside of the game of football? Um, you know, you know, like, yeah. If this don't work out, you know, I always told myself I want to give back to. Uh, to uh, the children, you know, um, I, I went to school for child development. I graduated with a degree in child development. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I want to like like start start like some type of mentoring program to to give back to children who who think that uh, reaching a great or their dreams is not possible because you know I was I I wasn't like the most fortunate kid growing up. You know, we were struggling. We was in poverty, but I was in poverty. But um, but 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 thing that set me out, uh, you know, I, di- I didn't have, like, or my dad wasn't always there, but the thing that helped me was I went to a Christian school where I had um, a lot of, of different father figures from my friends. So, you know, you know, their their father figures or their fathers became my father figure, and they, like, and they, like, uh, had a huge impact on me growing up. So, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I want to, you know, I want to give back to children. That's great. That's great. I mean, same, same question for you. Same question for you, uh, Mr. Ebay. What What do you envision? I mean, at some point, football's over for for all of us, and usually sooner rather than later. But but what what will you do with the rest of your life in terms of your training and education? Yeah. Um. I, for me, I feel like I'm always going to be involved in football, even though I won't play. I already have like you know old coaches that's offered me. Uh, grad assistant position. So after I'm done playing, you know, probably 
coach as a grad assistant or assistant on a team, hopefully a college team, and, you know, be able to impact, like, people's lives, teach them football, and, you know, help people become successful while also being successful myself is important. Wow. That's great. (laughs) That is absolutely great. Okay, so you guys both finally – well, you – I guess in the case of you, great, you're at your second institution. For those who don't know, uh, obviously NAIA is one of those – I have to explain NAIA to a lot of people. Uh, the NAIA and the NCAA are separate institutions. The NAIA largely deals with uh, schools that are faith-based, not all, but many of whom are faith-based institutions, usually smaller institutions, private institutions. Um, the NCAA is more mixed. Obviously, there are some faith-based institutions. There's NCAA. There's some that are large, some that are small. It's a more diverse and larger association of schools. Uh, so there's an extra added complication because you're coming from an NAIA school. Um, you're coming from a lot of different things. So tell people what your – so we talked about sort of welcome to college. Now, what was the difference between welcome to NAIA and what's your welcome to – even though you're a walk-on, you're welcome to, quote-unquote, big-time college football. What was the, the moment where you realized, okay, I'm not in NAIA school anymore? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I think the the biggest thing, wake-up call would have just been, like, my high school was bigger than Concordia. And, uh, <laughs> right. You know, I was kind of, like, getting used to, like, everybody knowing who you were on, like, the second day. And, uh, you know, like, just seeing everybody's face in the first week, you know, it's kind of just different. Uh, and then coming to Eastern, it was just a big, bigger environment. Uh, my first lecture hall and being around like 200 kids in like one mm-hmm. class was a big deal or like a big change for me. So you know it was it was a it was a change, but I mean school is cool. I think that the facilities were the biggest uh, difference for me though, like seeing like a weight room, like a Division One weight room, compared to what we had at Concordia. <laughs> right. It was more like a big like at a health club weight room as opposed to, you know, when you walk into it's a weight room as in, oh, you know, like it's a room room, you know, it's like you could, you could, you could go for a while without running into the walls. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think at Concordia, they had a dorm that they just cleared all the rooms out and on the top floor, they put a couple uh, weight benches and stuff like that and, <laughs> it, was just, it, wasn't anything, it wasn't like it was meant to be a weight room. Right. But, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. I mean, but while I was at Concordia, it wasn't like we complained about it. You know, you kind of don't know until like. Right. You, know, you don't know if you don't know. Yeah. Right. You, right. Yeah. It's all the same if you don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just happy with what you got. You just deal with it. And then you go somewhere else and you're like, oh, this is what they have over here. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know. <laughs> Uh, so tell me about your – okay, so you, you make the transition, obviously, great. You you transfer, you uh, you got to get to know – I mean, just the location, right? I mean, how did you how, – how did you even get to know – how long did it take you to, like, sort of learn your way around Ypsilanti and get to know teammates? And who did you first bond with in terms of friends or coaches? Well, I had a good relationship with uh, Coach E, who was the head coach. I mean, it was it kind of just started off with me being intimidated because, I mean, you know, the first speech as a walk-on, I'm sure you remember, is just kind of like, don't mess up. 
So, you know, I was like, whenever I saw I'd just be like, you know, you know I, whenever I was seeing it, would just be like, okay, you know, just, just be cool. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Just mind your business. And then uh, the more I started playing at Eastern and he was, you know, and he made the change to become the D coordinator, uh, we started becoming closer. He wanted to teach me how to play linebacker. And, you know, when you play in a five-set defensive end, you don't really know the defense. You know, your knowledge isn't, you know, you don't care what coverage you're doing or what the safeties are doing or linebackers. You just really <laughs> yeah. You know, right. if you got to something or if you got to uh, read, you know, option kind of thing. So when I step back to linebacker, you know, you got to know the D-line, you got to know what the safety is, the corners, where your help is. So that was a lot for me to take in. And learning that, you know, and learning how to, you know, to actually like football, like, because, you know, I just like running around and hitting people. Like, now I actually like <laughs> the – I like the, the mind games. You know, like, what's, what's a coach going to go in and adjust at halftime kind of thing, you know, or why we're doing something, you know, so – that was the biggest, you know, thing that I learned, and that was – and Coach E was one of the biggest people who, like, kind of influenced me when I first got there, uh, you know. And that was a big part of my success even today, you know. I want to explain to people, there's you playing defensive end and then playing linebacker, playing corner and then playing safety. So if you're playing uh, defensive end, it's like someone has said to you, hey, you see this little part of the block right here from, you know, where this parked car is to this fire hydrant. Could you control everything that goes on between that parked car and that fire hydrant? Right. And that's what it's like to play defensive end. Then you talk about playing linebacker. It's like, can you watch everything that happens on this entire block? Just watch the whole block. Yeah. yeah okay, no, exactly. sure. Okay, right. Then yeah. you go to play corner, and it's like, hey, could you watch this corner? I mean, it's, that's a, it's a perfect name. Because that's what you're doing. You're watching the corner. Like, this is – watch everything that happens on this corner. If anybody comes over here, you know, keep a good eye on them. Then they put you at safety. And uh, I'm sure Caval will back me up on this. I played a little bit of safety. It's like, you're hey, this is high-rise building we want you to monitor. Here's all of these TV screens. Just watch everything. <laughs> yeah. Would, would that be a fair description of what it's like playing safety? Yeah, that's very accurate. So, yes. Uh, it's a, I mean, people don't understand. People just sort of casually throw around, well, just move him to safety. Oh, we'll just move him to – you don't understand what you're saying when you say that. Right. Your whole world is different. I think I think that the biggest thing is, is you know, because football is football, and, you know, athleticism is kind of the easiest part of football. I think the hardest thing, for me mm-hmm. at least, with my awareness of, like, the game and what was going on, you know. When you're only watching, like, a car, you know, you're not really worried about everything else that's going on around you. You're just, like, lasered in on this, you know, on this one part. So, like, stepping back and, like, having to be on the same page with, like, a safety and a corner and, you know, knowing the alignment of a wide receiver in case I might get cracked, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's little things was, I think, the hardest part instead of, like, just playing football because, you know, you could just go get to the ball no matter what. But, like, the awareness part kind of was the biggest deal for me. I'm sure both of you have heard this before. Tell me if you've heard this before. If it's going on in front of you, it's probably going on behind you. You heard this before? 
Well, repeat it again. This is one of the things that my old D coordinators always say. If it's going on in front of you, it's probably going on behind you. Meaning that, hey, right. that little you know, that little thing they're doing to get you to pay attention to what's going on in front of you, while while you're staring <laughs> at that, there's some the same thing is going on behind you and you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, no, and no, I never, I never heard that one. Oh, really? As above, so below, right? Uh, don't take the cheese, uh, but yes, yeah, yeah, it's true. You're, you're, like, you get a like a drag in front of you, and you just want to drive on it, and then there's uh-huh. coming up behind you. Yeah, and there's a deep, right, a deep in cut right where you used to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, coaches do not like that as I'm sure you, you'll call experience. It's like, hey, what happened there? What, what, don't take the cheese. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Coach Cadillac Harris, wherever you are, I will never forget the things you used to scream at us. So the um, both of you get a chance to come in. One of you gets a chance to play pretty early on, obviously. Tell me about your journey up the depth chart, right? Obviously, um, come on, you – like you said, you, you were making an impact pretty quickly. How did you start to move the depth chart, and when did you first start to get some, some actual playing time ready? Yeah, I mean, I was – it was – you know, I'm blessed when I think back on my career at Eastern. You know, I got there, and I wasn't a preferred walk-on, and I had to nope. show up like week three. You were just a good old-fashioned old-school yeah, like, walk-on. Yeah, you know, so it was it was at first, you know, very frustrating, like – New drills, new terminology, and uh, but I had opportunity on scout team to immediately make an impact on how the team played because I think you know scout team is just as important as the starters is their preparation and who's actually preparing them for the game because I think a good scout team will make the game easy. So. Mm-hmm. On scout team, I had opportunities. I won scout team player of the week multiple times. And by the time spring ball started, I was already in with the ones and twos, and I had already earned a scholarship. And then by the the fall of next year, I was a starter on the team. So uh, my journey was, you know, I mean, I, obviously I had to redshirt that first year because I transferred, but right. I immediately played my redshirt sophomore year all the way through my redshirt senior year. Which is beyond impressive. I was never more than a special teamer in my entire career. So that that that's like I said, my hat's off to you. Uh, Thank you. So for you, come on, slightly different story. You're you're seeing the field early on early on, but you're learning you're having to learn like I said, how to see the world differently. Uh what helps you to make that transition to seeing different things, you know, playing safety, playing linebacker, playing different spots. How did you make the transition? And what would you say are the things that you would say you liked about one position versus playing a different position? Um, well, uh, as you, I don't, well, I don't know if you noticed, um, my head coach in high school was actually a college coach. So, so the transition from high school to college wasn't as hard for me just because, uh, he brought the college atmosphere and he brought, you know, he brought the college terminology, all that, um, oh. Into high school, so so yeah, it was a little bit easier uh, adjusting from high school to college. Um, I'll probably I, I would probably say when I really realized that 
like, dang, this this is college football is when, you know, I played with Le'Veon Bell my freshman year when the, it was like our home opener when they came in to, yeah, it was our home opener. Uh, Le'Veon Bell of Michigan State came in there, and that was the first touchdown I ever got scored on me playing the safety position. So, so do you, yeah, do I mean, you remember yeah. what the do you remember what the play was and what your responsibilities yeah, were? Uh, I was just man to man. It was in uh in the tight end. It was a, I was I was guarding the tight end. I don't remember who the tight end. It was Sims. Yeah, I think his last name is Deion Sims. Wow, that's yeah. a big old boy. Yes, I remember Deion him. Deion Sims. Deion Sims. Yeah, and, and you know it was just a simple. You know, I think he just ran like a simple, a simple out route, and you know, I was, uh, you know, a big thing about playing man to man is your eyes, and my eyes really wasn't on him. I was looking, I was, I was watching the quarterback throw the ball. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I drove on it, and because I was watching the quarterback, I drove. You know, I took the wrong angle, and then angle. by the time he caught the ball, I, I was a little bit behind him. He was a big boy. So I tried, you know, I still tried to, you know, I still tried to uh, wrap and roll tackle, but he was, he was too big, so I just kind of like slid off from him. But he went and scored a touchdown. Yeah, um, you, Deion Sims on a good day is about two fifty eight, so you got to yeah. be, you got to hit him exactly right, or else it's going to be what you'll be in his, in his highlight reel is what's going to happen if you don't. Yep. Uh, yeah, but definitely was right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big, that's a big, big man. Um, and it's funny because as soon as you said what you're doing with your eyes, I knew, and it's, I'm, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but using your eyes because your your body will follow your eyes. Your eyes are doing right. this. Even if you think you're running this way, you're not. You're running on a slightly bent angle instead of straight on the straight angle that you should be taking because your body can't help but follow your eyes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The defensive back, your eyes is is Everything. one of the most. Yeah, eyes is the most important thing you can. You know, is the most important thing you can have as defensive back. Yeah. Um. So tell me about how film study changed for you. Um. So come on, when you come up from high school, I mean, you know, you study film when you're in high school, but you don't study study. I mean, you hey, you say hey, oh, I look good, you know, or, oh, I made a good right. play there, you know, that kind of thing, or oh, I messed that up. But you're not really studying tape. You're just sort of looking to see what you're doing. What happened yeah. when you What happened when you got to college in terms of what you did differently or learned about uh, tape study, film study? Yeah, um, yeah. High school, we we, we used to watch. I, I mean, since we had a college coach, he he actually bought watching film. Like we watched, we we actually watched him a lot. But oh, good. you know. Even though in high school I I didn't take it seriously just because uh-huh. I really wasn't I wasn't messing up too often. So I was just so I would just like sit back and relax while I while everybody was watching film basically. <laughs> but um yeah, and, and that's one thing and that's one thing I regret as I got into college because that carried over into college. Um my first two years, you know, I had I I did have the young mindset, um, you know, the young freshman sophomore mindset, you know, since you know, I I was like one of the only people that played as a freshman and all my peers around me they wasn't playing so so you know they was they was doing stuff going out while I, you know I was I, I should have been watching film and and doing a little bit of extra stuff to help the team out, but um yeah I had a you know you know I had a young mindset my first two years and that's and that's one thing that I that's that's probably the only thing that I regret from mm. from my uh from from my college career I think I I think I um 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think I took advantage of my first two years like I should have. Hmm. So if you could go back and talk to 18-year-old Kayvon and be like, look, son, you can always go out with your friends. <laughs> you only get one shot to become the best college athlete you can be. And you would probably tell yourself to spend a little more time on your craft. Is that what you advice you'd give yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely um, the main thing that I would uh, tell myself. You know, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of a tough one. I never really thought about what what I would uh, tell myself you, when I, I'm just coming to college. But yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably uh, tell myself to get ready and you know uh, make the most of every play and 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 actually take advantage of like watching film because that's what it's there for to 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 prepare you for the game. Yeah, I feel. I feel like, you know, I was ready, you know, I was ready for the games, but, you know, I was ready. It was just like a mindset, like I was ready. I was ready to play, but I wasn't actually prepared to play the games. And I think that 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 was a problem when I was on the field. But, you know, I, I still had a pretty good freshman, sophomore year. You know, mm-hmm. I, had, I had three picks my sophomore year. I had a pick six my freshman year. Actually, very Eastern Michigan, actually. But, um, but. But yeah, so but I think I think um I think I think I would have had even better year a better year a couple of years if I would have actually took film seriously. Okay. And and obviously for you great, you're also making a position switch and even a more dramatic one to some extent. What did what what role did watching film have for you? And tell me about a play that you made in your career that you made based on tape studies, you made because you spotted something, whether it be a particular formation or motion or, or uh, tendency on tape. Yeah. So uh, for me, learning, watching film uh, just came naturally because I had to learn the position, you know, so I had to see other people play linebacker. I had to see like quarterbacks and running backs and how they reacted to certain things that linebackers did. So like my first, you know, year at Eastern, and then after that, you know, watching film was very important to me. And, like, going back and watching what I did and messed up on was also important to, like, actually fixing the mistake, you know, like what was I looking at or what was, you know, what did the offense do that fooled me. So, uh, you know, that so that was always important to me. But one thing that I – one play I remember is, uh, you know, just a game against, you know, uh, UMass again at the Patriots Stadium, and that was like a big field for me, and just like you know, a big experience because you know I, my dream is to play in the NFL, and my goal is to play in the NFL. So I wanted to be, you know, on the stage, you know, and, and perform well. So watching film that week, and you know, even just that whole year uh, was important. So that game, I knew their tendencies knew exactly what the team was going to do. Like, I watched what they did against, like, other good linebackers in the MAC and, like, that they played that year and, you know, just made several plays in the backfield just off of reading my guard and knowing, like, tendencies on down and distance and formation-based stuff like that. And I believe, speaking of people following the dream, has Mr. D'Anthony Cloyd joined us as well? Yes, I'm here. Perfect. So we have at least one person um, who's 
got another sort of interesting experience as well. So uh, I'm going to ask you to hold on for just a moment, DeAnthony. I'm going to swing back around after I ask a couple more questions. Of, well, okay. I've got, okay. introduce. I've got Kavon Frazier, who is, well, Kavon, first of all, congratulations. I believe you recently received an invitation to the, to the uh, scouting combine. Is that correct? Yes, I did, and I appreciate it. Well, you're deserving of it. Uh, you're, a, you're, a, you're, you're certainly a deserving prospect, and there's lots of other guys who I think deserve it. Uh, they don't have room for everybody that deserves it, unfortunately, but I'm glad that you are getting your opportunity. I've also got great eBay, who has a fascinating story, a guy that you know, had a really great year at NIA at, at school at Concordia and then uh, decided to move cross-country, at least partially across the country, to walk on not preferred walk-on, but walk-on, walk-on, old-school walk-on, whatever term you want to use, uh, fight his way onto the field at Eastern Michigan, become an eagle, and become a really productive player for them. And then DeAnthony, you, of course, found your way to Virginia University at Lynchburg, VUL, which is essentially across the street, practically, from um, from Liberty. Is that correct? Correct. <laughs> With a little yeah. brother. <laughs> little brother, right, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. Because uh, I, I didn't want somebody mad at me, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna swing back around here after I hit uh, back on on great and come on. So, film study obviously is one of those things. I mean, it intensifies as you probably guys both have already been told. Get another level when you get to the NFL, because it you know you take your iPad or whatever home with you and you're studying film while you know you're watching TV or you're having dinner with your girlfriend or whatever it is. I mean, you're sneaking looks because you've got to prepare to play, you know, Tom Brady. You've got to prepare to play Drew Brees. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. These guys have 220 different pass plays they can whip out on you from going to the next. 200. Now, they won't run them all in a game, obviously, but they've got that number of options. Think about this. A guy like Peyton Manning is carrying around, well, obviously the offense he's learned most recently, the one that they run currently with, with Kubiak, but he's still got all his old offensive stuff in his head too. And if he needs to, he can run a basically like a two-man game with Owen Daniel. Hey, um, remember that thing I told you about? Like he won't even include the other guys. It's like, remember that thing I told you about? We're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this, but I'm going to give you a look. Right? So there's a play. You see what you know, everybody else is running this other play. He's got a whole other offense in his head that he's worked out with Owen Daniels, who's a veteran, who's played in other offenses as well. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. He's played mostly in the same offense as Kubiak, but he can teach a guy with that level of expertise. He can teach him three or four extra plays, however you want to put it, plays that aren't in, supposedly aren't in the offense uh, because Peyton Manning is essentially a coach at this point in his career. And frankly, knows as much football as any coach, at least when it comes to offensive football. I mean, he knows as much offense. If you ever get a chance to talk to Peyton Manning, and I don't know if you will because he may be about to hang it up, but if you ever get a chance to go to Manning Passing Academy or younger brothers and, well, not sisters, I guess, younger brothers or younger cousins, if you ever get a chance to go to the Manning Passing Academy, first of all, tell them to do it. Uh, it is an amazing experience. Uh, Peyton Manning's a hilarious human being. Beyond the football stuff, he is a I mean, the commercials don't do it justice. He is a funny, funny man. But he's not the funniest guy in his family. The funniest is actually his, his brother, Cooper, who unfortunately hurt his neck and uh, had spinal stenosis and wasn't able to play college football. But Cooper was 
the wide receiver in the family when they were at uh, uh, Cardinal, um, what do you call it, uh, Newman. Thank you, Cardinal Newman High School together. Uh, Cooper was, you know, a team captain uh, while Peyton was younger. And then when Peyton, when he graduated, Peyton became a team captain. But he used to ride Peyton like a pony. I mean, he, he still gives Peyton a, a hard time if you ever see all the Manning brothers together. The link, still to this day, the ringleader is Cooper, but people don't know him as well because he basically runs the uh, the Manning Family Foundation, and he's a practicing attorney. But I'm saying all this to say, go. If you're going to have to be around the Manning family, do it. Uh, amazing group of individuals, brilliant football minds, every single one of them, obviously. But amongst this amazing group of football minds, Peyton Manning's on a whole other level. But here's my point I'm making, is that film study is no longer something you do sometimes. You know what I mean? Like when you get to the NFL, if you're awake and you're not in a meeting and you're not at practice and you're not in the tub but you're not doing training, you're not, you're not lifting, you're not running, basically any time that's not being spent at the facility doing something else, asleep or eating, you're going to be trying to get ready because there's so many more things you have to know and process correctly at the NFL level. It is – I'll just ask you guys. I'll just ask. Um, so how many different calls might you guys have in for, let's say you're playing well, – let's say you're playing Central Michigan, right? That's an easy one. Not easy one, but that's, that's an example. How many calls might you guys have that you might go to in a game against, say, Central Michigan? Um, yeah, so, in terms uh, of the yeah, first I want to say congrats to Kayvon for uh, getting invited to the combine. And uh, for, for I appreciate us, it, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, congrats for real. But um, for us at Eastern, you know, we would have about we we would have a certain amount of plays per packages that our offense would do. You know, so like, right. Uh, not just like we'd run every single play in like a game, but like if they got into this formation or this personnel group. Then we have about six plays to target them in that certain situation. So, you know, depending on the team's personnel group, you know, like Central would go to, like, two backs or even empty. So, like, we'd have about, for all those formations, about, you know, six. So up to 30, you know, different calls and plays and situations that we could be in, you know, and that's like a low ball. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, God forbid you should have to play the Patriots because you're going to multiply that by like three or four, right? <laughs> because right. they have all the things that you've seen before and then all these things that they can do that you heard the term tag. So Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or whoever mentioned can tag every single play to change something. So now what would have been basically the same play call, but now he's taking the slot receiver's route that, in that call he played would have normally been a pivot route and he just tags it and now he's turned it, he converts it into a speed out or he converted it into a dig or he converted or into an option route. That's what Brady's really known for. He loves to give uh, Edelman and before that Welker option routes, right? Which is a nightmare for a linebacker. <laughs> it's just an absolute nightmare. Um, and then it's not, much better for our safety, but at least you've got a, a, hopefully a fighting chance of the safety to cover a guy like that. But it's a ooh, tough day at the office. Um, so same question, but sort of the reverse for you, um, 
So, Kavon, same deal. You guys are playing Eastern Michigan. Uh, what might you guys have in terms of, of possible calls that you might go to, and, and how are they structured? Well, you know, uh, our base coverage was cover eight and cover four. Um, mm-hmm. but, but me playing free safety, I had the freedom, you know, based on alignment and splits and form, formation. You know, I had the freedom to, like, like if they just give us the base call, I, you know, I got the freedom to, to play basically whatever call I want. So uh, based on, like, like watching film and, like, their uh, tendencies in, the, uh, certain, in certain form for formations and um, – alignments so so yeah uh this year our coach uh he, he he gave me a lot of freedom and he believed in you know whatever call i call was the right call um but but um uh, other than our base you know we had a lot of blitzes uh where we'll roll to cover three or man to man or or um cover one like yeah so we 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 did a lot of we did a lot of stuff here uh i i don't know exactly how many calls it, it 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 actually was, but uh, you know it it was a lot just just keeping the offense on their toes, you know throwing it throwing them different looks the whole game. Okay, so let's just go with an example. Let's say it's late in the game. Uh, they're at their own thirty-eight. It's like a minute and forty-one seconds. A team's gone in a two by two, and it looks you've seen this before. This is what they do, especially when they're getting ready to go to four verts, and. Right. What would your call usually be when you're pretty much sure it's going to be four verts and they need a good a good chunk yardage play? What do you normally call in that situation? Oh yeah, uh, and that's like from information we know it's going to be four four verts. So so I'll play um I'll play cover four. It's like mm-hmm. basically it's true cover four. So everybody so so all the or or both the safeties in the corners is playing like a soft coverage. So we want to keep everything in front of us. So yeah, right. with that like 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 based on that, you know, I yeah, I'll just uh call cover four or sometimes, you know, on my side I had the ability to switch it up and play cover two too. So so you know if I get a double split, sometimes I'll play cover two, but cover two is a little bit tougher. Tougher just because, you know, I got two guys to cover and I'm leaning towards the inside guys, so it's it's a little tougher on the corner. So so to make it yeah. easier on a corner to make it easier on a corner you know, in that type of uh, situation, I just I just stick to cover four. Got it. Uh, the answer. But like, yeah. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was just I was just saying like, it was like different calls uh, that we made. Like like we had like different uh, different words that we called to play like a different uh, technique in cover four. Like like. Like one cover four, it would be harder, and one cover four, it would be a softer technique. And yeah, yeah so okay. we, yeah, we switched it up a lot. We had a, we had a, we had a lot of different calls in one in one uh coverage, just to uh, switch it up and to uh uh show the offense different looks. Now, did you have any trap or robber stuff that you'd ever go into? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. We had a, we had a lot of that. We we. We did that a lot, where it would retract one guy, or just had me like like roaming and and robbing, uh, like like based on what number two did, like say he ran out, then I'll rob number one or something like that. Like, yeah, basically just just based on the route concepts and whatever I call. 
Okay. Now, and, I, and I'm going to jump to the answer in a second, but I, I have one more question about on this. What would tell you, or what would you look for to decide to go to a, a robber coverage? Like, was it something where you, once again, would you see something where you thought maybe you could get a pick, or what was it that would make you decide to go to that? Well, um, actually, the, the robber coverage is more for the strong safety. So, so when, so my, actually, my first couple of years, when I it went up to a strong safety, you know, we I, I did a lot of robbing, and that's actually how I got my uh pick on my pick six on Eastern Michigan, yeah, uh, my freshman year. Um, but like, uh, but but for for, for free safety, uh, I I was more in like a cover two, or you know, I was more like one of the over top type of guys, uh, especially if it was double split. I mean, if they had a tight end in the game. Then you know that put me more in the run fit, and, and we played we played with a lot of teams that that uh, kept a tight end in the game. So that so that um so that explains why I had so many tackles this season. But um but yeah, uh, definitely I was I, I was more of like the 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 over type or the over top uh, cover one or cover two uh, guy this whole past season. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in DeAnthony for just a moment. So, DeAnthony, how did you get introduced to playing football? How did you and football first meet each other, Dan? Well, that's an interesting uh, question because I actually didn't know nothing about football um, until my freshman year in high school. I grew up wrestling. Um, I actually kind of – I'm from Washington, D.C., but I grew up in Nebraska. Um, and Nebraska is a real big wrestling town. Um, yeah, it is. You know, Football is kind of like number two, actually, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's big football, but it's number two in the, in the Midwest. So I moved to Maryland, and at the time, I, um, I just came off a big wrestling tournament in my school. Everybody in the school kind of heard about the tournament I won. Um, and uh, it was just this, this guy who just moved to town. And my coaches, I guess the football coaches on the team, heard about this heavyweight on the team that on the wrestling team. And, it came to my class, my last homeroom class, my last class at the end of the day, my freshman year, and they was like, how do you feel about football? Have you ever played football? And I told them I never played football, and it just wasn't interested in that at first. I'm a wrestler, you know, I, I, I'm a one-on-one sport guy, and um, I think it uh, I think it took them maybe, you know, about two, three months, um, you know, into the, into the school that, you know, basically – the spring year, you know, that second semester of the of high school, you know, that spring term basically, um, to really get me, you know, to come out or just to even for me to talk because I was really, you know, kind of a shy guy, not knowing anybody from here, just moving here. Um, I went out around May and, you know, just kind of seen the team. And I, I made the decision to step out there with them and, you know, and go and go from there. So I, I rolled with them through the summer um, and then through my, on to my sophomore year, um, I actually played. That was my actual first time playing football, which is my sophomore year um, in high school, which was um, the first time I put on a hat and helmet and, and, and laid and laid it on somebody and felt the felt the energy from it. And I and I ain't I haven't looked back since. Now, <laughs> um, did you continue to wrestle? Because that was actually my best sport. I loved football, but I was better at wrestling. What was? Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so tell me about that. How? I continued wrestling through college, uh, through high school, um, on into college as well. I placed second and third in, in states my um, sophomore and my senior year. I took fourth, no, I took fifth my sophomore year, and I took sixth my freshman year. 
which was, you know, it was a big transition because it was a different style of wrestling from the East Coast to the Midwest. Midwest guys were really kind of slow. These guys over here are really kind of jazzy wrestlers, kind of really use the mat, you know. So yep. um, it was a big transition from going to using the center of the mat to using the whole mat out here, you know. And, and um, that was, that was, it was, again, you know, it taught me a lot about myself in, in, in order to, you know, break through those um, those plateaus as, a, as an athlete to going from one place to another. And, you know, me, in other words, making that transition, you know, um, yeah. and, and being able to do that and, and deal with different type of guys and different styles of wrestling. Um, so after that, I actually ended up with um, 16 Division One scholarships in wrestling. Uh, huh. At that time, by, by that time, I, it was crazy. My parents and my family were just, I was a big-time recruit for Penn State, Pitt, Pitt, Pittsburgh, um, North Carolina, <laughs> University of Maryland, um, big time, big big schools, and um, I fell in love. By that time, man, I fell in love with football. By my senior year, so um, I think maybe I had four offers on the table from um, for football. One was Stony Brook, uh, Morgan State. My biggest one at the time was um, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um, and so, I, I, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm not. I don't want to wrestle. So. Uh, what I ended up doing was um, the, the offers were pulled off the table at the time because I didn't make a decision in time. Again, not knowing the politics of football at the time, the offers were kind of pulled off the table. Um, had a lot. I had a few uh, what they call them uh, walk-on um, situations, uh, preferred walk-on situations. One was which was at uh, West Virginia University. Uh, I didn't take those. What I did was I got a I got a word from a coach um, about prep school. Took the prep school route for a semester, got some film, kind of got acclimated into that that high level of um, you know, college football level speed. You know, high school and college football level speed is just completely different. Um, some people say it's not. I truly believe it is. Um, so that's what I ended up um really focusing um my athleticism, my training around football. Um, because it, again, not having full four years like most guys do in, in high school to really, you know, understand the game and get around the game and coaches and understand the on on the field and off the field um, things that you need to take care of. So with that being said, I, I just surrounded myself with all the right people who understood football. Um, after the prep school, I didn't pick up any offers. I didn't really want to go to Morgan State, which was still on the table. So I ended up going to junior college. I got a scholarship to junior college at Los Angeles Pierce College. I know who gets a who gets a scholarship at JUCO, but it happened. So I didn't college, which was a blessing. I, I was a little upset, but which was a blessing in terms of finding myself academically, which was important to me. Um, and it gave me that time, and that it kind of gave me that time and that curve to decide academically and still push forward in football. Um, I did two years at Los Angeles Pierce College, um, and from Los Angeles Pierce College. I found my way. Um, found my way at a small NAIA school, which I only went there for one spring semester. Um, coach got fired. I ended up leaving. I was I, I wasn't going to take a chance with an unknown coach. Um, so I ended up leaving the school, the uh, University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky. I ended up leaving there in spring um, of last year and going to Virginia University of Lynchburg, which, which was where a couple of my high school buddies went to school um, and entered the draft. Keith Lewis, um, John Robertson. Um, those guys, they ended up making it to the league, and they told me, man, this is a good place for you, um, you know, with all the things that you've been through, you know, on and off the field. Um, so I took the chance. It was it was really, again, taking a chance. It was high risk, high reward, 
and I took the chance, and it was just, it was the best chance, the best chance, and the best opportunity I've, I have had in so long when it comes to playing football um, and taking care of academics. Um, so that's how where I ended up playing football, man. <laughs> so I, that's how it happened for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to to um to great and and Kavan, but before I do so, and this is you know I mean just I'm just gonna ask why the heck didn't you just take one of your wrestling offers, get there, and then walk on for football? Again, not understanding the politics, not understanding uh, I, I'm one of the first people in my well actually the second, third to be, like, really into school and college. Um, and I'm actually the first who really took sports under the wing and still trying to go to school. So uh, coming from, you know, my, you know that type of family, not really having a lot of people go to college, go to school, and at that place, sports in school, um, I was taking on a whole other journey for my family and my last name. Um, so I had to learn the hard way, in other words. <laughs> um, okay, so none of, your coaches, none of your coaches said, look, Anthony. If Penn State offers you a wrestling scholarship, just go, go there and then walk over football. They didn't yeah, invite none of your coaches. My high walking across the stage, I'll never forget it. Walking across the stage, my high school principal, which um, I still talk to today, um, one of my greatest supporters and one of my mentors, you know. Um, but shout him out. What's his name? His name is Ed Ryan. Ed Ryan. Um, okay. his, his son is uh, at um, at. Shepherd University, he's a strong, strong oh. outside linebacker. So, um, okay. yeah, man. yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't been asked, asked that question in a long time, man. And, um, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I'm just shocked because um, I wish I would have, but you know, God has a plan for us all. You True. Know? And those, those, I could have very well been at Penn State. Um, you know, at the time, I had some friends who ended up going there, got in big time trouble. You know, and end oh. up losing their football scholarship. So God, who knows? I could have good been point. in that situation. You know, good so, point. Um, <laughs> not, not everything that glitters is gold. Yep. So, um, I like I said, I never forget him saying, "Take one of those wrestling scholarships." When I was walking across the stage for graduation, <laughs> um, and I looked down and I, I was, uh, and I kind of gave him the. I didn't. It wasn't a solid okay, but it was like okay. I'm just like, give my give my degree, give my my diploma, and let me get off the stage and again. <laughs> You know, uh, I I don't know. I just really don't know, man. And um, but I'm I'm glad for the journey that I, I've taken because it's opened my eyes. I met so many more people than I probably would have just being um, maybe a four year wrestler at Penn State or, or West Virginia. You know, so I, between yeah. moving from east to west, you know, I went from the east coast to the west coast. I met some of the most incredible people on and off the field. So. Um, you know, I, I would never take away the experiences that I have, um, you know, to staying there, you know, just being ho- almost homeless in junior college when I left my off my place, you know. Even though they, they, my back was against the wall, but I learned so many things and I became, I become so much stronger um, as a person when, when we talk about building character off the mm-hmm. field. I've become so much stronger, my integrity, um, just my just me being humble about my situations, me not flying off the handle about when things get bad, I can work myself through, I can work through problems, you know, just those, just being mature um, and growing into a young man, which I, which I ultimately think that football teaches us, you know, so yep. um, that I can never take, I can never take that away, so 
I'm I'm happy for the choice I've made. Maybe life would be a much different. Maybe I'll be a CEO somewhere, um, <laughs> one of these big time companies. Because we all know wrestlers don't get paid much, you know, after college. But they all turn into CEOs and and presidents. So, so could have been a president for one of these big corporations. Maybe maybe not. But um, I I, I, could, I could never take away those experiences that I had in this journey. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, yeah, you have. That's what I'll say. I mean, whatever else I want to say about all three of you that I have, great stories, amazing stories with, you know, twists and turns and hair's breast escapes and all that good stuff. I'm going to jump back to uh, to Kavan and, uh, and, and great. So take me to now going into your last year. I'll, I'll start with great. Going into your last year, right? You've, you, like you just sort of heard, have had a, You've also had kind of some twists and turns in your athletic journey, but now you've, you've settled in at the institution where you're, you know, received your degree. You, you've become a starter, an important contributor at uh, at Eastern Michigan, a school that itself has had some ups and downs, quite frankly, but I think it's headed in the right direction. But take me, what were your goals heading into your senior season and, and what kind of role by that point did you feel like you have had on the team going into your last year? Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, I had, you know, I wanted to keep my goals simple and just uh, something that, I, that would be hard for me to achieve. Uh, the first goal was to see, have a better season than I had my junior year as far as production goes. Uh, my second one was to stay healthy. Uh, and then my main one was to be, like, to finally, you know, to just mature as a leader and taking over the team and being my last year, having the growth and the jump that the team needs to finally have, like, a successful year, you know. And uh, so for for my personal goals, you know, for for being a leader and stuff like that, I feel like I didn't succeed just because we didn't have the – the record that, you know, I mean, we won one in 11. So I felt like I, as a leader, I, I failed the team, you know. But at the same time, when it comes down to seeing where the team is now and knowing, like, what they can do in the future, I know that we, you know, have made big jumps from when I first got there. And, you know, what I don't think as, like, focused on record and all that, I start to see, like, some of the things, the good things that I did there, uh, that, you know, hopefully becomes tradition and people do, you know, like years after I'm gone. But, uh, you know, from for production-wise, you know, I, I had, a, like, a large numbers. You know, my junior year, I was, like, six in the nation in tackles uh, with 133 tackles in 12 games. And, you know, I think I had, like, 12 tackles for loss and, like, one forced fumble. So my senior year... I wanted to have, create more turnovers, have more tackles, and create more plays in the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, you know, tackles for losses and sacks and stuff like that. Yeah, your production is undeniable. <laughs> I have a lot of better with putting it. You, you certainly have been a productive player. And while I can understand you not feeling like you achieved all the goals you set for yourself as a leader, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I remember a couple of years ago being at a coach's convention and somebody described the Eastern Michigan job as the worst job in the FBS. 
I hear, I feel like now somebody wouldn't say that anymore. I feel like it's no longer, you know, the worst place to be a, high, uh, a head coach. I mean, I think people would now agree that despite the challenges at Eastern Michigan, that it, in my mind, I think in the minds of sort of football as a whole, it's a program that's, that's turning it around and going in the right direction. So I hope you can take some some pride in the fact that it, the program is going to be better than it was. Yeah. No, yeah, I do see – I mean, yeah, I, you know, when I first got there, I don't think any senior really, like, bonded with me or, like, talked to us. You know, I know we – I have close relationships with everybody on my team now. So as a team, and that is, like, the – important things that happen inside of the, the team in the locker room, we are, like, ten times a better team. And when people start to realize, like, how hard you have to work and uh, how, like, together you have to be to actually win games and how you have to, like, you just don't just go out and win a game, like, during the season. Like, you have to, you have to win everything you do every day you know, in every single situation to be successful during this year's season, you know. It's not like it's just a 12, 12 days out of the year you just become a winner, you know what I mean? That's so, like, when people, right. when, you know, like when we realize, like myself and my old teammates and my current teammates, you know, like you got to win every day, like every workout, every meal, every yoga, everything that you do. So then that's when I know Houston's going to win. And that's like right around the corner. So I'm excited for them and what they they have up their sleeves. But uh, for myself, you know, like I wanted to do it this year, you know. But you know, it it comes with time, and their their time is coming up. Yeah. First of all, let me say you're you're a great ambassador uh, for you know for that institution. They they should package what you just said and you know put it on a brochure because. I think there's a lot of young people who may not realize the opportunity at a place like Eastern Michigan. If you're a a two-star, three-star recruit and you're looking at, you know, a Big Ten school and some other schools or whatever, if Eastern Michigan is an option for you, you have a chance to get there and contribute probably pretty early on as opposed to being, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh on the depth chart at a bigger school. Right. I mean, Eastern is it's still, I mean, I can think, the, the depth can also be better, and that's something I think that they're working on. But you know, it's not. I don't want it. I don't want it to Eastern to be described as like a place where you know anybody to just come in and try to think that they could right. take over immediately. You know what I mean? But, sure. You know, that's not I what I. It's not quite what I meant. I just meant that no, you. No, no, I know what you mean. I know, but I'm just saying. I think that it's a place that. Uh, it's not if if somebody has a mindset where they just want to come where there's a lot of tradition and everybody wins, like that's probably not the place for you to go. But if you want to go and become a winner and like, you know, become like something that like a new start your own tradition, like that's the perfect place to be because there isn't tradition where there wasn't that much when I got there. But that's a place where you could go back and be like, yo, I was the first one. Like my class was the first class to do that. You know, right? And now right. they're the doing first, this every year. Right. You know the first, I mean? first one to be a MAC champion at Eastern in twenty eight right. or nine or whatever years. I mean, close to thirty years. So yes, you could be a first a lot of things. Yeah, and that's more. I think that's important when it comes to. I mean, like yeah, when you walk into like Ohio State, there's a whole wall of times that they were uh, conference champions. But to be like one 
on the wall, the first one, and, and to be like, look, this is where I started. That's, I think, even more honorable, you know, in my mind. But, you know, it just all goes to how you think about it. Now, Kavon Central obviously has had, I mean, Butch Jones, um, you know, Brian Kelly. I mean, there's there's been some very successful coaches. There's been very successful, a lot of success. Has had, you know, obviously to a certain level has happened at Central Michigan. Uh, I watched, you know, uh, uh, Anthony. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of really good players that have come out of there. Maybe the best wide receiver in football, I watched him in his time there. I watched uh, Dan LaFever basically be the Tim Tebow of the Mac. You know, there's been some things that have happened there. Tell me about the mark you feel like your class has left uh, as, as Chippewas there. Did we, did, sorry, did, uh, is Kavon still with us? He may have left. Let me just double check. No, and I'm still here. Sorry, I, it was on mute. I'm pressing mute on actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, once again, Kavon, what, what mark do you feel like you and your class has left uh, there at Central? Um, You know, I think I've, I think the mark that we left, you know, was basically a new generation. I'm sure you know that, you know, after uh, Bush left, um, then Cogino's came, and we we was like kind of like on a slump for like for like a couple for like three mm-hmm. years when we were three and nine and three and nine, and then right. and then when I came, you know, when I came, we were six and six, and then we were six and six again, and then you know, you know, uh, it was just like you know a new generation this year. You know, it was more of a family aspect. Uh, with Coach Bono, uh, with Co- when Coach Bono came in, you know everything. It was like, you know, I I won't say it was it was bad with Coach Enos, you know, it, it it wasn't bad, you know. He gave me the opportunity, so so you know, you know, I you know I love Coach Enos for for giving me the opportunity to play, but but just with Coach Bono came, like you can you can you could really like uh tell the difference of like of like a family aspect, um you know, of uh, at at Central Michigan. So, you know, you know, uh I think it's some great things to come at Central. Um, you know, we are we have a few outstanding players like Cooper Rush. You know, we got a we got a DN who didn't play this year just because well he played like a couple games but he got hurt. You know, he was all max uh, a couple years back. So so yeah, uh, you know, I think they got uh they got are they I think they're going to have like like a great season this next year. Okay. Uh, and obviously, as was discussed earlier, you have received an invitation to the combine. What are you doing to prepare for it, Kavan? And where are you preparing for the scouting combine? Um, right now I'm down in Western Florida. It's like right by Fort Lauderdale. It's like probably about 20 minutes from Fort Lauderdale, and maybe like 30 minutes from Miami. Um, I'm in Western Florida uh, at a place called Fit Speed, training training at Brandon Marshall facility. Uh, uh, the and the trainer is Matt is Matt Gates. Yeah, so I'm down here training. You know, I've been down here for for a little over a month. No, a little under a month now. For like, yeah. So I've been down here for like a month now. So so yeah. So uh, you know, I'm down here for for the next. Three four weeks trying to prepare for you know to run a good forty basically. 
Okay. And what are your goals? What are some of the things you want to accomplish at the uh, scouting combine? You know, uh, you know, my main goal is, is is basically just to run. You know, uh, four 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 five. Uh, in the past, I ran. You know, I, I was running four five or low four five. Uh, I think the fastest I ever ran was a four four seven, a four four three. So you know, if I can do that again at the combine, it'll be great. So right now, you know, I I I can't I can't personally tell you exactly what I'm going to run, just because. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it's a different it's a different level at the combine with the um with with the laser times and all that stuff. But right, and the but, fact you know, that you're gonna be dead dog tired. Get your rest. If I have one piece of advice, I don't think people realize how tired they're gonna be at the combine. It is a tiring experience. You're up early and you're up late. So get your rest. You know, you know it's really funny you said that because um I'm sure I'm sure you all know uh, Thomas Ross. Yes. Yes, yes. And Thomas Rod, he's a close buddy of mine. He he actually called me as soon as I got the combine invite. He actually called me. It was like, one thing you got to do, you got to get your rest because that's one thing that caught me off guard. So, so yeah, I mean, I I mean, I heard that from from multiple people now. So yeah, so that's one thing that I make. I will make sure I will get my rest. Yeah. So as soon as you get done with interviewing with the team. You get someplace and you get your rest. If people want to go out, you know, wish them Godspeed. Um, it's a, it's, 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 a, it's not a pleasure trip. It's a business trip. You can, you'll have plenty of time to enjoy yourself if you, you know, if you have a successful NFL career. Um, I'm going to ask this question of, um, of great as well. Uh, first of all, do you have a pro day already scheduled? If so, when and where? You talking? Uh, I'm going to come back to great right now. Great, do you have a pro okay. day schedule? And if so, when and where is it? Yeah, my uh, pro day is going to be March 17th at Eastern Michigan and in the bubble in, our, in North Carolina. Oh. Okay. And, and what sort of goals have you, set, have you set for yourself? Yeah, it's going to be, I, I don't know if I said the 15th, it's going to be the 17th. But uh, some of the goals I set is just, you know, to come out and be explosive. You know, I mean, I I want my numbers to keep teams interested. You know, if they you know when they come and see me run. Uh, my goal is to run. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're gonna have a laser there, but my end time is I want it to be a four five four or lower. And uh, you know, and, and and that's my goal. And then just to really be clean in all the position uh, work drills that they have us do. You know, I wanted to everything to look smooth, and uh, so practicing all those drills, making sure my my feet work is good, and that I'm in enough shape to run each drill at a fast pace. And what are you doing in your training? Like, are you doing plyometrics? I mean, I know each. You know, each sort of facility is a little bit different. What are some of the things you're working on in your training? Yeah, well, right now I'm in at Total uh, Sports with Jim Cobasso in uh, Wixom, Michigan. So uh, he's, you know, he's an expert. He's someone who my strength coach recommended, who's someone who I trust. And uh, he advised me to go there. We do basically every test, everything with 225. We work on that, explosion lifts. 
you know, treadmill lifts, everything that's going to help me become uh, explosive at my pro day is all the things that I'm doing every day. And I guess I'll get the question out of the way with Kavan as well. Do you have a, a pro day schedule? I know you said you have some CFL workouts. Oh, no. No, I don't got any CFL workouts planned. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, um, yeah. but you, but are you also doing a pro day, Kavan, or are you just yeah. going to the combine? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. My plan is to go to the combine and you know see whatever I test well there, and then whatever I don't like, do as well as I as I thought. You know, I'll do it at my pro day, and and our okay. pro day is 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 um March second, so like a couple of days right after the combine. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty quick yeah. turnaround. And, and I'm sorry, yeah. it was um, it was DeAnthony. You've got CFL workouts planned, is that correct? Yes, I do actually. I'm um headed to Atlanta here in a couple hours. Um, meeting with the GM from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He'll be there along with the head scouts. Uh, I've been talking to him for since um December at the FCS Bowl. Uh, attended down in Miami. They kind of really been on my radar since then. Um. So that's that's my plan this weekend. Then I actually I just got my regional combine invite too. So I'll be headed to um, February and February. I'll be head, headed to Arizona in February. Congratulations! Um, that as well. So I, I definitely want to congratulate you guys on your invite too, man. It's a tough process, man. So definitely keep grinding, fellas. Okay. And what are you doing, D'Anthony, uh, to get ready for your uh, regional combine invitation? Yeah. What are you working on? Um, being the type of athlete I am, being kind of like a hybrid linebacker, defensive end type of guy, um, I've really been kind of like, again, my, my workout has been very versatile um, from, from explosion to power to strength um, to conditioning. So um, I've been working with Eddie Mason, an uh, ex-linebacker for, uh, <laughs> for uh, Washington Redskins. Um, he, he basically um, had London Fletcher under his arms for his whole career, um, guiding him. So um, I'm trying to kind of, I'm I'm going to be the next one kind of like under that under that wing. So um but just been working with him and his program, a lot of plyo stuff, a lot of speed stuff. Um you know, he actually invented his own um his own his own machine which is called the Surge 360. I've been training huh. with the Surge a lot um which is it's simply um it's kind of like the Kaiser uh, just real explosive. You get to see your numbers right then and there, not not too many reps. Uh, it's high rep type of thing, but you know you don't have to do the averages at the end of the week. So uh, it's it's been a whole nother experience of training. So uh, my forty, I've been working on that. I've been working more so technique, pretty fast. And my his philosophy is that you're you are who you are. So you're going to be fast or you're going to be slow. It's just about <laughs> fine tuning the mechanics and the, um, actually showing people how to run. So I've just been working on breaking down my forties and. Um, you know, and as a linebacker, one of the biggest things would be the L drill and the, and the shuttle for us linebackers, so, uh, yep. as well as the broad jump. So, I, you know, I, I know I'm going to run them 4-6, 4-5. You know, that's cool, but I really want to have a crazy, crazy time with my shuttle, um, which is which is our biggest thing is changing direction as linebackers and, you know, defense mm-hmm. ends. And I'm just going to ask everybody, and I guess I'll start with Kavan. Uh, could you – and then I'll go to Great, and then I'll go to um, – I'll come back around to you, D'Anthony. Uh, okay. Actual factuals. What what is your current height and and weight right now, Kavan? What do you weigh and how tall are you? Um, my current height is six foot, and when I came into the training, I was at two twenty seven. But I'm but I got down as 
I'm probably around 222, 220 area right now. So, you know, I'm trying to cut it like, like maybe like five more pounds. <laughs> At the most, I'm buying and, and going there at 215. Okay. So you are a big safety. <laughs> you... Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what okay. everyone And uh, the same question for <laughs> you. Uh, what do you? What's your current height and weight? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm six foot, and I weigh two hundred and thirty-five pounds. We all the same size. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm the same size. <laughs> so you all, you guys are all within about eight pounds of each other, and all about the same height is what it sounds like. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Well, I guess if you guys ever end up living somewhere together, you could share clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you yeah. never know. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't mind. I don't got to pay. That's one less expensive throughout the year. I just need to hold the cleats, fellas. I just need a couple pair of cleats, you know. <laughs> uh, are you still with us, Donovan? What was, was that for me? I was checking on Donovan, my my, my oh. co-host. Donovan, are you yes, still with us? Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Um, so before uh, Kavan and Great leave, did you have any final questions for either of those two gentlemen? No, I, I don't, man, but I, I, I'm glad I got to learn a lot about these guys, man. I, I've only really uh, got a chance to uh, Kavan play live, uh, which I'm very impressed by, uh, over 100 tackles and everything. But uh, I'm going to check out some same with other guys, and uh, I appreciate you guys coming on Bill's show. It's always great to find out about new prospects, man. He, he finds gems, uh, <laughs> for sure. So I appreciate you guys coming on, and I wish you guys the best of luck this offseason. Okay. So, DeAnthony, hang on, because we've still got about 15 more minutes worth of stuff with you. But I'm going to wish both uh, – well, come on, first of all, the ladies, gentlemen, whoever it is, people out there who may want to know more about you, how to find, follow you, know what you're, what's going on in your world, how would they keep track of your, your journey towards the NFL? Um, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, well, tell people how to do that. Where would they find you? My Twitter and my Twitter and Instagram is the same thing. Uh, K A Y underscore B L A C K and then S I M B A. So K underscore Black Simba. It, it's like an inside joke between me and my uh, high school friends. Uh, okay. Why? But, um, yeah, that's my my Twitter and my Facebook handle. So, and then my or my Twitter and my Instagram handle. But my Facebook, uh, I guess you can just type in my name, Kevin Frazier, and it'll pop up. Okay. The same question for you, uh, great. Uh, how would people follow your your journey towards the league? Um, how would they keep in contact with you? Yes, yeah, so my name. On our social media is great, eBay, G-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, and my Instagram is that, G-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, great eBay, and my Twitter handle is I-B-Great, which is I-B-E, and then G-R-E-A-T. Yeah, which is very clever. Very, very clever. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh so let me say both, once again to both of you, both to, uh, to Great eBay and to Kevon Frazier, it has been a pleasure watching both of you. You're a couple of my favorite Mac defensive prospects. It's a thrill 
to, to get a chance to watch whatever is, is next in store for you. I do ask that you respond to the email I sent out so it will help me to build out your profile. And please update me when you do have numbers, whether it be from combines or pro day workouts, so I can update your profiles with that as well. So that's the one favor I'll ask of you. And once again, I think that great things are in the future for both of you young men. Okay, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and, uh, I appreciate the opportunity for the interview. And uh, oh, nice, nice to meet you guys. And uh, good luck on your uh, on the journey for you, Kayvon and D'Angelo. Yeah. Good luck, fellas. Good luck. So, so, D'Anthony, now it's all about you for the next 15 minutes. So, so it's good to have, you know, somebody can actually talk a little wrestling with. My big thing, <laughs> my big thing was just I, I had long arms. I would sink that deep half and run to the head. I was big on that Shirella off the two and one. I would okay. guillotine you if I got the chance. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was my thing. That was my uh, thing. That's yes. I would I would I would definitely guillotine you if I got the chance. Yeah, that's a that's a bad move, man. I was a flexible <laughs> heavyweight, so I was um I was really bending those corners, man, taking doubles, blasts, doubles, you know, you know, football kinda, you know, help with that or that that helped with football <laughs> I should say. So yeah. Blast doubles, outside sweeps, high seas, you know, them cement mixers, headlocks, you know, I was really <laughs> yeah. I was real big on my headlock, yo. I I snapped a couple vertebrae in my day with my headlock. So, you know, so my headlocks were my. I used to love them headlocks, man. Everybody knew to say, let him do anything but those headlocks. What people would say. So, um, <laughs> my headlocks, man, were you know them them two and ones like you said, you know, on, on that head, man, just targeting that head. I was uh my my college coach, my high school coach. He was um an international wrestler, so he was big oh. on, on on Russian technique. So I used that Russian a lot, you know singling that arm out and, you know, really trying to rip that 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 arm out the socket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those Russians, man, they don't they don't, they don't play. Do they no, don't they're trying to much. finish you. They, <laughs> they're trying to finish you quick. They don't want to spend a, it, well, um We had a guy, um, he taught us something called Sambo, which is a, uh-huh. yeah, a Russian I, throwing art. Yeah, I, I practice Sambo. I have Sambo. Um, I've been to oh, a couple times. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, we got we got some time together today. So so he came out and he said he he watched us wrestle. He's like mm, too much time. <laughs> he said, oh I I don't come to spar. I come to finish you. You know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's exactly how they are. I don't come to spar. I come to finish you. That's exactly how they are. That is wild. And you know you you meet you meet one, but you don't know that they're all like that. So you have a mutual friend who's like, yo, I got a Russian friend who's like, yo, I don't want to fight. I want to finish you. <laughs> the real Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. They don't they don't here to mess around. They don't want to go six minutes, three minutes, two minutes. No, I I want to I want you to be in intense pain and this to be over quickly, as short as time possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I've um, I've I've always been a my my parents, my you know my my mother, I should say. My my dad's been there, you know, as he could. But um, having a single parent, man, you you kind of you take to those things kind of natural. You try to find things to protect your mom. You know what I mean? So sure. growing up, man, I, I I 
I really I got my brown belt with my black stripe and uh, taekwondo wrestling. Oh. I, I worked a little sambo. I got my yellow belt in jujitsu. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I've always been around the, the martial arts, and that's what really, really, honestly, man, has been my discipline in football. Um, um, whether it was to attack or to to not be attacked, you know what I mean? To counter being yeah, yeah, yeah. attacked. Um, you know, for, from guards to to tackles, you know. I get past people and they just like, man, I wasn't football. I'm walking back to the huddle and they like, bro, that wasn't football. <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've had I've had big six eight, three hundred some pound tackles lock onto my shoulder pad, and they just like, bro, how did you break my wrist like that? And I'm just like, bro, it's it, it's it's not even it's just it came naturally just from you know martial arts, you know, and and, and I do it so um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, naturally, just, probably. Naturally, yeah, it just happens naturally. You know, I, I played defense in mostly this uh, this season, so I, I was undersized a lot of times. And, mm-hmm. and, the whole thing, and the whole thing was about it was, you know, not letting those guys get their hands on you. And when they do, get them off you as quick as possible by any means. If you got to break it, you know what I mean? You <laughs> break it, you know? Because <laughs> in, 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 in the field of combat, whether it's wrestling to taekwondo, the objective is that you're being attacked and that your life's in danger, period. You know what I mean? And, and for real, so how some of these tackles are, man, if they can put you on your nugget and break it, they will. Mm-hmm. They will. So. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love having conversations with you. Oh, I can see this now. Uh, because here's the thing, as you have already noticed, I mean, as you said, you're you're undersized. And these are guys who might be 270, 280, 290, 300. If you get into a push pull, you know, catchy pull battle of strength, you're not going to win that. You're strong for your size, but you're not, you're not stronger than they are. Exactly, 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 exactly. So you gotta, so you gotta develop ways. You gotta. It's the small things I say counts, man. And life is the very, 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 very minute, very minute things that will. Equate to the bigger, bigger, bigger problems. Not not problems, but they will they will guide you to the bigger you know the the bigger answer to what you're looking for. Um, so you know, just whether it's football, my life, my relationships with friends, family, girlfriend, whatever, it's the small things that I try to I try to pay attention to um, and focus on in order to to be successful because those are the things that make or break uh, athletes, humans, relationships. Um, you know, it, it's it's those things, man, and um, they all correlate together. And uh, whether you know it's home to office to office to field, you know what I mean. Um, and those things are, are are what what really ultimately has a team successful, makes the team successful, or or, or fail. So um, I, I realize those things um, from my family, my friends, and the people that surround me. Um, and I try to develop those things and, and further and incorporate those things in my life and you know, just further my life on, you know, as best as possible, you know. Who are some of the guys you most like to watch? Who are some of your favorite players to, to watch and study at the next level? Oh, I'm old school, man. I don't watch none of these young guys. The only young guy I probably watch, man, is Khalil <laughs> Mack, Elvis Dumerville. Other than that, I'm trying to get down Lawrence Taylor, Ooh. Mills. You know, I'm trying oh. to get down guys like that, you know. Oh, oh. 
the Anthony. Oh, oh, see, now I'm about to adopt you now. Now, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you know, the whole linebacker core from, you know, the, the, the steel curtain, man, you know. Oh. Guys, I try to mimic my game after those guys because those are the guys that, that paved the – my whole thing is those are the guys that paved the way for the game today. So why am I paying attention to some guys who were playing the game today instead of the guys who – Started this, you know. <laughs> like, oh, started this. yes, they are. I want to talk to the man who started this. You know what I mean? So. Oh, the Anthony. Oh, the Anthony. Oh, we got. Oh, man, we got things to discuss. Um. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say some of the things you just said because if you if you really study the steel curtain linebackers, one of the first things you notice is how big they are not. Um. <laughs> At six three and three quarters, and at the heaviest, about two hundred and seventeen pounds, you had the guy who, who people thought was the, one of the scariest players ever in Jack Lambert, right? I mean, people were God terrified of Jack Lambert. Oh my! And he was Lord. he was two hundred and seventeen pounds, and people were terrified of him. I think that was two hundred and seventeen pounds with the helmets, the pads, the, the socks <laughs> right. and shoes on. That might yeah. be two hundred pounds soaking wet. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny. The 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 thing that made them fall in love with him was. Uh, one of the scouts had gone to go see them, and back in those days, they didn't have a actual pra- full practice field. They had like a half-size practice field, roughly half-size practice field, and it ended wow. in gravel. It ended in gravel in those wow. days. It's better now. But there, so it ended in gravel. And there was a play that was headed towards the end of what would have been the end of the practice field, 40-some-odd yards, you know, like a half-length practice field. And he makes a play, makes a diving play, goes down in all this gravel, right? And he's not wearing – he's wearing shorts, like shorts and, you know, pads and shorts. Goes down in all this gravel, comes up, kicking gravel out of his thighs and whatever, and just doesn't even – doesn't walk off the field, doesn't take a rep out. He keeps going, just pulling pieces of gravel out of himself. <laughs> this damn right hard no, this hard knocks life, like – my daddy was a steel maker. <laughs> yes, I mean, he, he, he. The game where he got his front teeth knocked out, he didn't miss a, oh, a single play. Man. Didn't miss a play. Didn't miss a play. I'm not kidding. He didn't miss a play. <laughs> he just picked up his teeth, handed them to somebody, and kept playing. He kept playing football. <laughs> Those are the guys I look up to, man. Those are the guys I look up to. The, the Ronnie Lott's cutting off fingers. Oh, Ronnie Lott, yes. You cut your <laughs> finger off in the middle of the game and went back out there. Tape it up. Tape it up. And, you know, and I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that because I was talking to one of my one of my best friends, and I was like, you know, I love this game to death, man, but I said if I become the president of the NFL, it's going to be some big-time changes, and a lot of people going to probably want to kill me because, you know, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people who put their neck in line on this game, man, and um, and and, and don't get me wrong, some of the changes are, 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 are spectacular, but some of them, man, they, they take away from the game, you know, and, sure. and, 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 and flat out, man, we all know what we sign up for. You're going to put your head, neck, and back on the line, and, and if you're not willing to sign up for that, don't. You know what I mean? That's why I signed up for it. It sounds like one of the most craziest things I could do, you know, in the world. You know, <laughs> besides putting on a helmet and running to a brick wall itself, at least this person to move if, if, if I run hard enough at him. So, you know, for me it was one of those things like it, it's becoming one of those things like, you know, I, I watched the game, you know, and I really watched the game, man. And open field tackling is one of the most, 
not top things in the, in the NFL today. And you wonder why guys uh, are coming up, coming up with concussions because it's the technique that's being taught. The uh, NFL is speed, 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 speed. But like like everybody said, speed kills, and nobody's really, really realizing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, um, yes. One of my biggest things right now for me developing into a person is, you know, how did Ray Lewis last for 17 years? Well, when you watch film, he keeps his head to the side of the ball, just like on a double yep. blast. He keeps his head to the side, or he's biting the ball, and he's never putting the pressure on his neck. So guess what? Yep. His, his C1 to C, to C7 is still working fine, you know what I mean? And um, yep. maybe he only had two or three concussions in his whole career. My whole thing about that, man, the game, the coaches. The other, thing, the other thing he did, but look, he wasn't a terribly big guy. He was 237. When he entered the league, he got bigger later. But but look how look at what he did to build his neck up. Also, he I mean you know you're a wrestler, you understand. If your neck isn't strong, it compromises. Right, it compromises the, all the rest of your structure. If you have a weak neck, he yep. built his neck up, and he was. You may know this. Oh, Ray Lewis was a pretty good wrestler also uh, when he was in school. Yep, he was high school wrestler. Yep, big time. Yep. Not a mistake, not an accident. Hello? Oh, I was saying, that wasn't a mistake, it wasn't an accident. He built his neck up and it helped. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, man. I, I, I firmly believe that, and that, and that's another part, man. You know, everybody's so worried about, you know, getting guys on TV, man, putting and exploiting guys, man. And, and um, like I said, a lot of these techniques from, you know, open field tackling, man, it's, it's a lost art, you know what I mean? That open, mm-hmm. open field tackling, man, I don't care who you are. If you're tackling correctly, you won't get hurt. When you're going full speed, you won't get hurt. There's no way you come up with concussions if you're tackling properly. Um, and that's just one of my biggest things. When I when I get a chance to sit down with the NFLPA and one of these days, <laughs> this is going to be one of my arguments, man. You know, you guys are trying to take so much from a, away from the game, but how about put something into it? You know what I mean? You know, everybody's oh. trying to take from the game and not putting anything into it. Um, and like, you know, oh. just going back to – just going back to, 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 you know, developing myself as a as an athlete and, you know, watching those various players and trying to, like, what I really honestly try to do, I try to take those James Harrisons and those Ray Lewises and the, those Jack Lamberts and, I, and and for myself, you know, I try to I try to come up with a formula, like I said before, man. I come up with that formula and I and I twist and turn and I and I critique that formula until I can squeeze all those guys into one person and that one person is me, you know what I mean? Um, you me for it, you know, so that's that's just my way of playing football, you know, whether it was my old high school coach or how he showed me how he used to do guys. That's, I take that, you know what I mean? Because um, I, as, I, as, a, as, a, as a business-minded man, I, I kind of believe that everybody has an it factor within the, or within the office or wherever, wherever the the setting is, everybody has an idea, so um, why not, you know, use all those ideas and expound on those ideas with your own and develop your own way um, to being successful, um, using those ways that have been successful and using those new ways and new ideas. You know, it's kind of like taking the old with the new and making something brand new, you know? <sighs> oh, DeAnthony, where have you been all my life? Um, you... <laughs> You are an amazingly interesting interview. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and hours. But let me let me not hog you all to myself. Uh, let me, uh, 
so let me just find out if my uh my my co host Dobbin James has any questions. So the Anthony is truly an old soul, but uh, what questions might you have for him? What was that? I'm sorry. I was saying I was gonna ask if Donovan might have had any questions for you, the Anthony. Yeah, this is a great interview. It's different. <laughs> um, <laughs> old school. I feel like, yeah, Bill, I knew once you started talking, Bill was going to be fall in love with me. But, <laughs> yeah, man, well, I mean, how did you get that mindset? I mean, the old school mentality, like in the old school players, Ronnie Lott. I mean, how did you get that mentality? I mean, you know, um, the tough-minded mentality that you have. Well, I, it, you know what? It started from, you know, I told you guys earlier how I kind of started playing football. Well, when I started playing ball, like, my, you know, the name of my school, high school, was called Friendly High School. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so when we played everybody, everybody's kind of like, oh, here come the Friendly Boys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I got tired of that. When I first came out, I'm like, y'all let people tell y'all this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all let people call y'all Friendly, and then y'all play Friendly well. You know, being like I think I was probably like fourteen, fifteen, you know, maybe sixteen at the time. I don't, I can't quite remember. Um, I just, just you know, I wanted to to be great. And anybody who wants to be great, I feel like you should go ask the people who are great. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> um, if you can't ask them, go research and study them. I'm, I'm sort of a scientist. I, I wanted to be a doctor before football and everything took on, and 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 I kind of still look at myself as sort of a scientist, you know, and um and I go and I and I and I sit down and I either I think about it or I write these things down. And I say, what do I want out of myself and for myself within this process that I'm going through? And so I if one of those things say strength and I go, who was the strongest linebacker? Or who was the fastest linebacker? And I put those things together and what developed that was when you watch those guys those guys are simply nasty. Mean. <laughs> Ain't no other word for it. They're mean, mm-hmm. nasty, pissed off. Excuse my language, but no. But you're right. Yes. And, and, you didn't want to. You didn't want to come close to them. their teammates. Didn't want to come close to them on game day. Forget the other teams. I've knocked a couple of my teammates out this season trying to get <laughs> to the playoffs. Ain't nobody gonna beat me to the ball if I can help it. Flat out. <laughs> I'm be the, I'm a, I'm a, you gonna have the most the nastiest most gut wrenching fight to that ball that you ever seen when you when you dealing with me you you gonna see a fight for life trying to get to that ball and no matter and that's one of the things that I find myself on is because no matter how big a tackle is who's cut off the edge on me dude I gotta get through you bro because you're you're in the way of life you're in the way of my life so. Regardless of who you are, how much you benching, how fast you running, how high you jumping, I gotta get through you, or around you, over you, side, under. I gotta crawl, however. So when you watch those guys from the past, and you watch how Ronnie Lott kind of had a slide off of um, who was the running back? I can't think of the running back uh, name back when he, he it was a play like you know Ronnie Lott was gonna come down, but it was still that he hit him and he had to slide off him, but he was it was still nasty how he. Slid off that leg and it was still mean all the way to the last second, you know. So <laughs> you kind of watch those small, small, small things. He may have got beat on the point of contact, but the fight to the end of the whistle would, would, would made the biggest difference because it's a game of inches. The game is about a game of inches. It's a game of inches. So um, you got to fight for every inch. And and in my and in my world and in my brain, that 
ain't nobody going to beat me to the point of the ball, the point of attack, unless I'm beating myself, period. So, you know, with that question being answered, it's just, you know, a whole bunch of different aspects of my life has formulated my mind to think like that, whether it was my my 10th my my grade biology teacher who told me that formulas are the only way to, to, to be successful. And maybe in her world it was, but in my world it wasn't, but that helps me develop what I'm trying to develop in my life, for my life. So I'm going to take that concept and, and, and run with it, you know what I mean? So if, if, if MX plus B equals C, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust that, and I'm going to develop that into my formula of football, and I'm going to take M, which is, which is Ray Lewis, and I'm going to take X, which is Ronnie Lott, and I'm going to take plus, which is whoever else that may be, and I'm going to equate C, which is myself, and, and this formula will work, you know what I mean? So um, that's how I got that, man. That's how I got that mentality, you know. Honestly, I don't know other than that. This is God-given, honestly. I'm just blessed. <laughs> D'Anthony, if, a, if an NFL scout got a chance to sit down and talk with you, I guarantee you they would go back to their boss and say, look, even if we don't draft this kid, we got to get him in here right after the draft. <laughs> there is no way. Anybody's going to talk to you for five minutes about football and not let you on their feet. I'm not going to wood, man. I'm not going to some wood. I'm going to knock some doors down, too, fool. But it's got to happen. It's going to happen, man. I already know it will. It's already in plan. It just, my, my, road, my, my road to glory was just a little bit different because of the formula. I took a different approach. I didn't take the four-year, four-year, three, four-year um, big-time 1A scholarship type of route. I, I could have had that. I could have easily had that. But a guy like me, man, I like to take the hard route. I like to take the routes that nobody else want to take. You know what I mean? That's just me. <laughs> I've always been like that. I, I like to do the dirty work. I played guard in high school. Ain't no, my coach, we had we had over 100 players, and ain't nobody want to play guard. I said, I'll play it. Just tell me who to hit. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't know none of the players on offense, but my quarterback, <laughs> Joe Hayden, you know, I don't know if you guys know Joe Hayden plays, uh, plays for the Browns. Yes. My, my I'm very familiar with Joe Hayden. <laughs> yeah, it's my best friend. I was just talking to him about the, about my whole process a couple a couple of days ago. Um, he just the only thing he told me just stay prayed up. You got what it takes. He told me, man, mm-hmm. flat out, some of these linebackers don't even think like you. So it's, it's definitely not the physical. It's not the physicality. It's not the ability. It's not the size nor the speed. It's just getting there, staying there for me right now. So. Um,
these scouts to look for is actually doing them a disservice when you got a guy like me across the ball from you or a guy like Elvis Dumerville, which is practically the same size. You do these tackles and you do your offensive line a disjustice because when you got guys like us, we can bend corners and we can stay low and still bend at that same degree. Again, this is this football thing is a science. It's, it's physics. That's yes. fine. Um, yes. so, so when you apply those those basic physics natures, you 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 find ways to beat these guys, and it's, you know, it's just like, oh, that was easy. You know what I mean? Because you apply what life has already given us, and you put it on the field, and um, you stay low. You, you always fight for leverage, and you know what I mean. Of course, I've been beat a couple times. And there's some big guys out here who my left tackle for my team. You know, Jamal Luter. You know, he's six eight, but bends like he's about six two. You know, and and can stay down there for about four or five seconds moving. So. You know, you do have this exceptional few, but there's not many, you know. Um, you know, again, just my my numbers-wise, you know, benching, uh, I hit about 30 reps on the 225. You know, right now I'm probably like about about 25. I haven't really been working that bench a lot because um, I haven't, you know, I've been working with Eddie. So Eddie, his form, his his style of training, um, it's more of um, it's more MMA-based, for real, for real. It's a fight. He he trains, mm-hmm. he trains his football players like they're going into a full-fledged out dog fight. And I'm just like, wow. Which, is, which, like, fits, which fits you perfectly. Which, which is perfect. You know, which for me, you know, especially playing in the front seven, you know, front six, front seven, it's perfect because it's flat out every time Every time that ball comes off the ground, it's a punch. You got to punch somebody flat out. And you got to mm-hmm. hit them hard, you know, so <laughs> – um, I haven't I haven't done my 225 bench um, in in a couple of weeks. He kind of wants me to stay with it because his machine is training us to actually do that. It's kind of I don't really understand. I don't understand, but I feel it working. But um, the machine is actually working those small twitch fibers, which is actually for those quick punches. Not so much as you know uh, being powerful. To me, the 225 kind of shows how powerful you are and how long it can last. You see what I'm saying? So. Um, thing I guess what Eddie's whole concept is to be able to punch for 60 minutes and and keep that same intensity for 60 minutes. You hit 225 one rep and you're burnt. You're done. You know what I mean? You you, you won't mm-hmm. be able to do the same amount of reps as you as you did in a couple minutes. You know what I mean? So what he's been training us to do is all right. Say if our punching power is one to ten. And if we on an average hitting seven, well, we need to hit seven for 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Instead of between mm-hmm. six and five and four by four quarter, you're only hitting a guy with 2% of what you really got in your tank. You know what I'm saying? So um, he's been changing, the, I guess, with uh, the, the, the terminology is the neurotransmitters in my brain yeah. and, my, and, and in my body. I'm firing out a little bit different. I'm preparing for football. I know I'm going to have a home from next year. So, I'm not preparing mm-hmm. for the 225 bench right now. I'm preparing for a 60-minute dog fight next season, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, with that being said, my power clean, um, I'm about, about a 315 power clean, 320 power clean. Um, my squat, I'm at about four. I'm I'm not a big squatter. I, don't like, I squat, but I, I tend to do a lot of single legs. So my squat's sitting around about four, uh, about five, about 515, 520, somewhere around there. Um my max bench, I'm that my max bench is that's about four oh five, four fifteen, somewhere around there. Um and, and you know, that that's it. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of the of a uh, how I'm being trained, how Eddie Mason's training me right now, he's kinda he's kinda just doing, building me around 
just being a fighter, being Phil Ford tough, being a fighter, 60-minute fighter, because that's what the game is really turning into, man. It's, you know, everybody wants speed. You know, these teams looking for speed. But on the other hand, it's, it's really a 60-minute fight, man. That's what we're prepping for. And for the muscles to fight for 60 minutes and straight hard for 60 minutes. So, um, you know, as far as numbers in the weight room, um, they're kind of up in the air, and I'm just kind of really going off the numbers of, uh, as of last season with my team. Um, mm-hmm. I got you. Um, as far as that's concerned, I, I've really completely changed my, my training around. I was about 260, 255 during the season right now. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I can I can cut weight. like You I did cut, not like, look that big. I mean, you were about to yeah, you must be packed in there legs, pretty man. densely. It's, just, it's all in my legs and hip. I come from a big hippie and, and thigh <laughs> family, so all of it sits in my thighs and my hips, man. And that's why God was like, yeah, you're short, but you're hard to move. Like Because once I sit my hips down, you know, it's, no moving me because I have a. I'm only six foot, so my center of gravity is wild. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you be strong as you could be strong as an ox and not pull me anywhere because because of the center of gravity and the mass in my legs, I'm not top. I'm not too top heavy, which is I, I, yeah. I when I feel like when I walk in when I went to the college gridiron game, I felt like it was kind of a uh, far as the measurables go. I had good hand size, you know. They say good good hand size, good um, you know my my wingspan and things are good, but it kind of like it was kind of like yo, you got like big legs, you know. Most most linebackers in the NFL, for example, like Ray Lewis has a big top with, with smaller runner legs. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of like the opposite flip of a. Well, you're, you're built. You're built more like yeah. You're built like like a guy like James Harrison, or you were, yeah, I guess, exactly when you were built just like James Harrison. If you put us next to each other, um, if you cut about ten more pounds, at least not even ten, about five more pounds of fat off me. I'm I'm exactly built like James Harrison, exactly like the same build, same measurements, same speed. He might, you know, because of his training and you know his style of training. Of course, he'd probably be pushing a lot more weight than me. But as far as that, yeah, well, he's yeah, he's stupid. He's stupid strong. He's I don't know if you look if you look on his Instagram page, he's doing things that just don't make any sense. You don't make no sense. He's single arm pressing like two twenty five with one arm. I'm like, dude, that's like a year. I'm surprised your shoulder didn't break, bro. <laughs> I'm surprised your shoulder didn't break. Yeah. But, um, and, and the thing is, and and again, um, just going back to trying to formulate my game, I can't wait to get around guys like him, um, mm. to learn from him because it's going to only make me better. Because those are I, we have the same size. We are the same size. So. If I can only get around guys like that, you know, and, and, and that intensity and that and that that camaraderie and you know all those things that being on the NFL team brings. Um, once I'm in that, I'm I'm a big environment person. I'm a big energy person. Once I start feeling that energy and that, and that, and being in that environment, my body and my mind start shaping towards it. So um, I have to be careful with the type of person I am. I have to be careful about where I land myself at and in, in, in positions in life. Because hmm. my mind and my body will truly take on the persona and the image of people around me, you know. You're so, an empath. Um, so on top of everything else, you're an empath. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. You're breaking up. You're an empath. What's what that? they call that is being an empath. So on top of everything else, you're an empath. Oh, okay, cool. You learn something new every day. Well, I appreciate that. I got something to throw in my vernacular now. Yes, E-M-P-A-T-H, empath is what that's called. So someone says having empathy for someone. Okay. It simply okay. means that you are able to – people think it means, like, feeling sorry for someone, but that's not what it means. It means you actually are able to literally imagine being in that person's situation. 
And so when you are an empath, it means that you're able to feel what someone else feels or experience what what they've experienced so strongly that it begins to change actually who you are if you're around it long enough. Yeah, 100%. 100% me. 100%. And um, that's just me, man. I just... I think my biggest asset to the game is just being being a mystique player, um, not really being one of those guys that you have to pre- prepare for, man. You have to prepare for a guy like me because you just don't know how I'm coming at you at all, man. I just I think that's what I really want to show the NFL teams and and um and, and really market myself as being that type of guy. Like you don't know if he's gonna come at you hard, you don't know if he's gonna back off, play finesse. Just don't know how he's gonna come at you, and you just have to prepare for him, man. Because that's just how I am. I've always been like that with my family, even within my family. Everybody got prepared for me to come on panel, you know. So, um, I want to take, I, you know, it's always been a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but I want to. I, I, I kind of start deciding that I need to lean towards. That. I need to go with my strengths. My teammate, he was just telling me, you know, as far as the CFL combine, he was just like, man, you get a little bit more weight off you, and you know, you really want to get that hit that 4-5 for the 40, you know, he just told me, he's like, man, show up at the defensive end. You know, show your strengths, you know what I mean? Um, and, I, and, I, and that's what I'll be doing this weekend. And, um, you know, other than that, man, I just I love this game so much, man. I just pour everything into it. All, I read every book I can, every research mm. I can, you know, and I just, just try to pour my all into it, man, because life is short, yo. And so with that being said, when, when I'm gone and when my legacy's left, I just want people to know that. I poured every single ounce of energy and blood, sweat, and tears, you know, that he that he possibly could for his, his town, his community, his friends and family, you know. So, um, and and to be that leader and that you know and that that person that people have that need that people need in their communities in order to 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 sustain, you know, positivity within their communities and um and things like that because that's what it, that's what it's really all about for me, man. It's, it's really impacting my high school, um, like Joe did. Joe Joe helped my high school out tremendously. Got his new helmet, two new helmets, shoulder pads, um, you know, uniforms. So, you know, whether it's my high school team or, or the little league team down the block, man, I, I just really want to be that face for my community, um, you know, to, to look up at. Whether it's not even my community. It could be over in Canada for all I care, you know, to, to really just give back, like, you know, this is what it really is about at the end of the day, you know. I mean, I play football. I love to play the game. It's not about the money for me. Like, it's the last thing. It's, it's about developing the community and giving people a chance. Like I said, I grew up wrestling, and somebody said, look, you can go to college and play football, and it's not about the money, but you could probably make a little bit more money than you would do, be, would be wrestling and still be able to give back. And so those kind of those ideas just started growing on me and, um, the more I thought thought about it, um, and the more I just, you know, put myself around the, the like-minded people, the more my my goals and aspirations is just just infused me, you know, and that's just what drives me, man. That's just, just really drives me. So I, I have a couple more questions, and like I said, I could I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, and that, we're gonna. That's okay. No, 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 Deacity, no. This is, I mean, Donovan, am I wrong? This is what I love when a person has that level of passion and and it's interesting. Like, you're not just saying the usual, you know what I mean? Like, guys always talk about, 
how much they love the game. Everybody says that. I mean, no, I'm not a person to say, oh, you know, football's all right. Everybody says they love Everyone says they love the game. But you don't just say it. I can, it comes off of you in waves, the Anthony. It comes off of you in waves. Like, I can see it's like a purple aura of football passion coming off of you like in a anime cartoon. It's my life. I see it too. I, I see it too, man. Uh, I've talked to a life. lot of guys. I know Bill has too. And uh, from high school, NFL, college, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can see the passion, man. You're up there. I mean, it's crazy. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not crazy at all. But it's just, I mean, we talk to so many guys. I guess that's why it's crazy that uh, you know, um, you, you know, came from the bottom, really, you know, not to say it like that, but, I mean, it's zero stars, man. I don't know how we didn't give you any stars on our website yep. from the high school, but <laughs> um, I kind of want to ask about that, Bill, if you don't mind. I mean, Go, please. Like, no, I mean, that's why, I, that's why I, mean, I love having you, Donald. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about it, really, but, I mean, just to ask, I mean, about that particular thing, how does that, I mean, kind of feel? Like, does that just motivate your passion even more, kind of just being – a guy that nobody, I won't say nobody wanted because you got scholarships, but, but uh, you know, didn't get a lot of offers or, you know, didn't get a camp invite or whatever. Hello? How's that? Yeah, oh, he was yeah. asking about sort of your process and how you felt about the fact that you uh, you didn't have people all over you. You didn't get, I mean, obviously wrestling, you had Dude, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm so happy. Please, good. I'm so happy, yo. Like, I'm so happy. Like, I'm so happy. Like, you don't even understand. Because, again, growing up a, a fighter, you know, wrestling, you kind of become a, 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 I think the right word is an introvert. You know what I mean? So you kind of like, you kind of focus on you because you are your worst enemy in boxing and wrestling and martial arts. Mm-hmm. Only you can beat you. So, um, being so meditated on, 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 on my on my craft, you know, I just kind of like, yo, that is a distraction. I don't know how, like, I, I've as I've gotten older and matured, I understand now and I understand how to block out distractions. But if I was a Penn State guy, just All-American, Heisman guy, I probably, dude, you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. I probably, I probably wouldn't. I'll, I'll be honest, bro. I have seven, eight kids. Who knows? You know what I mean? Um, and that, I don't know. Drug, I don't know. I'm just so thankful because it's kept my mind clear. It's kept me solid. It kept, it kept me grounded. It really kept me grounded. Now, again, who everybody likes to be somewhat known or loved or whatever the case may be, whatever people call it. My whole thing is I just want to get the job done and go home to my family, period, when it comes to football. So with that, with, if you include that in football, like, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm tired of the media, and I'm tired, of, you know, as coming out of college, you, you know, that now it's different. I, I understand it. It's a business. I understand the ethnics behind it. So I, I, can, I can handle it now, and I won't be a Marshawn Lynch, you know what I mean, or, or whoever, you know. So it's it's a little different now, but if I was, say, 20 still, I probably would have handled that a lot different and it probably would have went to my head. Um, I'm not mad at all, man, because you know what? It, it, like, it's like my mom told me and my grandma told me they're missing out. Nobody's missing They're missing out. Nobody else because at the end of the day, without the football, my community, my family, my friends, they're going to be great people. You know what I mean? 
because of me, and I, I'm going to make sure of that. I'm going to make sure that, that Prince George's County, Maryland, they're going to have everything, all these top Pop Warner teams, they're going to have every development strategy they can possibly have in their hands as young football players and athletes and student athletes, um, SAT prep to NFL prep, you know what I mean? So um, I'm not mad because it's developed my mind and the thinking outside of myself, you know what I mean? I feel like if I didn't, if that was the case at an early age, I probably couldn't think outside of myself as much. And that's what's become important to me because I'm I'm a natural at self-preservation and making things happen for myself. So that if that happened at an early age where that was really a really a struggle and me really trying to understand how strong my self-preservation is, I probably would have I probably would have took me completely off course. So I'm I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for the journey, man. Like. I'm so happy that, like, people be like, yo, you went to four or five different schools, a couple community schools here between then. And I'm like, dude, that, that was the more better. You know why? Because I've I, I built true friendships. i built true partnerships. I've built those things within my community and other people's communities that when it's time for me to step on that stage, I don't have – I have multiple cities that to come back to and, and people are want to be – thankful for me to come there, and I'm going to be thankful to be there because of the things and the actions that I've taken taken prior to the NFL are going to be the things that people will remember about me. You know what I mean? And that's what counts for me the most. I want people to know me as DeAnthony Cloy, um, who is an advocate for the community, or, or, or you, you know what I mean? Not DeAnthony Cloy, the football player for the NFL, for the NFL. You know what I mean? The NFL is great, but at the end of the day, I have a brand. I have a name for myself. I have I have a, a name my my parents gave me. You know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't want the NFL to make or break that. You know what I mean. Um, it'd be nice if they if they help me. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, I'm my own man. I got to die alone. I came in this world by myself, and I got to go out of it by myself. Those are two things that that I can't run from. You know what I mean. So. Um, with that being said, when my legacy is written, and, you know, and, and, and when I'm uh, my eulogy is being said, that's the those are the things that I want. He, you know, he wasn't the the big time guy, but he made it. He got there. He took another route. He got to the same goal that everybody else did. He just took another route, a harder route, you know, and and he still got there. You know, he's to come. He's to come so many different circumstances and um, situations. You know, my JUCO coach told me. He don't have no room for me. I stayed there practice for for a whole week with my shoulder pad, my own shoulder pads, and helmets. And he said, "You really want to play, don't you?" I said, "Yes, sir. I really want to play." And the next day, I was on the practice field, and next thing you know, I was on all special teams. So, um, <laughs> you know, just that that perseverance, man, is is that's what developed through all this. That's what I've been searching for. Is just, you know, I just feel like if things were given to me at you know right out of high school, D one scholarships to to four years started at the biggest school on stage, Ohio State, whatever the case may be, I don't think my perseverance through things in life and when my back's up against the rope, I don't think things would – I don't think I would be able to cope with things as, as well as I do now. Honestly, I don't because I was having a hard time at that age. Anyway, we all do. We are all trying to find ourselves. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think that – you know, I think that it was a major – you know, that's a major transition in our lives from being young men and young women – um, the transition in that stage of, you know, 21, you know, so um, 
I'm grateful, man. I've never heard that question, but man, I'm so happy. Like, like some days I'm like, man, these Roman noodles, these noodles and noodles is enough. But you know, um, it makes you it makes you go out and makes you fight. It makes you go harder. It makes you train harder. It makes you makes you sleep more. It makes you you know sleep right in. Whatever the case may be, it makes you find all the assets and facets to the game to make you better to get you to the top. You know. Man, I feel sorry for the poor SOB who's going to lose his job to you one day when you get to somebody's camp. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make sure it ain't gonna, it's not going to be personal. It's just, just business. I know. Just business. I, just, I realize that. Uh, you know? Right. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully he had his degree so he can find something to do with himself. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, some coach is going to fall hard for you. Hard. Probably a special teams coach. You're the kind of guy that special teams coaches fall for. Yeah. So are you working on special teams stuff? Are you doing that? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm actually. Um, I'm working. Um, I'm actually going to be in. Um, in the, at the end of February, I'll be headed to Florida. Maybe not quite. He actually might be coming up here. Um, I can't think of his name, man. I've been meeting so many terrific people in the last three, four months, man. Who's just been trying to push for me, man. I've just been praying. They've been praying and. And everybody, things are start, Things are coming together. It's been a long road, and for so mm-hmm. long, for so many years, I'm just like, dude, D, your formula's not working. It's time to go get a nine to five. Whatever the case may be, other ideas coming to my head. But man, when I tell you these last couple weeks, man, I finally, finally see things for myself start, you know, to open up and and take formation. You know, the dominoes are truly starting to fall for me. You know what I mean? Um, and so. I'm just, ah, man, you don't know how ecstatic I am about that, you know, because, you know, you hear from others, you hear from your friends, you hear from your family, like, yo, you know, I'm grateful for the position I was in last year to play for VUL. Um, You know, not only that, just that brought me closer to the Liberty campus and their staff, their football staff. So, you know, there's just small developments going on within these small sub-communities and nobody has an idea about that greatness is going to come out of it, you know, uh, whether it's today or tomorrow, it's going to come. Yeah. And that's what I think God is ultimately preparing me for. And I think the NFL, once they see this and once they see my business plans and things like that I have down, I think they're, I think everybody's going to fall in, fall in line, man, and, and take shape to it, and, and and the dominoes will continue to fall, man, where they, where they should. Well, good. I, I'll be, I'd be honored to work for you one day, Anthony, because you're going to be, whew, man, I mean, like I said, your passion and and more to that, the intellect that you bring to it. I mean, lots of guys are passionate, but your combination of passion, intellect, and ability will be hard to deny. I, I'm excited for what's coming through next. Appreciate it, man. You know, like I said again, man, um, you know, you can't, you can't, you got to be a student of the game, you know? You can't just be, like, you can't let the game play you. You got to play it, you know? Mm-hmm, right. Definitely got to be a student of the game. And that's, you know, just those small things, like you said, intellect, passion, you know, integrity, you know, commitment. Those mm-hmm. those small, those are the small things I talked about earlier. Um, and those are what, what ultimately drives a team, whether it's me and whether mm-hmm. we're working as individuals or whether we're working as a, a team. You know, commitment, you know, integrity, you know, all those little stewardship, I can, I can, the list goes on. I can sit here, you know, all day. Resilience, you know what I mean? All those small little things, each and every day you have to think about them and you have to think and you have to own them and you have to 
become those things, perseverance, determination, all those small, 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 small things. You have to put them together, and it's hard for a lot of people. It's hard for a lot of people to do. Um, and like I said, once I, once once a team sees that, um, you know, and, and you know, guys like you guys, once, I appreciate you guys again, man, because I think that's been one of my things that I've been hurting so much about. Um, you know, through the last four or five years, you know, I've five-year guy, you know, so I, I took the long road, you know. I mm, took yep. the long road. So, <laughs> yeah, you um, um, And those are one of the things I've kind of ultimately been down about that every time I step into an institution, whether it's the president or, or the head coach, I, my voice has kind of been like, you know what, you don't need to be heard. You play football. You know what I mean? So I feel yeah. like it's that it's that time where things are starting to finally transition and, and um, God's kind of finally starting to answer those those prayers for me, for my voice to be heard. It's not the athletic ability. I got it, man. You feel the film. I can make it. It's football. It's not rocket science. You run up to a man, you tackle him, and try not to get hurt during the process. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yo, it's not rocket science. I'm not working at NASA or nothing on a, on a, on a, on a 16 math question. Like my uncle does, you know, I just don't know how he's. Oh my gosh! Oh, I I I am such such a fan, as I've just said. Uh, I guess we'll get to our last couple of questions. <laughs> uh, I I literally could do this all day. Um, Donovan, first of all, before before I forget, did you have any last questions for Dean Anthony? Uh no, man. Uh, I've heard great things. Um, I'm happy. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, you had a bunch of guys on the show today. And they've all been great, to be honest. But, yep. Uh, yep. I mean, I'm not. I'm choosing a favorite. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think we. I think we all have. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. You'd be. Oof, I'm. I'm. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, so I'm, I, mean, I mean, I was gonna say I'm excited to see where you land. Uh, I'm sure Bill will ask you your Twitter handle or whatever if you have one. Okay. Yeah, you can find him. For those who are wondering, I know the Anthony had to run because he's got a, um, a CFL workout coming out. But you can find him at, uh, I'll tell you exactly, it's Black. What is it again? I'll tell you exactly. Um, okay, yeah, I have it. Yeah, you tweeted it. I actually retweeted it, so I got it. Oh, good, um, good, good, good. You got it. Yeah, I got uh, it. I, I urge you to follow him for you, not for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He probably doesn't care about Twitter too much. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I mean, remember how Giovanni Ruffin, sort of became this, I don't know what to call it, thing, like an internet thing, you know, it's an internet sensation, right? With the the whole, when you need uh, to succeed as badly as you need to breathe and all that good stuff. I mean, that he's that kind of individual. It, no matter what happens, he's going to be successful in some way, shape, or form. And I, I guess that I'm ex- whatever happens, whether it be football, whether it be business, whether it be, I don't know, anything, he's going to be successful. And I'm, ex- like I said, I'm excited just to, to get a chance to know the young man. Thanks, um, so you have a few more recruiting things I think you wanted to, to hit up before we closed out. Yeah. Or well, I think I mean, you did. Okay, go ahead. No, I mean, if you have any questions, I don't know. I mean, oh, well, <laughs> I have just a couple. I have a couple, and then we'll, we'll close it out then. Okay, so as, you know, Alabama people, I guess 
you have to worry about something um, when you're Alabama fans. There's been a lot of hand-wringing, probably unnecessary, about the fact that they don't have a top-five class. Now, that's likely to change, isn't it, Donovan? Yeah, they're going to have a top-five class. <laughs> they'll be fine. It might not be – I think it's going to be top three. I don't think they'll get out of the top three. I think they're going to land um, – they're going to land two surprise guys and about five guys they should land anyway from Alabama South in general. So I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think so, – I mean, they uh, – I mean, if they land with Sean Gary, they might have the number one class in the country. And Demetrius Robertson um, could be number one again. I won't be surprised, man. These guys, you know, um, the last second, or the Panthers saving Kiffin and, and uh, Lopo and all those guys can talk to them. Obviously, Kirby's gone now, so that hurts them a little bit, to be honest. They lost a couple guys to Kirby. Some guys saw Kirby right. in Georgia, but that's kind of right. what hurt them the most. But other than that, um, they're going to have a top Five, top three yeah, they'll be fine. They, I mean, Coach, Coach Saban, Coach Saban's busted out his wobble, so I assume that's going to help to close the gap. He did bust out the wobble too, and uh, that's a dance he actually likes. I think I don't know about the other ones. <laughs> the other ones he just did, but uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, I think uh, Alabama. I mean, plus their class last year was um, so top heavy. Um, crazy. You know, it was crazy. So, it yeah. didn't make any sense. They, there's, some of those guys are going to end up probably transferring out because I don't see how all of them are going to get a chance to play. They won't. It's impossible. I mean, they all can't play. So, I mean, <laughs> some of them, uh, they'll definitely lose a quarterback um, and a running back. Hey, hello? Oh, he's back. He's hey, I'm back, back man. <laughs> Sorry about that. My phone's on service. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. We were we were coming to the we were coming to the end anyway. So let me ask you a couple of things. One is, if people wanted to continue to follow your journey going forward, how would they do so? Um. Well, I'm actually working on a blog right now. It's not finished. I really don't have everything set up. Um. But as of right now, um, you catch me on Twitter, Instagram, mostly. Um. My Twitter is uh, my name, D'Anthony Cloyd, D-E-Anthony, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y, Cloyd, C-L-O-Y-D, um, which is followed under Black Star, but spelled Black, B-L-A-C-K, the number five is S, S-T-A-R, um, two. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> worst case, look me up. I keep under everything under my original name, D'Anthony Cloyd. Find me on Facebook as well. Um, Twitter, yeah. Twitter, uh, Instagram's a different thing. It's the Big Gambino eleven eleven, just like uh, <laughs> Baby Ruth, just like Baby Ruth, the Big Gambino eleven eleven. Okay, got it. Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, you've got an email from me. I'm, I'm going to want you to obviously answer some of those things, but because you're you, I'm going to ask for a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to expound a little little further. I want you to talk a little about your philosophy and some of the things you talked about, sort of being a physicist and a scientist and bringing that to bear. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the world know that you you're a little something different <laughs> uh, from from what people think a football player, and definitely because we've bonded over this. I need you to tell me a little bit about some of your wrestling exploits uh, okay. because that's that's okay. awesome. Uh, that's I got super excited, as you no doubt noticed, when we started talking wrestling. So I'm going to actually throw some of that in, in your responses to back to me. 
Um, do you have a pro day lined up? And if so, when are you going to a regional combine or anything like that? You are, right? You said you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm attending a regional combine, uh, Arizona at the Arizona Stadium, um, Carlin Stadium, February 20th. Um, my pro day, I'm actually, I won't be attending my school's pro day, um, but I'll be attending a pro day, um, which is with uh, Globe, um, same guys who run the Tropicana Bowl, FBS Bowl. Um, they're kind of, they're hosting a pro day for you know guys in a position like myself who um, come from smaller schools, really don't have the budget or the field at the time. Um, so that'll be in Allentown, PA, uh, in oh. April April nineteenth, I believe. I can't say. Okay. Um, but I'll definitely let you know for sure. But it will be in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'll be up there mid uh, mid to late April. Um, other than that, man, I got the CFL trials, private trials coming up tomorrow, um, NFL regional, everything. Like I said, I keep it posted on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So um, follow us and find me on there and kind of keep up with me. Um, and what I I'm will. Doing that. Did you ever reach out to Russell Landy, Russ Landy? What was his name again? Uh, at Russ Landy, R-U-S-S-L-A-N-D-E, not Y, L-A-N-D-E. But it's not Landy. No. Russ Landy. He's a he, he's a CFL GM as well that I, I'm friends with. You should definitely reach out to him. Uh, can you, can you? I couldn't really make out the spelling because I don't want to really move and my phone's kind of breaking up. So okay. um, can you email me his name? I will. I will do that. Um, okay. So you, I'll, I'll send you a direct message as well. So just okay. in case, yeah, to make sure you have the information. That'll work even better, actually. No problems. Well, once again, DeAnthony. I just want to make it very, very clear, you know, in case you haven't already figured it out. Uh, I am very much interested in what the future holds, as I said, and I want you and I to continue our conversation, you know, Absolutely. in other ways, in other places. Well, it's been a great pleasure. I mean, you really, like I said, I, I talk to young men who love football, for years, and but you're different. I don't know how else to put it. There's something a little different about you. So it's it's a thrill and it's exciting, and I, I know something great is waiting for you soon. Well, just if, you know, I, all I ask, man, just you know, say a prayer every every now and then, every time you think about me, man. That's all I ask for. Other than that, so I'm 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 gonna take the workload, brother. Okay. Well, I, and I know you can handle it. Uh, so so one last time, DeAnthony Cloyd. Who, this is not the last time he and I will, will speak, I promise you that. But I wish you the best. I know that you are preparing yourself for something truly above and beyond what most people would expect. And most importantly, I know that you're ready for what comes. Truly am, man. Truly am. It's been a long time. Long time for preparation. Time to execute now. Well, thank you once again, DeAnthony. Thank you so much. Uh, when you get a chance, send back a response to the email I sent you, and I'll send you uh, information on how to contact Russ Landy. All right, thanks, man. Again, like I said, appreciate you and your team, man, for working with me and, and you know, and the rest of the guys in the country. We, guys like us really need you, so keep working hard for us, man. And anything you uh, need, feel free to give me an email up, Paul. I will. I will. Well, the pleasure is mine. Take very good care of yourself. Get your rest. And uh, like I said, I look forward to hearing what happens with you next. Cool. All right. Talk to you soon, bud. My pleasure. So, once again, the return of D.S.D. Cloyd. Uh, but, yes, that 
this is why I do what I do, obviously. There's guys like DeAnthony, guys like um, Joyce Bell, when we had Joyce on years ago. Uh, I'll tell you who else was a great, great interview. Uh, obviously, long before I knew you, Donovan, I, I had the chance to have a bunch of Georgia guys on. Rennie Curran, uh, Kwame Gathers, uh, several guys. But the one, of course, I guess that you would be most familiar with is Geno Atkins. And people, you know, look at Geno Atkins and he's this big star, but people forget he was a fourth-round draft pick. And people were not so sure about him. He was 288 pounds when he showed up at the combine. You know, people forget that Geno Atkins was undersized and doubted and, you know, he was super productive, but there are people who were afraid he wouldn't be able to hold up. What happens when 320-pound guys get a hold of him? Well, you know, good luck with getting a hold of him, first of all. But uh, it just excites me whenever I get a hold of someone like that who I know, no matter what happens, they're going to be able to take it and and somehow push on and, and succeed. Yeah, of course, man. That's uh, what makes you great is uh, one of the things is uh, doing a really good job with the small, smaller school guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So wrapping it up, I guess, recruitment-wise, what's a recruitment class, you know, not from, you know, USC or Alabama or, uh, you know, the usual Sussex, Florida State or whatever. What's a recruitment class that you think is going to be a really great one that maybe is coming from an unexpected source. Who's going to have a much better class than people might have expected? Um, Houston, obviously. I mean, I know they're not part of five, but I guess people can't expect Houston to have a European class. Houston's got a good one. Oregon State. Um, oh, really? Mason Mar- yeah, they got a kid named Mason Moran, at quarterback from Chandler, Arizona, three-star. Um, he's a four in my, my eyes. Um, 6'3", 196, he's kind of, you know, probably needs to get his way up a little bit. He's like typical kind of Oregon State quarterback. Um, he can be really good, really good out of the pocket, really good footwork. He's working out um, with uh, George Russell right now, actually, down in San Diego, too. Um, and he's doing a really good job. Um, he, had, he played really big in big games. He had, like, one bad game versus Bishop Gorman, that's it. And it wasn't even that bad. Um, he get through a couple ill-advised passes down the field. He thinks his arm's stronger than it is. So <laughs> um, his ball kind of floats downfield. But other than that, he's good, man. He's got he's pretty mobile. Um, uh, he's even worked out with Alex Tanny a little bit, too. Um, oh, okay. So he's a good quarterback I would look out for out of Oregon State. And they have a just good class. They got a, um, they got five guys from Kauai from that class. Um, the pipeline for Coach Anderson at Utah State, you know, obviously with the Polynesian guys is pretty strong still. So they got they're really good up front. Uh, they got three um, three stars at guard and tackle. Um, so they they built up their class, and they got 11 good guys right now. They're not going to be in the recruiting battles on National Signing Day. Um, <laughs> they might get a guy late, um, like that day, um, just because maybe, you know, scholarship offers get pulled sometimes or just because, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the only reason. But Oregon State, um, Boise State has a really good class this year. They're kind of battling for the same guys. But uh, they both have good classes. Um, Kent State has a guy like uh, their class isn't great. They only signed four guys right now. <laughs> but um, they got a kid I like out of Miami that's really good. Surprised he's going there to be honest. Um, he has kind of uh, you know he's small. Uh, that's really why 
probably going there. Um, he's only 5'8", and he's 179. <laughs> Super undersized corner for, for most people think so. Um, but he's quick, and he's a good cover corner. I mean, I know he's, he doesn't have a long well, arms. He's not tall, well, <laughs> but he's I've, I've, got, I've got two words, man, two words, Gerald Green. I mean, obviously, he's probably run like that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, uh, this Kent State's got a guy I like that's going to them that's kind of a, a sleeper. He's going to be a guy four or five years that's like, oh, the small school, mid-major guy, so good. You know, uh, where, where was he at in recruitment? Why didn't he go to Miami? Or why didn't he go to Florida State? Well, because he put up bad numbers in the offseason. <laughs> he put up bad numbers, and he's small. So it's not a really good combination. But uh, <laughs> other school I'm trying to think of right now, uh, gosh, Tough question. Yeah, hasn't really answered that on signing day just because like those classes are coming together. Um, I think Virginia's class is going to be. I think Bronco Mendenhall is going to sneak some guys in late, so I want to just go out and limb myself in front of that class. And okay. the last one I'll say is Michigan State, just because they're getting guys that they normally don't get, which I'm talking about receivers, um, skill position guys. Uh, I know Michigan State's always a nine ten one team, but they usually don't get speedsters. Um, they got four receivers coming in this year. They've got uh, two really good linebackers. They always really have good linebackers anyway. But uh, So that's a class to look out for. And Colorado State, possibly, they are in some battles right now with, like, the Oregon State and the Cows and, the you know, um, a couple other schools out in that um, Rocky Mountain region, um, obviously okay. Colorado. So I think Mike Bubble's doing a really good job with that class. I think it might end up being a – um, top. You know, San Jose's class was 55 last year. People were like, what the hell? <laughs> How did San Jose State get this number 55 class? Um, I don't think they're going to do that again, but I think Colorado State might be the team that ends up in, like, the top 60, top 70, that you're like, oh, man, okay. Mike Bobo did a really good job there. I think they can be the team right there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I really, I really but I'm excited for the smaller schools. I mean, this is really kind of their time to me. I mean, this is a you know we all look at the big five star guys where they're gonna go, but this is kind of where like kids don't necessarily want to go to the smaller schools, but they end up landing there anyway, <laughs> and it works out fine. Everybody can't go to LSU and you know, see Alabama or whatever, and they end up transferring anyway. So I mean, you might right, well sometimes exactly. just go to <laughs> you might as well just go to a and they're I, small I, school. They're just not non-power five. Right, and I try to tell guys that sometimes it's not always about the biggest school that that shows interest is about the right fit. Uh, and we found today some guys who I think will find the right fit at the next level as well, even though they might not be drafted. But I think a couple of them will be drafted. Uh, it's just exciting to see, you know, wh- where things might take them. So I want to definitely yeah. thank all of the guys. Obviously, Nico, uh, Nico Watson, a, a big-bodied bat uh, who compared himself to Mike Tolbert, and I think it's an accurate comparison. Uh, great eBay is sort of a uh, run and chase Will, who can do some other things as well. He's played uh, some other positions. He's played defensive end, so he also has some pass rush ability. And, of course, uh, probably the most well-known uh, of the prospects we had today, uh, a guy who is going to is going to get a chance to show his wares at the, at the combine. Uh, Tavon is a guy that a big safety. Um, I didn't realize he was quite that heavy. Uh, but moves very, very well. I would, If you look at him on tape, you would never guess he was over 230, and he's about 227 now, I uh, believe is what he said now. So Kayvon's a guy that if you haven't had a chance to check out his tape, 
strongly urge you to do so. Um, we yeah, also we also had had uh, great eBay as I mentioned, who's an interesting prospect. Uh, we got a chance also to spend uh, some time, quite a bit of time, I guess one might say, uh, with with De Anthony, who is a fascinating story beyond just the football side. He's just a fascinating human being. He he is, and he had a good guy from there. Like I said, I I love coming on the show because I honestly see guys that I normally wouldn't see um, before or heard about. Really, sometimes I have heard of, sometimes I haven't. But yeah, the kid you had on last, I honestly hadn't heard of before. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna look him up, and uh, I like what he was talking about. And he's a good kid. I mean, he's got. I, you know, you get caught up, like I said, just in recruiting, talking to about the big guys, um, or even the three star level guys. Um, there's the lower guys, you know, <laughs> that are going to make their way up and be those three-star or four-star or pro bowl guys. I guess you can use that, um, you know, all pro guys in the next level in NFL. So it's always good talking about those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, got some really, 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 it's grind time, you know, <laughs> for guys in the NFL draft right now, you know, that are not in the big, you know, everybody's not going to get a combine, but, I think you have one guy with one on today, but uh, yeah. yeah, everybody can't work out with the big time guys, big time training facility. Uh, gosh, it's like night and day sometimes. It's fun doing my research. I usually talk to a lot of bigger guys. I come on your show. It's like I like talking to the gritty guys, man. Almost more sometimes. <laughs> Just hearing the stories. I, I pretty much know you know the stories of the, of the big time. Well, it's like it's like guys. it's like if you get a chance to talk to Josh Norman on his way up. I mean, yeah, guys who. Guys who show up to a practice where the coaches set out on a roof, you but keep showing up two days, three days in a row with their own outfit and pads. I remember when I did by the team. It's so yeah, finally he, the guy says, "Okay, I guess you really want to play football." It's funny. Um, Josh, Josh Norman, uh, I think he was trying to get to an Oklahoma camp. I don't know if you've heard the story before. Um, but they were just like, you can't come here. Like, you can't, you don't know who you are. Like, it was like, it was like you could come, like, you could come to the practice and not be, like, you invited. Um, but they were just like, we don't know who you are. Like, let alone get an invite. So, like, you gotta, they told him to go home. Yeah. That's sad, yes, man. I mean, kind of, just because he was a kid. You know, he's probably, about 17 or 18 at the time. Well, even and even now, when he got to coastal, even when he got to coastal Carolina, they were like, I mean, think about it. He's at coastal, and they're not saying, "Oh, wow, you're amazing," you know, savior of our program. When he shows up at coastal, they're like, mm, mm, "We'll see," you know. <laughs> and he ends up walking on at coastal Carolina. I mean, that's why I I spend time and energy and attention on guys like DeAnthony, and and we'll have Justin Zimmer on uh, next week from Ferris State, and he's a terrific story as well. I mean, I, I love the guys that clearly really love football and they're not thinking, wow, I'm going to make so much money or whatever. They're thinking, I love playing football. That's the guys I love. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I love them too, man, because I, I see uh, just the pa- – I mean, I can see it, but, you know, I can I can hear the passion in their voice when I, when I see their tape, you know. They're relentless, a good player, you know. They have that passion. They want to go on to the next level. Like you said, not for any – you know, financial reason just because they love the game. That's the best part of it. I mean, I've talked to guys that are the opposite. They have all the talent, maybe a lot more talent than those guys, but they just feel like, yeah, I mean, I mean football is awesome, man. It's fun to play it my whole life, but it's fun. Um, 
you know, that should be fun. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes right. it's just like I'm playing it because I'm good at it. Right. Um, but some of those guys, the minute it stops being fun, they check out. Exactly. And can it still be fun to grind and wake up uh, at 5.30 in the morning every day? Um, you know, um, we are being paid for it now, so I guess it makes it a little bit easier. But it's hard. And you find your job. Right. So, um, so what if, but what if someone says, okay, you're on the practice squad, right? And now you've got to keep that same motivation knowing you're not going to play, at least not most likely you're not going to play, unless there's, you know, a real serious rash of injuries, which sometimes happens. You know, I mean, Malcolm Butler is a story of a guy that was going to be a stash yeah. on a practice squad. I mean, it happens where you, some of these guys become superstars. But for the most part, you're fighting just to not get pushed off of that, you know, <laughs> to hold on to that. Are. You've yeah, got you to are. have that fight in you. Yeah, you do. You have to have that fight in you, man. If you don't have that fight, um, you're not going to make it in the, in the league for too long. You can make it for maybe a couple of years with your talent, but after that, you know, you're not going to make it. Um, that's just how the game works. You know, NFL right. eats you up really fast. It gives you a lot of opportunities. Obviously, we know that. Uh, it can mm-hmm. give you maximum opportunities, but it can give you uh, hell pretty much, too, if you don't look at it the right way. And you got to put your ego aside. A little bit, too. Um, that's the main thing, I think, for some of the guys is that uh, this is from the bottom level high school to, to top. And I tell you, got to put you to your side, and uh, you got to grind. I, I know that word's overused, <laughs> but it's my favorite it word. It's just but, uh, but it, the grind's it, tough, it, man. I've just talked to – I mean, you talked to a bunch of guys. Well, think so, about it. Some of these guys have been superstars. They were superstars in high school. They were superstars in college. And then they show up, and someone says, I need you to be a gunner. Now we're going to find out how much you love football. <laughs> yeah, You're not running nine routes in here, son. I need you to be a gunner. Yeah, and you don't have any leeway. I think that's a big thing, too, that people think. I mean, that comes with the ego and superstar stardom and stuff is that even in college, you know, if you're a five-star guy, you got some leeway, a four-star guy or whatever. Uh, you don't have any leeway at all when you're coming in. I don't care if you're – I mean, James – or whatever, you know, you you got I mean you got obviously a little bit more leeway. But still yeah. you gotta Yeah, a little bit more leeway, but it but I mean look at happened Johnny Manziel. He's looking at Johnny Manziel. He was a first round draft pick too. But at some yeah. point they said, Okay, uh we've got a better option. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? gotta grind, man. You gotta grind. Um and that's what, you know, I, I know you talked about the rap of the show, I know I, I wanted to get into a little bit with uh you know, what what George is doing down in San Diego. Please yeah, um, please do. Hit, hit us with that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, he's just trying to preach the grind. He said Johnny, so he's a guy that's obviously close to him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he's got uh, Marquise Williams, um, I think, down there for a little bit, um, not full, and Travis Wilson um, down there as well from Utah. Obviously, Marquise Wilson from North Carolina. Yeah. Or, excuse me, Williams. And then, um, obviously, Cardo Jones and Connor Cook as well. Um, don't know if Everett Golson's working out with him. This time around, uh, I'm not really sure. I know he's worked out with him before previously. But uh, those are the guys he's working out with right now. And, yeah, I mean, they're trying to grind. I'm going to hopefully be down there um, next month, late next month or early March. Oh, okay. See what they got going on. I'll obviously, talk. hopefully, you know, I can get some guys on your show. Um, I don't even know what my show is going to contend of or, or have. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much stuff going on. I don't really know what I'm going Yeah, I'll figure it out when I talk to everybody. But uh, I know your show is always a draft. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get some guys. I mean, hopefully Chase Griffin. And uh, if you ever seen the ball boy, 
that always works for George Little. He's kind of grown up now. Chase Griffin, he's that kid. Oh. Um, he, he's good, and, and obviously the recruits, Patrick Brown and Tate Haynes and those guys, and, uh, you know, see what they're about. But, yeah, George, I mean, the, as far as the, the layout, what that goes, I mean, uh, he's got a pretty strict schedule, man. It keeps everybody on schedule. You know, I guess that's part of the grind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I got, I mean, they, they, like a 10 a.m. wake up, which isn't bad, you know. Um, you know, breakfast, stretch session, yoga, maybe, a little Pilates. Um, <laughs> you know, strength conditioning, light talk, condition, conditioning, excuse me, uh, you get lunch and you work on footwork and you have a throwing session and then you do situational throws. Um, just depends, varies on day to day. You know, that's a weekday type of thing. Weekends a little bit early in the morning. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know exactly when Michigan State or Ohio State's pro day are yet, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fun to watch. Well, if you do find out anything more, I will obviously appreciate it. You've been really helpful in talking about Connor Cook and his situation, and like I said, I root for all of them. I never root against any of them, but I have concerns occasionally about a particular player, and it's not because I don't like him because I don't know him, you know. <laughs> but but I I think I've seen enough guys go through the the process that I can spot certain yellow flags and red flags and sometimes like flaming orange flags depending upon what's going on. <laughs> and you know my my hope is that these young people will lean on people who who know more than they know will be coachable and listen and allow the like I said allow the best things that can the best outcomes to take place. That's what I hope for all. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, and you you definitely have an eye um, for for that. And you also uh, like we were talking about before. I mean, you've talked to George before. You, you talked to him two times, so you know what he's about. Um, for the most part, and. Uh, He's about grinding, man. I mean, what they're doing mm-hmm. in San Diego, um, even the high school kids, they're not really with him. They're just there, you know, trying to help out. They got to grind, too. No, <laughs> you know, they're in school right now. They're on a high school football team, but they got to grind. You know, when that throwing session comes, they get out of school, they get out of class. You know, they might go get them a hot pocket or whatever. I don't know what kids eat today. I'll talk about but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> might go get them some food or whatever. I'm they eat a little bit better than that. But <laughs> get them some food, and they're, they're going to grind, too. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, both of these guys are good. I don't know where you have. I mean, obviously, Travis Wilson and Marquise Williams will probably not get drafted, um, I'm sure. But <laughs> um, the other guys. Let me say this. I think Marquise Wait. Williams has a chance, especially if he has a great, great, great pro day. And I wish he'd gotten an invitation to the senior bowl. I mean, that would have been huge for him. Um, Travis well, Wilson. Same is said about Travis too. <laughs> right. Well, Travis was at NFLPA, and he wasn't the best quarterback there. He was like the third best quarterback there, I, in my opinion. I think that um, the best quarterback was Matt Johnson at NFLPA, and then right after him, like five year Ammon, Ammon Olson, I think was probably the second best, and then you know Travis. Travis is a big kid and pretty good at huge. Right, very large. And so that's he's, he's underrated athletes. I'm not going to use sneaky or any words like that. But no, he's just a good he's athlete. Gonna, yeah, he's going to 
going to be good as a the, the things that he's good at athletic wise don't really help him at quarterback. Like his vertical is outrageous, and his his long his uh, long jump actually he's got some long legs. He's six seven or almost about six six and five eight probably. Um, mm-hmm. About two thirty three. Right yeah, if now, he were if he were as athletic as he is and a black quarterback, he'd be getting some possible position switch bugs. The only reason people aren't talking about moving him to another position is because he's white. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. You're being pretty honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, probably right. right. Um, he, he, yeah, I mean, you would probably put him at a. He's not fast. I mean, I don't know. He's gonna run. I think he's running at six, uh, four six five. If he runs a four six five at that size, that's great. I mean, that's beating the living daylights out of that's beating the living daylights out of people like Keith Miller and like half the tight ends in the league would kill to run four six five. He's he's that's great. I mean, it would put him. I mean, that's better than Charles Clay ran. That's better than a whole lot of tight ends run. If he if he runs any if he runs in the mid four sevens, that's pretty good for his size. He's a really big athlete, and his throwing mechanics. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll, he'll get those tightened up. But right now, they're not consistent. There's no way to put it. There's times when his mechanics just aren't consistent. He misses. He doesn't miss the same way all the time. Like, you feel better if a guy's consistently low or consistently high or consistently, you know, misses always sort of the same way. When a guy's not even, like, it's scattershot, like sometimes low, sometimes right, sometimes left, sometimes high, sometimes low, like, you get frightened. Like, I don't even know what to fix. Yeah, he's got some uh, issues. I mean, I've talked to guys that have played against him, and they just, you know, for him to be so tall, he gets a lot of balls batted down, which is mm-hmm. scary. Um, um, like I said, he's almost 6'7". He's, he's, he's not super athlete, but like I said, you know, like we talked about before, he's a really good athlete. Um, he's a really good yeah, athlete. Yeah, yeah, a solid week of practice, I guess, from what I heard down there. Um, yeah, yeah, he was kind of like the third best quarterback. Oh, of all the quarterbacks, there he's the third best one there. And there's things you can work with, but I just think there's a lot of work there. And unfortunately, most teams don't, yeah. aren't going to invest that much. It's a shame that the we've talked about this a million times. If the NFL had a developmental league, and then we go off, you know, down that path. Oh, but if yeah, only they he did, because he from that. Yeah. He would benefit for that. He, the, you know, what he's got going for him, obviously, is his size, um, his, his athleticism with the size. And um, some people compare him maybe to a poor man's Brock Osweiler. Um, Not quite. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't – some people do. Um, obviously, because of size reason, probably athleticism. I think Travis is probably a better athlete than, than Brock um, ever will be or was. <laughs> Um, but as far as throwing, no, not so much. Um, it it kind of it, it head injuries, you know. You got to worry about that. Um, yeah, that is so quite a too. few concussions, especially that really bad one in the Michigan game a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, where he was he like lays it, laid out yeah. unconscious for a while. He he lays it all out, man. He's a he, you know he's not soft by any means. I know he's a beach boy. He's from San Clemente. Um, <laughs> he's got the hair. He used to have the hair. You know, uh, he looks like the kid from the, from the movie. I can't think of Friday Night Lights or whatever, but it was a TV yeah, show. But right. he's got some pretty hair. As, I mean, he's tough as nails, man. He's uh, a tough kid. You're right. Um, Which is one reason I think he might be able to actually play tight end. 
let me just check on somebody. I think we were just joined by, I think we were just joined by, who just hopped on with us from the great state of Ohio? How are you doing? Hello there. Um, are you a guest or a listener? I'm a guest. Okay, who just jumped on with us? All right, thank you for taking my call. My name is Tyrone. Sure. I'm a proud African-American male. My favorite childhood movie is Space Jam. And thanks to my gradual stretching over the course of a few months, my asshole is over three feet in diameter. We'll say you got a prank caller, man. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while you get one of those. Every once in a while you do. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you you can continue, Monto. I mean, okay. I'm not stopping. Don't worry. See, my show is high school, so I expect that. <laughs> but. <laughs> I had some prank calls from Bishop Gorman on, or some Vegas kids. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that Travis is uh, a project for sure. Um, undrafted free agent. Uh, Mar- I actually think Marquise Williams has a better chance of getting drafted. Um, really, I guess it's just more mechanically sound. I guess that's why. I mean, Travis is a he's not horrible mechanic. It's just that, that that funky throwing motion he has and the way he yeah. plays, it's so reckless. And he's not – Travis is in the position, you know. I mean, he's probably going to be asked to. <laughs> he's not going to. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he could – I don't know if he could – I think he could play tight end. If he actually wanted to, maybe he'll give it a chance. Um, and that's the question. He, right. The question is, would he would – he, if someone said, hey, put on 22 pounds and – run these routes, would he be up for it? And if the answer is no, you know, I understand. If the answer is yes, yeah, if he has a chance to hang around for a while. Uh, Scott Ramirez, Jay Ramirez, I'm sorry, and was a quarterback. I mean, we have several guys who are in the league now, tight ends, were at least high school quarterbacks, and a few of them even went to college. Jay Ramirez was recruited to Michigan as a quarterback. Uh, even Mike Tice, believe it or not, <laughs> was a high school quarterback <coughs> and was recruited to Maryland as a quarterback, outgrew that position, grew into being a tight end, then outgrew tight end, and eventually grew into being a lineman. Right. Yeah, he, he has a – Travis had a weird career, man. I mean, he started off so good. You know, I was super excited yep. for him. I just got the injuries, and he just almost didn't get better, um, you could say. Um, really, at the line of scrimmage is where I noticed. Like I, I, like I said, I've talked to players. I play against them and everything. Um, at the line of scrimmage – he struggles you know, picking up things, and that's going to be probably a big deal with the mechanics. That's what I worry about. I think Marquis is a little bit ahead of him. Um, but both of these guys, um, they're important too. I know George's got the two big, big 10 guys, but, um, you know, he can do some things mechanically with uh, Travis Wilson. And with Marquis Williams, I think he can just kind of mold him into a, just a bad thrower of uh, the football, you know, um, hitting the outs and, and probably that mid-range. Yeah. You know, right. ten yard range. Mar- Marquise, Marquise needs better timing and anticipation, and he needs uh, to learn to be a better read. You know, better at reading defenses. But his arm is strong enough, and his mechanics are tight enough that he can get the ball out quickly. And despite the fact that he's like five inches shorter than Travis Wilson, he gets fewer <laughs> balls batted. I mean, it's crazy. You just point it out. But I mean, he's got to be probably in the top five in the nation or something, it seems like. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, he, but I mean... I he was he, number one number one in the Pac-12 um, over the past few years, and you can buy them. And I just, like I said, I talked to some Cal guys, and I talked to some uh, BYU guys, um, and they were just like, yeah, I mean, um, he just, 
They said he's pretty good quarterback. It's just like he has the weirdest stuff. I mean, it's not like Kevin Hogan is different. Kevin Hogan, yeah, he has a funky throwing motion too. But he didn't get but it's an efficient, but it's an efficient throwing motion. It's funky. Yeah, he, he throws he throws the same way every time. Travis might throw three quarters. He might throw overhand. He might side on. You just don't know. Um, and right. <laughs> it's just like I feel like you know quarterback coaches hate that, or coaches in general probably just. It's a lot of work. Coach. That's what it is. It's just a lot of work. It's one thing, like I said, if a guy is consistently misses high, okay, hey turns out that you're overstriding or it turns out that you're, I mean, there's things you do and it might take you just a couple of weeks to fix it. When a guy is Travis Wilson and you look at one tape and it's like, oh, he, he's carrying the ball too low. And then you look at another tape, it's like, oh, he's too high up on the ball to the seat. Look at another tape, it's like, oh, he's, he's in too deep into his crouch. And then it's like, what? what? It's like a different guy. You can watch, it's like watching four or five different guys. In one, in one one year, you see four or five different players. And it's, where do you start? Yeah, if he wasn't six six or six seven, I don't even think people would really look at him. Um, oh, like yeah. if he was oh, Marquise Williams, Williams size, um, nope, it would just be yeah. a solid no. There'd just be a no. People would have no yeah. interest. But yeah, we'll see what happens. I, like I said, I, they're not full time guys um, down there. But I know they'll be working out. Um, Really interested to see. I mean, Connor's Connor. I don't know exactly where he's going to go. We could talk about that all day. But really interested in <laughs> Carl Jones. Um, what he, how he develops in the in the in the room in the film room. Think, so uh, yeah, that's the, the biggest thing for him. For for both of those guys, I think somewhere between thirty and sixty is where both of them go. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know which of them goes first uh, between uh, the two. Well, though. My guess is Cardale uh, just because maybe. of ability, but. But Cook, I mean, it's I hope, hard to Connor, say. hope Connor goes first, man, because uh, I don't know if you know this, Bill, but his agency is uh, CAA. Um, oh, they set him I'm to very to familiar. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the biggest agency in probably the world. But, in everything. I mean, in every, they're the biggest yeah. on the planet. You're right. They're the one. They called him top ten? Really? Yeah. I mean, the only way you would sign with CAA is if you are that big. Um. You know what I mean? So, Come I mean, on. top 10 to 15, first half of the draft, I'll say. Uh, uh, I just want to lie down in the middle of the road when people say things like that. You can never promise someone. Wait, I should be good. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm so frustrated by things like that. <laughs> He's got, you know, uh, we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, with George scripting his stuff and his pro day, I, I know his pro day is going to be separate. Um, He's going to be at the Michigan State pro day, but he's going to have his own pro day. Um, of course. And, you know, we'll see how that's scripted and everything. Of course, that'll probably be after Michigan State Pro Day. Right, um, right. We'll right. To give him time to, to fully heal up. But he better, be, he better be awesome. That's all I can say. I mean, he better be awesome in terms of relating to people. He better be awesome in terms of every ball better be just perfectly. Yeah. He needs he'll everything be at the, right. He'll be at the um, NFL Combine. Uh, I cannot tell you if he's throwing or not. I have no idea. Um, I knew well, he wasn't I, going to the Senior Bowl before. If he's, health, really, if he's healthy enough to throw, if he's, he's I hope healthy. he does. If he's healthy enough, yeah. Well, he's 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 healthy now. I mean, he, he's healthier. I'll say that hundred percent. But he should be able to throw um, by that time. I mean, they're doing like I said. Right now, they got him throwing about thirty-five to fifty throws and some light talk. Um, he's not throwing up to the hundred. They really they they care about volume. 
and they kind of have them on a pitch count almost. So, um, yeah, I mean, they care about pitch counts and stuff like that. I mean, like he was a pitcher, but, yeah, you don't want him to bust his arm out. But I think it will be okay. I, I, I think Connor can go in the top ten. It depends on the quarterback's go. It depends what happens. Uh, or the top 15, rather, top first half of the draft. Cardell, um, yeah, I'm thinking second, third, maybe even fourth. Uh, but Connor could drop to the second. Connor could very well drop, fall to the third round. Who knows? Right. I mean, right. it's a big deal. Um, you know how the politics are. I mean, it's a, yep. I mean, when you sign with the agency like that, they got a lot of money back in you. So, I mean, that's a guarantee. Um, you know, in the first half of the draft, that hopefully it stays. You know, because these, are, I mean, these are heavy hitters. I was honestly surprised that he signed with the CAA, um, and uh, believe same agent as Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, <laughs> which is Buzz Cook. I'm, I'm Buzz really Cook. Cool. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah which is, and Brett the Brett Favre as Brett well. Favre. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, all of that. Well, I mean, that's yeah. a big time, man. Those are, he's got, you know, Jay Cutler, all types of guys. You know, those are big time players. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, hopefully. But, you know, I mean, Buster's probably one of the better eight, top five agents in, in football. Yep. If not, a, yep. if not, if not the best. And uh, Tom Condon, you know, Buzz Cook. Um, I think Drew's still up there, probably. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> Um, yeah. kind of, sort of. I mean, if you ask Drew, he's still number one, but, you know, <laughs> if you ask Drew. It's funny that I met Drew last year at the airport um, going to D.C. in Atlanta and then met Kevin Hogan at the airport in D.C. last year. I remember that. It was around this time. Because uh, mm. he was on the phone with Greg Hardy when I was talking to him. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure he was. Sure he was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. Um, obviously, like I said, Connor is a a good kid uh, for the most part. From what I know, he sometimes he's a little difficult, but <laughs> um, I think he'll be okay. I don't know about where he's gonna go. That's really it's too hard to tell right now. But uh, if he'll be a good quarterback, yeah. If he gets in the right uh, program, the right system, uh, I think he'll he can be a really good quarterback, a Pro Bowl type quarterback. Um, but it just depends. On where he goes, you know, and what he's asked to do. Um, I think as far as NFL ready guys, uh, he's probably uh, at the top. I don't know if he agrees with that or disagree, but well, well, no, he and Kevin. If you're talking about from understanding certain things you're going to be asked to do at the line of scrimmage, yeah, it's between he and um, uh, Hogan, and then Goff probably shortly thereafter in terms of just what they've been prepared to do at the line of scrimmage seeing defenses, making calls, throwing hots, things like that, knowing, you know, where to go with the ball against different kinds of coverage and blitzes and things like that. Yes, those are the guys that you you would you would sort of see first. doesn't mean that I see him as a top three amongst the quarterbacks, but I definitely think he's one of the tops in terms of understanding that part of, the, of, of football. He has – an advantage because he's been brought up in that more than some of the other guys. I just worry about yeah. his basic lack of accuracy. Now, maybe yeah. that's something's being fixed, <laughs> but that worries the heck out of me. Guys rarely get ac- more accurate going from college to the pro. It usually goes the other way. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. I, every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, man, I wish this completion was going to be higher. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, 57 and a half. Uh, I, like to be at, uh, I would like it to be at 60 always, um, something I kind of look at. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something they're working on. You know, they're working, like I said, it's tra- a lot of strength and conditioning right now, but that's something they'll definitely work on. Um, I think more of his, excuse me, accuracy problems are, he does take really big risks down the field. He kind of makes the, I won't say he makes those nobody else will, will even try to make, but he does make some big time down the field throws he misses on. But, you know, some people can live with that because at least he's trying to make those throws. He can't even make those throws. You know, the 35-yard throw down fields, and some guys won't even attempt to make that. He's not thinking of dunking all the time. No, um, no, quite the opposite. But, but, but still, but still, um, you know, he might just be getting a Kirk Cousins type of guy, a little bit more athletic than Kirk. Um, but you might be yeah, getting... Yeah, except, except Cousins was, was more accurate. I mean, it's here's the thing yeah, I would say. Was. Some of those things that you're saying, and I, he sometimes will pass up open receivers to try to jam it into a guy who's double covered. And you could well, say that that's showing, you know, courage or whatever it is. A lot of those balls are going to be interceptions at the next level. The Joe Haydens and the Patrick Petersons and the whoever you want to mention, uh, the, auto, the Orlando Scandricks of the world are going to feast on him if he keeps doing that kind of stuff at the next level. He's going to, you know, have a 27-pick season if, if he does that stuff at the next level. So he's got some habits to unlearn, and he's got to become more accurate, or he'll never be more in the backup. Yeah, he does. He does need to be more accurate um, as a passer. Yeah, he definitely does. I agree. Um, and that comes back, I think, to what they're doing right now is trying to open it up more and just get him more throws. I mean, he didn't have a lot of high volume throws um, this year. He threw, I think, I think he was about at 400, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, 2013 year was probably still his best to me, uh, where he looked like he was going to be, you know, first overall pick <laughs> in the draft. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he uh, he's got some work to do. He's got his work cut out. Both of those guys are all three of these. Uh, all four of these guys are have accuracy. Uh, um, ac- um, gosh, yes. <laughs> accuracy issues. <laughs> yeah, finish their low. I mean, Travis Wilson's low. Carl Jones is. He just hasn't played him in a game. So I mean, his percentage is probably not that low, but he just hasn't played that much. Um, and then you know Williams as well. So, uh, but I'm, what I'm looking for Connor to do is, like you said, uh, that for completion percentage to get higher. Um, that footwork uh, is great. It's not perfect. Uh, it can be that. It can be that way. And then just the decision making. Uh, mm-hmm. That's he's that's the, probably like I said, the best at the line of scrimmage of all the quarterbacks in this draft. And he's got so many stars and been around forever. But he does need to make better decisions. I and mean, you can't throw. Um, that double coverage though every time, you know. Um, Sometimes I almost feel like he was making throws for NFL scouts. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny you should say to... that. There was definitely some look what I can do to me. It seemed like against uh, – there were times I, I thought he was like, look what I can do. Like, hey, watch this. It was almost like a degree of difficulty. Like you thought you get extra points for that. Hey, there's a tight end breaking across the middle on a shallow cross for eight free yards. Forget that. I'm going to throw this dig, you know, 12 more yards down the field to a guy that's got a dropping linebacker right underneath him, and then the safety's coming right over the top. Watch this. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, 
for what I hear, this guy is the one of the most smart quarterbacks, high IQ quarterbacks that uh, they've had down there. So, I mean, that's a big plus. Uh, we already, I guess, we talked about that a little bit as far as like line of scrimmage and film room work. I mean, he loves the grind of that. So that's always a plus Good. to have. Good. And Cardell's getting into it now, too. I mean, at first, maybe not so much, but I think Cardell now is finally uh, getting into that part of it. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, both of those guys. Connor's not hot right now. He's not the hot name. The Paxton and Jared, Jared went off with six touchdown passes. Carson Wentz is just good right now in the senior bowl. Paxton Wentz is still a pretty hot quarterback name. Um, Cardell and Connor aren't. <laughs> you know, let's just be honest. Connor had a bad game um, versus yeah. uh, Alabama. Um, I mean, he, was hurt. He, was, he was hurt, hurt. clearly. And so yeah. the velocity wasn't there. And then all his warts were exposed because the they – Alabama invites you to try to do the kinds of things that he likes to try to do anyway, and then when he didn't have the zip on top of it, it was just a batted down kickoff, near pickoff festival. Even the Iowa game, too. I mean, he made some, he, he, I mean, he won't say he won the game, but I mean, he made some big throws down the stretch, but that wasn't impressive. That wasn't that good of a game. <laughs> you know, I mean, he had a fourth and three and a third and five that were just gutsy Connor Cook stuff. That's just what he does. I um, mean, the kid loves to win football games, and we all know that. Um, he won a bunch yeah. of them. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there there are some people saying that maybe he should have just left last year. I'm not really sure about that. That's neither here nor well, there. But, I mean, well, here's the I thing. think even that if he had, this year was good. Even, even if he had, the issues that we're talking about were there last year, too. It wasn't like he was way more accurate last year. It wasn't like he – didn't try these crazy, let me jam it all in, the ball in there. He was just jamming it into a different receiver more often than that. Burbridge wasn't his main guy. was Lepet. Uh, he was jamming the ball into. But whoever he was jamming the ball into, it was the same stuff that you saw, him turning down the eight free yards to an underneath receiver who had a linebacker three yards away from him to try to stick it into there to a guy who had, you know, like a, a robber over the top or, you know. <laughs> I mean, he just seemed to be – bound and determined sometimes to make certain throws. And as you said, it's a funny point you made, almost as if he were trying to show a scout, look, I can make this throw, as opposed to let me just take these eight free yards. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think about really, I mean, the whole senior bowl thing? (laughs) I guess that's kind of the hot topic right now. I mean, to me it just comes down to just how bad was his arm hurting him. I mean, if his shoulder was really bothering him, I'm not going to begrudge him. I think it would have helped him to go. One is the exposure to coaches. I mean, you get to be around a bunch of NFL coaches for an entire week, pretty much. You get to learn things from them, and most importantly, they get to learn more about you. And coaches are tremendous gossips, as you may already know, Don. And, um, at, this, at this point in the process, they're going out to dinner or going out whatever after, and they're all gabbing. You know, they haven't gotten to the closed mouth part of it yet. We still haven't gotten into lying season yet. So there's still a lot of truth being told by coaches to other coaches and other scouts to coaches and whatever. So it's a great chance to get positive buzz generated. And I think you missed out uh, by not by not going. Now, like I said, if he's legitimately not healthy, I get that. Shut the fuck up, you old-ass white boy. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, you're here. Shut the fuck up.
I like them. So <laughs> you got some guys going in, man. I see that. You may continue. <laughs> a lot of mute button working. You're like Tony yeah, Bell right now. Yeah, I felt like almost. I had to had to, uh, had to get to that a little quicker, but go ahead. And you're not white either, so but anyway. Yeah, well he didn't do he didn't do his research. Didn't do his research. But go ahead. <laughs> I get I don't know what this <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's uh I, I agree. I mean I don't think his arm's that messed up right now. Um I think he could have went and through. Um, but if you're not 100%, maybe you shouldn't go. You know, that's how I kind of look at it. Maybe you shouldn't go. Because, I mean, you're, if you're, you're going to be asked to do um, all the things, once you're there, you're there, you know what I mean? They don't really care if you're on that stuff or not. Um, and maybe it was kind of best for him to just go ahead and, uh, you know. You fuckers didn't do your... Sorry about that. Continue. We'll wrap it a minute. We'll wrap it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think it was a uh, split. I mean, it, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's tough. It's hard to say. I mean, maybe he should have went. I kind of, at first, I, I was like, eh, it's okay, him not going. But maybe now. I, I just think that if you're healthy enough, if you are healthy, healthy enough, it's a good idea to go. If you're not healthy, I understand. Yeah, I think it's just it kind of gave off a bad look where he was throwing with George a little bit. Uh, <laughs> dumbass, yeah. honky ass. Dumbass, honky ass. Okay. We're going to wrap in a second, but yeah. go ahead and finish your thoughts. No, you're fine. I can call you off air, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, tell people where they can find and follow your work, Donovan. <laughs> um. Final work at RSC Report and Rawmoose.com. Um, got a lot of stuff coming up. Signing day. Um, it's going to be huge. I might have a two-day special, uh, which I'm go- hopefully you'll be a part of at least one of those days, a little bit of a day. We're going to do some reflecting on my favorite signing days that happened or favorite moments, uh, which kind of touched on last week. So we'll kind of get more into that. And then we're going to do a signing day and what it means for the teams and everything, depth chart. Um Excuse me, so I'll be doing that, and uh, I'll have my rankings out soon. Shut well the fuck up, you dumbass white boy. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Stupid bitch. Shut the fuck up. I'll fuck you in the ass till you love me. Stupid ass white boy. You dumb. niggas are stupid. Y'all niggas is so 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 stupid.
Uh, tell people where they can follow your work, Donovan. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.